What is up, Chomp Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Chomp Cast. We know life is precious and your time is valuable. Probably. So thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully, we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, just listening to our show gives you those legendary life boons you need to survive in 2021. Get those boons, baby. Uh, make sure you check out swordchomp.com if you want easy shortcuts to our merchandise, our Patreon page, our written reviews, and all of our podcasts. And please, wherever you're subscribed, if you can, leave us a kind five-star rating, which I guess that's only what? iTunes, now that I think about it. Um, we have been all waiting all year in many ways for these three weeks of Game of the Year. This is Game of the Year Week 2, and this is probably the heftiest of all three weeks if you really think about how many categories we are here to discuss today. Before I get to some intros, um, we have a full slate of categories today. We will be discussing, <clears throat> no particular order, favorite narrative, most punchable face, favorite character, favorite gameplay mechanic. Favorite weapon, favorite art direction, favorite boss, favorite ecosystem, creepiest, pervious moment. <clears throat> Sorry, got excited there. Uh, favorite moment of the year and a p- Patreon category that they picked um, that was, it's a brand new one this year. Best new IP as well. Um, and we will deliberate all of these categories and uh, it should be hopefully not as insane as last week. Um, the people that I will be having these deliberations with are gathered around the proverbial um, round table, if you will. So I'll get some quick introductions to my right. So I turn my head uh, from New York. Uh, the one and only Rich Meister is joining us. Um, how are you doing, Rich? I am just okay. That's uh, better than I was hoping for. Actually. I, uh, I was hoping you know, you're doing a lot worse. I got tomorrow off, so I don't have to go to bed miserable after this. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good. So that's pretty cool. You I don't guess. have the uh, clock pointing a gun at your head. Saying, yeah, hurry up, hurry up. Because we up. finally killed it. Yeah, we, we did. killed the sentient clock. Uh, a clock with a gun is something you'd see in like a Persona game, I would think. Something like that. Somebody needs to jump on that. You know, the metaphor of the clock with the gun. There's a good chance that's been a thing in a Persona game. Probably. Probably. Um, I mean, if they had a giant baby um, in Catherine, then anything's possible. So I feel like your barometer for anything being possible is pretty low. <laughs> a giant it. baby chasing you up a giant tower? Come on. It's pretty insane. Uh, Rich, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about Resident Evil. I don't know, man. You ever play Qbert? Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about Resident Evil Maiden today. Okay, that okay, was a free well, demo. Okay, just to get it out of the way really quick, I'll just give you my <laughs> quick 30 minutes for my thoughts. <laughs> All right, for the next 30. No, no, sorry. No, we cannot talk about. This really pretty. <laughs> cannot talk about the standalone free demo and the Resident Evil showcase. That must wait a few weeks. Uh, we absolutely cannot talk about it. But it is very pretty. Um, yeah, Resident Evil uh, Maiden demo dropped yesterday. It's called Maiden. That's an interesting, interesting little name there. So, can I just ask you if you played the whole thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, me too. Okay, I was, like, I was curious. It was we could very short, We could talk yeah. about it privately. Kind of like a poor man's PT, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, uh, yeah, it's it, int- uh, I don't. 
Well, I mean, a poor man's technically they're free. So for a poor man, PT yeah. and game are free. Well, I don't know. That PS5 is pretty hard to get. It's only <laughs> That's on true. that. That's true. It's, it's very it's very exclusive. The PS5 uh, this... is not the poor man's console. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it isn't. It's it is after you have it. Yeah. Well, now we all just like we laze about. We don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Taking those great things in life for granted. And yeah, spending all of our money on our PS5s. Thanks for being here, Rich. Uh, speaking of maidens... Our next host has deflowered more than I can even count. Joining us from Japan, that's like the one what, and five only. or six. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can handle all the way up to all of his fingers. Okay. Let's see seven. Eight. It gets yeah. confusing after I've been that. Known to take, I've been known to take one or two bouquets from women. I am the By jealous. Exactly. That's what I meant. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I don't know what else somebody would try to take from what I was trying to say, but that's exactly what I meant. So I, I figured as much. Jeez. I actually, um, yeah, I just was spending a lot of time last night thinking of the word maiden for some reason because it's very interesting. I don't know. I was just, I was like, and when, you, the... and when you typed that into Pornhub, what came up? Well, Bruce Dickinson just... was singing. <laughs> At a show, and the whole crowd got wet in Sao Paulo. <laughs> would probably be my first guess. A lot of people think of it as a version, which is why the joke is funny. But technically, it's just a girl or young woman, especially an unmarried. I don't. Woman. I don't think anybody thinks of it as a virgin. Well, according to uh, <laughs> what, what shit? I forgot the name of that place, and I ruined the joke. Uh, that horrible dictionary, Urban Dictionary. Damn it! Ah, I ruined my own joke. No, if you put it in Google and you push, people also ask, what is it meant to be a maiden? It says a, f- a female virgin or a, or a horse that has never won a race. So it's important to know these things. Language. Um, what would be a male virgin? Like, what are they called? Uh, a housekeeper. Hmm. It, could you be a male? Yeah, it wouldn't be a... What's the male <laughs> version God, of a maiden? Agreed. That means he's not paying attention to what you're saying, Rich. <laughs> uh, no, I... Can you repeat that again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't not listening. Um, oh, Shay, this is... Of course. I, the male version of a maiden would be a bachelor. So that's what it is. According to Google. No, because a bachelor... Okay. The, no, because the word bachelorette exists. You, but you could just be two term. I agree with you, Rich. That's actually interesting, but I think that's might be the best one we'll get. So, but we there should be something more beautiful for a male virgin. You know, like maiden has a very sort of sweet sound to it. Like like a <laughs> fucking loser. Am I right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll think if of something. He, <laughs> I mean, if they're putting in effort, then I'd imagine they're just insufferable. Although, yeah, um, I have apparently, a lot of horrific nightmares about Iron Maiden. Apparently, well. it's just. A celibate. A celibate? Yep. Huh. So, by choice. Interesting. Yeah, that that would be the by choice thing. Otherwise, just... That's like virgin. a Cenobite? What are, what were those um, crazy Trump celibate psycho people called again? Incels. That's the, that's that's the right. QAnon shaman. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, speaking Guys, we don't of... have to talk about that anymore. He's gone. It's okay. We can move forward with our lives. It's time to move. Not forward. me. I live life in the rearview mirror, baby. It's true. That's why I like. I'm never leaving 2020. 
He's he's never leaving 1997, and you can't make him. It's a great yeah. fucking year. Um, it's true. Thanks for being here, uh, Shay. Excited to do this show, and of course, joining us from Michigan, the one and only Joshua Fowler is here. Uh, that conversation spiraled a little bit, Josh. So I could have segued with either horses and horsecock or shaman. So I don't really whichever one you want. Would you rather take I this shame horsecock men, segue? women? Non-binary, I'll shame anybody. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think okay. we'll take that as far as transitions I think, go. I think you meant shame in the Pokemon. Oh, um, oh no, that's mm. the fuck. That's a Pokemon, shaman. It's a legendary Pokemon. That's what they call wow, me. I'm really. I'm out of the Pokemon. There was a time, Rich, when I could have told you every Pokemon without hesitation. The fact that that rolled over my head and I was like, I don't know if that's actually a Pokemon is sad in many ways. It's a little hedgehog. Oh, yeah, that thing's cute as hell. Yeah, yeah, that thing. I like that thing. It's got like a little flower. It's got a yeah. little It's got a little flower. Speaking back to the flowering maidens, it goes full circle. Yeah, we're going to fuck mean, that hedgehog. I mean, do that. They kind of roll up. And... <laughs> they, they fuck all the, the flowers. The hedgehog. That's Remember? exactly what Sonic does. For sure. No, this is a true story, Rich. By the way, I'm General Why Montana. Why do you think he smokes so many chili dogs? Uh <laughs> I'm Morgan here from Montana. No, it's a true story, Rich. We had a podcast episode where Josh had to hunt around for a hedgehog penis. I remember this. I don't know why we were talking about hedgehog penises, but it did come up. Remember that? I mean, you were trying everything you could to make it come up, but... You know, like a weirdo. Hmm. (laughs) It was a very weird picture that I saw on my WhatsApp of a hedgehog penis. Let me tell you that. Hedgehogs are cute. They're great. You got your engine I I wish Ori was a hedgehog sometimes. That's the first category. Why isn't Ori a hedgehog? That would be great. <laughs> Come on, it would be cute. A little An Exploration hedgehog. in Sexuality by Morgan Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be something that... Yeah, would, I think that actually would you'd be You'd be in jail. Um, this is a fun show. We can get right into the categories here because, really, this is what we... You know, if the whole year is, to some degree, um, foreplay, this is sort of the, the build-up to multiple orgasms and ejaculations so um the first ejaculation here that i have on my card because i'm going to you know, just that's throw the thing you're off. saying i'm just not registering it i am saying it yes indeed and you don't have to register it that's okay actually i won't it wouldn't be bad if you wanted to register it, though if you could think about it consider registering it i will not would you would you <laughs> Um, all right, so let's get right to this one. All right, so I kind of have my own order here from my notes. So what I'm going to do for new listeners and for Rich, I thought this would be a cool thing. I'll probably do this every year from here on out, which according to our last show with me going psychotic, people messaging me thinking that this is somehow the end. It's Don't worry, it's not the end. Everything's fine. Um, I'm glad you're finally telling us. Because <laughs> we were pretty sure. It was it was the end. Um, I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah, yeah, put the champagne away. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, the celebratory champagne has to go. Don't back. worry, Josh. That just let it age a little bit longer. Um, no, Come but the on. first category I have. <laughs> Maybe next year, you guys. Stop it. These, um, jo- these jokes. <laughs> what? They're got, dark. They're skewy. We got, we got a lot of we got a lot of dark jokes today. It's a dark joke kind of show. Oh, Josh went to get champagne. Probably actually, he disappeared. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, while Josh is scampering about there, um, 
and putting his headphones back on. The first category I have here is gameplay mechanics. So as I was mentioning, uh, for Rich and for our new listeners, some of the past winners of favorite gameplay mechanic have been the Into the Breach, the rewinding turns to save your ass, um, which was really cool. And uh, kind of a trend, a, a really special way for frustrating strategy games to say, hey, you know what? I'd like to have that turn back. Uh, Death Stranding actually won best gameplay mechanic for the social aspects of the game last year. How you could work with people across the world to build the world, which was really cool. God damn it. All these chats you guys are sending here are going mur- to murder all of you. Oh, I, I, uh, hang on. I didn't, I didn't share it because it was not that entertaining. But since we were talking about hedgehogs, I noticed that... For whatever reason, on the printer paper I just went to pick up yesterday, mm-hmm. they have hedgehogs as like you know how they'll have like a you know like look at what you could print on this paper for whatever like a diverse reason. like a diverse couple mm-hmm. yeah but yeah exactly but it's a hedgehog on my printer paper so I had to that's cute had to show that off you could print a hedgehog if you I wanted could print to. all the hedgehogs I well I could print five hundred hedgehogs nice. 500. Yeah. That that is the right amount of hedgehog, I think. How many shroop bucks um, is that worth? You broke up. What? 3.2. 3.2 shroop bucks. Thanks. It's Thanks, approximately 4.7 bangles. Mm. Um and then uh Breath of the Wild the paraglider won one year as well, which is a really cool sort of look back. That was a really fun mechanic. As well, so uh, we'll go around Robin here, and I'll try to kick all these off to break the ice. Uh, a lot of great stuff this year for me. I was really impressed by some. Um, the uh, Ori had a lot of really cool stuff with uh, like the digging in the sand is sort of like swimming in the water, but basically could, you could slide around in the sand um, like a like a sandworm and launch out. It was really cool. The Pathos had this really cool um, like a hedgehog gliding. Might gliding shot yeah like a hedgehog that's true josh actually um the like a hedgehog fighting a, really cool... a scientist god damn it i'm sorry <laughs> i'm <Get> sorry <laughs> i know i know it's okay i'm not actually mad i'm only mad because we have so much to say and it's so little time that's not true um the yeah pathless had a really cool gliding shot thing that felt really nice you could literally keep momentum and glide around the world and just a lot of really cool stuff this year there's a lot of cool things in Hades. I couldn't really pick one in particular, but a lot of nice little mechanics. I actually settled on something from uh, Mortal Shell. Uh, I know this probably won't play in in the group afterwards, which is fine. Um, but Mortal Shell had something built into it called uh, a lot of the game was built around this hardening mechanic, where basically your little um, creature, um, like I'm trying to find a good way to describe. <laughs> you talking about your penis? Was it hardening your, your mechanic? Little creature. Is that really? <laughs> Is that, is that how I get a laugh now? I just say hardening is, uh, mechanic? Mm-hmm. Little creature. Oh, I'll harden is. your mechanic. It's got me giggling oh, like a, a 10-year-old right now. Um, I apologize. Look, I think, honestly, I think in my review I put it's the best hardening mechanic since Metapod, and I stand by that. I was about to literally make that joke and say, like, <laughs> actually, that's not a new mechanic. Metapod's been doing that for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why it was so cool to me was just that these games are so notoriously difficult. It gave you not really a mulligan because a mulligan in, in sports terms is where you get a redo. And in this game, it was more of an invincibility thing. Like um, like in a game where it's like, hey, you have five seconds of inv- invincibility and you can keep attacking this enemy. What it did was you could strategically harden up and enemies could attack you. So if you knew it took four hits to kill an enemy and um, 
you you went boom, 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 three, and then you ran out of stamina. You could go in your hardening right as it was coming. <laughs> Is that the noise it would make? <laughs> it, it, yeah, kind of. It would go. You would hard. If if I could change that audio clip, I would edit it into the game. So when you hit the harden button, it just goes meta meta pod. <laughs> You know, I, I disagree that with that, Rich. Badass, I think that the way Morgan described it is perfect, and I think that's actually the most enjoyment that Josh has gotten out of the game, is hearing <laughs> Morgan describe it right now. I'm sure he has some fun deleting it. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I was happy to see, you know, this game got some some attention a little bit at the Game Awards, but yeah, in, in general, for me, the cool thing about this mechanic was it made these really brutal games easier by giving me... Um, a little bit of like an invincibility that I could use. And it was on a cooldown and you could kind of play into that with your different upgrades and stuff. And a lot of the game was built around this really unique mechanic and the lore too, the lore of the character as well. Like these little creatures that could harden up, like as part of the weirdness of the whole game. So, uh, yeah, I went with the hardening mechanic from mortal shell final answer, but there's a ton of stuff. I'm curious to see what you guys end up going with. Um, rich, what do you have? Uh, for me, my favorite mechanic, this is kind of, uh, I mean, it's not really all encompassing, but I put the, the combat from, uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, the sort of, uh, puzzle based, uh, wheel combat. Uh, Josh and I were talking about it a lot at the time. It's just, it's a different take on turn-based combat that I don't think I've seen anything like before it's almost like you're combining like the idea of something like a cross puzzle with with actual turn-based combat and it it eventually hits a plateau where you kind of know everything you can do with it but it's just it's an idea i'd like to see them and other games explore more because it i really that's the most credit i can give it it was engaging and i don't think i've ever seen combat like that anywhere before Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a really cool just unique puzzle. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I do feel like in the main game, it kind of, it hits a point where you've seen basically everything. By that um, last dungeon, I started co- kind of cruising through combat because I would see enemy placements and just know the solution yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it took until the very last, like, it didn't wear thin to me until I was, like, moments away from squaring off against the last boss. And yeah. then that boss still had some unique elements to keep it fresh during the actual boss encounter. Okay, so you didn't really side with the criticism. I know a lot of people were saying that eventually they just started skipping battles because they got, either got too easy or they got I, sick I of it. I did, but not until, like I said, the very last encounter area, like the, the okay. final castle, which I I think it's more engaging. It was engaging for a solid 30 to 40 hours. Um, I think it needs to be expanded upon if it's something they keep doing in a sequel, knowing Nintendo, they probably won't, but, uh, yeah, uh, there's something there. And if you can find unique ways to expand upon it, maybe more unique enemies to keep it fresh, like it, which it did for most of the game, it would add hiccups like booze that, uh, disappear during your turn phase. You have to remember their placement. Um, no, I'm going to ignore that. Uh, (laughs) just, it it did enough to keep you entertained for a solid 30 hours, and I, I still think about that every now and again. Yeah. I really thought you said boobs. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, the combat from Paper Mario. Um, I guess broadly is the best way to uh, describe it. Uh, okay, Shay, what do you have for your favorite gameplay mechanic of the year? Yeah, so I think... <clears throat> excuse me. I think I'm going to use my tie right off the bat. Oh, wow. 
Um, the the first one you actually mentioned it in your wind up of like things that were amazing because this year actually when I sat down to think about it, had a ton of amazing mechanics. Um, one of them that I really liked, like you had mentioned, was the digging in Ori and the Will of the Wisps because the the original game had uh the blind forest had like double and triple jumping and it had the bash ability which allowed you to reach certain areas and they integrated some new abilities into this game to make it more metroidvania but they also introduced some new abilities to make it more interesting to traverse through and the dig ability was one of those abilities it was really cool to pair it with the bash ability and the double and eventually triple jump if you unlock those abilities because you could reach certain areas that you wouldn't normally be able to reach. And it also added this level of strategy to the game that was already there, but made it... I want to say unique because we're using that word a lot here. I think it made it... Um you'd have to think about strategies differently in some ways. So you would be in the sand area and you'd be digging and you could launch mm-hmm. yourself out of that sand and there'd be a little tiny globe of sand just suspended in the air and you could actually dig through that to shoot yourself up further. And you had to do that in certain areas to get to the next part of that specific area that you're spending time in. I just thought it was yeah. a really cool ability that made traversal that much more fun. And it yeah. actually paved the way for a really slight, a really fun, slightly frustrating and cool boss that you had to face <laughs> off against in that game. So I think the dig ability oh, was... Oh, you mean the chase sequence thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With the giant worm. The other one, this is one that we discussed, Morgan, um, after the show. I don't think you were here for this discussion. Um, so... Hmm. I'm going to need you guys to either say yay or nay on this one. But I thought the difficulty adjuster for The Last of Us 2 would be the other one for me. And that I I kept coming back to that um, off and on this year. That's one of the best things about that game, bar none. And I think... I, I didn't like, play with it that much, but I, I think... I, I Based on you talking about it and other people talking about it, I, I don't think it's something that can really be understated. Like that with the general accessibility of that game seems like above board on anyone's expectations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the fact that you can adjust that much of the difficulty level to that precise of a point makes it that much more accessible for anybody. And I think that is, and we talked about it in the past, so I'm not going to rehash this conversation too extensively. I think that's what the future needs to hold for a lot of games, especially even, you know, even with something like um, some of the Souls games. I understand they're inherently supposed to be difficult, but imagine if you could adjust that difficulty. It, It stays hard, but you could kind of cater that level of difficulty to certain things that you struggle with or not struggle with. So say you struggle with a certain aspect of that game those types of games well maybe you ramp that difficulty down that way you can still it still feels like a challenge but that thing that you struggle with so much is not holding you back from actually enjoying the game or vice versa maybe there's a certain part of the game where you feel 
is too easy a Souls game, which um, if that's how you feel, more power to you. And you can make it more difficult. That way you feel like the game offers more of a challenge. If you could do those types of things in video games, I think that would be huge. And so I think that that has to be mentioned here because the difficulty adjustments that you can make in The Last of Us 2 unprecedented up to this point. Yeah, I get, I don't disagree with you, obviously, being a huge fan of that game. I just hadn't really thought of it as a gameplay mechanic. That was the only thing that surprised me. Yeah, I, um, we, we're discussing it. I'm not sure quite how to, yeah. We're discussing it, and I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing my brain wrestles with as well. Yeah, I don't know how else we would categorize that, but at the same time, we want I want to pay respect to it at the same time. So, yeah, it, yeah. It's very diverse, and you can do crazy things. Like, I want the enemies to be smarter, but I want to give more damage or, or take less. There's just a lot of, like, variance to, like, how you can do it. Like, if you're like, you know what? I like the enemies, t- like, not dying in 15 shots, but I want them to be, like, even smarter. There's just a lot of things you can do with it, which is really cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah that's tricky. I don't really... I don't it's something that, like, I was even looking up the definition for and whatnot, and I was reading different various sites basically saying... Gameplay mechanics specify how the game is played, essentially, and the difficult difficulty adjustment. Technically yeah, I guess that fits falls it. under that category. But at the same time, when we say that term, that's not the first thing we think of either. So, yeah. I still think you know, hey, look, we're we're giving it to do. We're talking about it, so I still think there's value in that too. Yeah. So I think I still think I'm gonna unless you guys absolutely feel like I can't include it, I still want to use my tie here and give it to both of those. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with your time. Yeah, I, that's that. that's totally mm-hmm. fine, I, and it's definitely worth mentioning. I'm glad, like like Morgan, as Morgan said, I think it's cool that we you know you, you take the time to to mention stuff like that because that that is stuff worth applauding. Yeah, weirdly Absolutely. enough, I didn't know how to also, and about I'll get to you in just a brief second, Josh. But weirdly enough, I didn't know how to classify the um, one of the things I thought was really cool about the game when I was really digging into uh, digging into it uh, was uh, I didn't really know how to classify how. To like stuff like when you if you kill a dog and the and you, let's say you kill a person and the dog um will like look around all confused like why is my owner dead and they start to panic and freak out and they react differently or vice versa like all the stuff they did with like simulation kind of elements so it, it's not really a gameplay mechanic even though it affects gameplay so I didn't even know how to categorize some of that stuff because it's, it's like just, AI behavior you and... yeah you don't really think about that kind of stuff um. With that level of detail. But anyways, yeah, uh, great choices, Shay. Um, Josh, uh, what is your favorite mechanic for the year? Um, there were a lot of really cool new mechanics like the uh, the combat and Paper Mario um, stuff that we hadn't really seen before. Um, but the one that stuck out to me this year was in Superliminal, how size is based on your perspective. Um, so you can wife. pick... Mm, I think she might be in the right on this one, Morgan. Yeah, her perspective is pretty good, sadly. This category, um, my is perspective, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can pick up an object and like drag it over to somewhere else, uh, and then however big it looks where you've dragged it is mm-hmm. is its size whenever you let go of the thing, um, and it creates a lot of really cool puzzles uh, by having you be able to not just like we've, we've all kind of done the 
you know, the half-life, like pick up a box and move it somewhere to, to walk somewhere else. But being able to pick up like, you know, a can of soda and make that into something that you can use to walk across, um, you know, like a bridge or something like it's just, you can do crazy things with the, uh, Mm. the way you can change perspective on, on items, which I thought was really cool. Um, I, I have one quick question. Yeah. And it's probably difficult for people Uh, to go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Josh, are you a size queen? I mean, I used to be, I've kind of been having some GI issues lately. Make it, make it less desirable. G I know that's that's too big. (laughs) Explain the joke to me later, guys. Okay. Sure thing, buddy. Nobody tell him. (laughs) Just waiting after the show. Am I going to tell me? Um, yeah, that's a probably difficult thing for some people listening to understand because you, without familiarity with the game and how it deals with perspective, it's probably tough to. Is it almost like a Fez thing? How you change perspective to uh, suit the puzzle? Like how you know how like if you're looking at something in Fez and it looks wrong, but you turn the world and then suddenly that little cliff looks like a a, a bridge now, and you can walk. Is it something kind of like that? Uh, ish. Ish. I mean, I feel like Ish. games have kind of played with that whole look at something from a different perspective and it, you know, like, oh, it makes sense now with like Fez doing that kind of intentionally making a thing of it. I don't, I don't know if you remember this from stuff like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, the isometric camera, the reason we call them isometric is because it's not actually like the way you look at the world. Like... If something's farther away, it's not smaller in the isometric um, like rendering view, which is what makes it good for strategy games, but would lead to some weird situations where you'd turn something and like it would just it would look weird. Like I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, from, like, that's playing. why you're off often looking at like a, a strange angle. Yeah, um, in isometric games because it makes everything kind of span out more evenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Fez took that idea of like, okay, what if we had an isometric camera that was flat on from the side that would then make it you know like what 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 interesting things could we do with that um and it's it's not so much doing that as it's doing um the conceit of the game is that you are lucid dreaming and so a lot of the sort of dream logic that you have there about like um they don't do this one per se, but like, say you wanted to pick up a, you know, a can of something and like hold it up. So it looks like it's as big as the wall on the far side of the room Then you could, then you could walk in through the, you know, the opening where you pull the tab. It's, it's like that, that sort of dream logic where if it kind of halfway makes sense to you in. It'll work. You, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Um, if your brain can find a way to justify something, then you can take action on that. Yeah, and a lot of the a yeah. lot of the puzzles are kind of built around that sort of idea. Cool. Yeah, that makes more sense now. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I guess we can talk it out a little bit here and see what sort of a little bit of a consensus of sorts we can get to. Um. Uh. Shay had mentioned too as well. Rich and Josh, did you guys have like a runner-up worth mentioning for the sake of discussion? I, I had some extra stuff on these lists, so let me just. Yeah, I've got several. 
my all my lists this year have like way too many runners up. Um, I, I guess something that maybe you think would play as far as neither like, of my we, others, <laughs> I don't think would like play in this group. Like, yeah, it, as far uh, as like uh, more universal, I like, get some that some people have played, but not anything I, I mean, that it, anyone uh, that everyone's played. At the very least, I did also list, and it, this isn't so much because it's a unique mechanic, but because of what I think it did for improving that game and sort of bringing it into the next echelon is the addition of crafting in Animal Crossing. Um, I I thought was an important one because it really, it it feels like the natural missing piece to that. Like it yeah. it is the natural evolution to that franchise, and I think it really did push it forward a little bit in terms of what that game is and what that series will be going forward now. I mean, crafting didn't even exist before the first Animal Crossing. So it wasn't, <laughs> no one had invented crafting until, until later. Until so, it was invented by John P. Crafting in 2009. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's absolutely right. When he crafted the first uh, sword by putting two pieces of metal on top of a piece of wood. Um, were you guys not as hot on some of the, the digging mechanic that me and Shay mentioned? I, I actually, I didn't list it, but I think that is a good one. That is a one I, I thought about a lot and it, it's funny, actually, I was trying to think, and that was the one I was trying to think of because it feels so long since I played Ori, but I remember there being one thing in that game that stuck out to me and it, it was definitely that. I remember that area when this, the digging was introduced in that sort of desert region it kind of looks like an ant, like when you're looking at an ant farm and you can see them moving around, it kind of looks like that. Yeah, yeah you feel like, um, like God, you, exactly. Yeah, you're looking at the glass, almost feels like you're looking at glass. Although, I mean, technically, it Look, kind bro, of we plays. all play Dig Dug. Uh-huh. I mean, technically speaking, because I've been playing the game a lot this past week to kind of just catch up, it plays pretty much exactly like the swimming. Um, it looks different, and but I think it's the same thing. Like, you swim faster... Uh, and then you can launch out of the water as well. But there's something about the digging. Maybe it's a visual thing. You can't stop. Um, you can't. Well, with the swimming, you, you just kind of move around like you're. Yeah. It's swing. It's it's similar to swimming in most other games. But whenever you're digging, the movement's basically the same. But you are always going full blast, um, which leads right. to some exactly. like planning sort of puzzles. You're running into a wall of thorns over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Do you think if people play Ori that the digging is like the mechanic they would remember the most of all the mechanics? I think so. Probably. I think that's the most memorable of like stuff that wasn't already in the first game. That is the most memorable thing. And it feels probably the most unique of any mechanic they introduced. Yeah. Well, I mean, they added a, they actually added combat in the second one. I mean, they had it in the first one, but they mm-hmm. added it in the second one. Um, they made it good. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But the only other major ability that they added that I could think of is towards the end of the game where you have to use the little glowing orbs to be able to bash to shoot yourself up. At the end of the game, you get the ability to be able to just use yourself to bat like to bash or shoot yourself across various parts because if you remember that last area that uh I don't know what is that like cosmic lava area basically with all mm-hmm. the I, I think it's like caught like heated metal. You use yourself to shoot certain areas. That that was a really good ability to be able to move around further as well. But yeah, I like Josh is saying. I think when I was thinking about this game, because obviously I love this game, and there are a lot of cool mechanics in this game. The ones that I remembered the most were the digging and the the combat that is really good. 
Um, other than that, like I was trying to think about that last ability, but I don't think it's as memorable. The 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 first ability was pretty was I think definitely the coolest to me, but that's only because I didn't play the first game and yeah. like it I didn't even know they don't weirdly enough I was telling Shay when I first started playing the game they don't explain the the first ability very well and I had never played the first Ori I didn't realize you could slingshot off of projectiles and stuff yeah. which is kind of nuts yeah um that's what I'm talking about partially yeah yeah oh okay gotcha. That's a really cool wait, ability. You, it's wait, just, are you I talking guess about, that's the first game. Are you right? talking about like when when a projectile comes to you and you you bash off of it and you shoot off, or are you talking about when there's something hanging from the ceiling and you swing off of it? Which one are you talking about? Oh, that not the great. Yeah, I'm talking about like if someone shoots something or there's a light somewhere and you hold L1 and you freeze in place and yeah, you can like what, direct. That's yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah. Was that in the first game? Right. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the mechanic in the first okay. game. They give you others, oh, okay. but like that's that is the movement in that game as far as what the whole thing's built around. Yes. And I think they assume that you know that because when in this game I was playing it again for the second time and you get like one line of dialogue that's like hold L one to, to blow on light, blaze blob and blah. And I was like, Okay, I just read it and kinda went through it. And I was like stuck for like an hour and I told Shay, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I only figured it out on accident. <laughs> I was just jumping around, and I held, I shot L one, I pressed L one, and my character froze in midair, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I started yeah. playing around with it; and it was really cool. But I think they probably just assume that you've played the first. Y- game. Yeah, was- like you said, I think they give you like one tutorial dialogue box on it because the idea is like most people are probably not coming to this series for the first time, and it is, as Josh said, that is the thing in the first game. That is the like the game, the the main mechanic of it. Yeah, when you get that ability yeah. from the tree, like the ability trees, they give you a brief explanation of what you can do with it. And the area that you actually get those abilities from, where the little trees are, they specifically, I thought it was kind of cool how they integrated this, and this something we didn't really talk about, is that area, they specific, specifically give you like a little obstacle where you have to use the ability you just got in order to get out of that area. And that's kind of yeah. how they... In um, not integrate, introduce you to that uh new mechanic as well. Um, I will say even I'm with you, Shay. Even though I think the Ori stuff will pro- is probably going to play better as a group. One of the cool things about the accessibility stuff that uh, I was digging into is even on a non mechanical layer, because I don't know if we're going to talk about that again. Is that there's so- you can even turn off the film grain now. Like there's a billion things you can turn off to customize your experience which is like it's kind of ridiculous how many like you can literally i spent 30 minutes and they're just tinkering with things you can turn on and off um so like i could turn everything off on the hud except a teeny tiny reticle if i wanted a lot of immersion and just you know what i mean so there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do i it all depends on how we want to go with this category if we want to go just like the ones that like this is kind of the thing that morgan said last week um, do we want to go one that we collectively agree with as a group, or do we want to go with a mechanic like, for example, The Last of Us 2's difficulty adjuster, where we all think going forward, this is how games should be, you know? I, I'm not necessarily saying it's between Ori, my, my two choices. I'm saying that, like, do we want to go with one that we all just enjoyed, or do we want to go with one that we think sets a precedent for the future of gaming, I guess? Which I'm fine with either. I'm fine with either. The the only th- thing I have with that difficulty thing is like again, I just 
I get that it's probably the best way to define it, but like I weirdly my brain struggles with calling it a mechanic. Uh, I think it's more it's uh, like I said, Shay. I I actually respect what you're doing here. I think it's closer to probably gameplay modification, but um, yeah. it's as opposed to a mechanic because even then, like when you're when I think of a mechanic, I just think of my brain doesn't do that. I'm not, but I'm not. You know, I I like the way you're. Thinking I think there, of like I'm, shovel knight, shovel bounce off man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at, too. So maybe Ori is the best one because we've all played Ori and we all enjoyed that mechanic. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of I'm with you. Like, I, I want to give some sort of credit for the accessibility in The Last of Us, but I just don't know where to do that unless we just whatever, just mention it on its own merits. Cause, maybe like, we, yeah. Maybe we just consider that when we get to next week, when we're talking about Game of the Year stuff, which I know is going to get a little hairy and dicey, but maybe that's where we give it the credit then. Yeah, I I think all the cool stuff that game does in the direction of accessibility is definitely going to be worth talking about during that podcast, because that's some of the smartest stuff in that game and some of the stuff that like really makes it. I, I, I think apart from anything, apart from how any of us feel about the story or anything like that, that's what's going to make that game an important part of like history for this industry because it did some really amazing shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year then we have a category like the most accessible category and this game specifically influences that for our future. Maybe that's a category we consider in the future because I think it's a really or even to, like um it's a really important thing to talk about with mm-hmm. like we've talked about this pretty extensively and I'm sure we're going to get off of this here in a minute. I know we're going a little long with this category, but just the amount of people and the different types of people that have been able to play this game because of the accessibility options is insane. And I think that going forward that the medium of gaming needs to start being more accessible so other people can play. Like Josh mentioned months ago, a blind person beat this game. That's incredible. And that's largely due to many different things in the game. People who aren't normally playing games are able to hop into this game and because of the difficulty adjusters are able to feel like Yeah, it's crazy. It's enough of a challenge to where they can still beat it. I mean Hades would be another one with their god mode. I think games need to start considering this more. And so maybe in the in the future we do a most accessible category and we're paying respect to those developers and games that think, are considering um, people in very different uh, arenas or categories or capabilities to play those games. Yeah. Uh, that's a good discussion. I, I agree. And then we'll have to talk about it. I, after the I show, think, yeah, so. no, even not to like hammer it down is us bringing this into, I think even if you go a little bit broader with whatever that category would be like uh, most like, uh, innovative like influence influential design choice or something like that most customizable experience or something like that i don't I, I mean i would i would go more towards like being it being influential like something we think it's just you're going to see this in games going f- like from now on like this is yeah yeah but it would be fun to think about fun to talk about um well for the sake of time and consensus i guess uh as Mudvayne said, dig, bury me, watch it go. I rescind my vote for this. Yeah, I, yep, I want to vote for whatever Morgan wants to win the now. <laughs> dig, come on guys, dig, Mudvayne.
Me. Literally no one really knows good. what that song is except you. Is that a friend of yours? You've never heard Dig by Mudvayne? I don't that know. That's not I don't true. I've never You're even heard of Mudvayne. I've awesome. never listened to Mudvayne willingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're missing out. That's the truth. I don't. I don't think he is. <laughs> so the launcher from Bug Snacks, it is. Agreed. <laughs> God, I should have put that on the list. Oh God, that probably. Mm. Uh, all right, so congratulations, to Ori, for doing what you did. You dig. You, um, what about the? Well, go with the Incubus. Thank you. That's a much better song. Each other. Dig. I forgot the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. All that part of his brain is just filled with mud vein lyrics. Can you blame me? All right. Yes. Um, I think we can I blame do. him. Uh, next on the docket is a very unique category to us. It's called favorite ecosystem. Um, and honestly, it's a lot of fun. In the past, winners have been... For example, uh, Red Dead Redemption was a big one in 2018 because it's it's sort of designed to honor a world. Horizon won in 2017, although ironically, looking back, I think Zelda might have been even the better choice, but we didn't all play Zelda um, at the time. But basically, it's to honor a world that feels – it could be – Sometimes you're not going to have a living, breathing world like a Red Dead every year, so you have to get creative with the category. Ironically, I was really one of this is one of my favorite categories, favorite ecosystem, and I was banging my head on it all week, and then it hit me like a fucking sledgehammer, and I felt so dumb for not thinking about it. Fucking Animal Crossing. That whole game is designed around a goddamn ecosystem. Bugs, winter, season, animals, <laughs> nature. I mean, it's literally ecosystem the game. Um... I think they'll go faster, Shay. Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, holy shit, fucking Animal Crossing is literally ecosystem. Now, that may not play as well in the group because I know um, Shay didn't play that, which is fine. You know, he gave me shit for I can fail. and play Animal Crossing, um, the game that brought the world together in 2020. But, no, I, in all seriousness, I think that the ecosystem of Animal Crossing is just a big part of the game. And I couldn't think of a, a better option for me this year. I... At one point, I was even stumbling around uh, No Man's Sky, but that's been out for like five years. So, uh, but they did add a lot new, a lot of new stuff. Oh, my pick was Super Mario World. Are we not allowed to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's kind of a weird category depending on the year. But for me, I was just thinking about how everything in Animal Crossing is basically like a way of life. It's it literally is an ecosystem, even if it is kind of you know kind of cartoonish and stuff. So um, that would be my personal choice for favorite ecosystem. Curious to see what you guys say. Uh, Rich, what's your favorite ecosystem? So, uh, this might take you by surprise, Morgan. I wrote down the same thing you did. Um, it was also Animal Crossing for me, uh, mostly because I I think it's more to just, like, expand a little bit on what you say. I've always appreciated, like, the real-time seasons and stuff that Animal Crossing has to offer, and how closely they now to try to tie down, like, real-time weather and stuff, and having online i think makes you think more about that like i had a large group of uh my friends here who were also playing animal crossing and uh like you know we, we mm-hmm. had like a group text going for months where they'd be like oh it's raining on my island right now if you guys want to come come by and fish like and it's just fun to think about like how actively that game made me think about like what the weather was doing at the time and how that's going mm-hmm. to affect like the wildlife and stuff and the bugs and the insect uh, and the, the bugs and the fish i still had to catch and all that um yeah and it still kept me even now. Like, I play it a lot less than I did, but, like, when 
the first snow started, I was like, I should check in on Animal Crossing and see how the island's looking, like, frosted over and all that. And I just think that's that's really cool. Yeah, catching fish at different times of day and stuff. It's it's pretty in depth. So, um, okay, uh, yeah, for sure. What what do you got, Shay? I know you didn't play in Crossing, so I'm curious to see what you uh, what you picked. Um, you know, I was thinking about this one. I was like, I can't really think of too many. Initially, I was going to go with Ori, but I don't think you have enough interaction with all the unique creatures. Like you interact with a few, like the spiders. Um, or what are those? I for- always forget their names. The little cute guys that you kind of encounter throughout the world. Space- Moki. Yes. Yes. There. I mean, Mogwai, that has a yes. very cool, vibrant ecosystem. But the game I actually settled on, which is going to surprise you guys, is Man Eater as the ecosystem. Good man. <laughs> that's that's actually not a bad. That's pick, actually yeah. a that good was, pick. That was my runner up. Yeah, and I th- I think it makes the most sense because. Obviously, you're starting out and you're playing as a shark, and you take away the the human aspect. You're killing humans and divers and stuff, and you're you're basically building your character or your your shark off of these smaller fish, and you're looking for specific fish to eat to you know boost your level. And you start fighting these bigger creatures. You starting start fighting a crocodile, and once you beat that, you're fighting off these bigger fish as well, interspersed in there. And you're starting to fight off these smaller sharks and these bigger sharks. And then you're starting to fight off whales. And you're fighting all these different creatures and you're looking for them. And you're looking for these pockets of thriving communities in order to be able to to grow your character. And it's also really cool to see as well. Because you're, granted, the, the game you know has its technical difficulties here and there but you're exploring coral reefs, you're exploring all these different areas. And it's, I mean, if you've never been scuba diving, or you've never played it any kind of like scuba diving simulator or anything like that, this is pretty much as close, one of the games where you're as close as you're going to get to actually exploring what it's like to be in the ocean. And uh, some, as someone who has gone scuba diving multiple times and absolutely loves it, it's about as close as you're going to get in a video game. It's not perfect, obviously, but it's as close as you're going to get. You know, I think that's amazing. And so I wanted to pay respect to that because as, as much as I really, like, I had a lot of fun with the game um, when it worked, and I had a lot of hate for the game because there are many times where it didn't work, I think this was the strongest aspect of the game is the ecosystem. So I wanted to give it its, mm-hmm. uh, its respect in that regard. I thought it was the license plates. <laughs> the license plates. <laughs> yeah. Also, on that note, Shay, you should definitely one day check out Abzu because that's a really good. I played uh, it at your way house. Can I get up and close to all the fishies of the world? More um, of a curated yeah. experience, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a good one, man eater for sure, for sure. Uh, thinking out of the box there. What do you got, Josh? Well, like I said, that was that was my runner up because it is such mm-hmm. a cool, um, such a cool ecosystem, and especially the way you. Eat your way through it, so you kind of get to experience every part of uh, of the ecosystem. There, I thought was really cool. Um, you get to experience the, uh, the one... outside of it, and you get to experience it while it's inside of you. Hmm. Hot. I should th- do something with that tagline and put it on the box. Mm. Put, we'll put that Let's on go. the box. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the one that also had so much to do with gameplay this year that I 
loved uh, a just looking at, but then just all the gameplay with it was bug snacks because you have this crazy island with all this food slash mm-hmm. bugs that are all slash doing their own thing that. Um, that you have to you know figure out how they work in order to catch them all um, kind of see see the way they interact with uh, each other because they'll they'll you know someone will be like um, picking fights and whatnot they'll be aggressive um, creatures and someone will be scared yeah. of different things and trying to it's, learn it's the way they the all work sure, was really yeah. cool it's like a it's like a weird goofy animal food ecosystem well, that's very also strange. yeah like i think that's one of the more important parts of it like you said josh how they interact with each other um because i mean sometimes you'll just be off doing whatever in whatever bi- whichever of the like six biomes you're in and you'll just see the timer start going that a bug snack's incapacitated because like three of them are just in a tussle in the corner yeah yeah Sometimes they're interacting in ways that are almost comical. Like, I don't know if they're supposed to be <laughs> like, that seems a little buggy, but, um, it's, it's funny. It's never like, it's cute. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely a, a an ecosystem unto itself. Most of that stuff is, uh, probably intentional to some degree. Cause I'm sure Josh could attest. Cause I think he also got the platinum in that game. Um, you have to lure some bug snacks into some weird parts of the biomes to get them to do weird shit to each other to get every, uh, snack in the game yeah um because a lot of them are like really particular especially especially the mm-hmm. um like there are some bug snacks that are like on fire or like, or, frozen. Or, or frozen that if you Scooby try Banoop. to interact Scooby with will either burn you or freeze you so you can't catch them so you got to find ways to get them to a reasonable temperature to catch them which generally involves you know Making two Luring of them pick another a fight. Bug snack. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I mean, it's an ecosystem that has uh, a soda can fish. So, I mean, that's well, all you need. To th- know. That was what I was particularly thinking of. Josh was um, on the uh, that one shoreline area, luring this the soda can into the molten cave uh, to attack flame and hot cheesy poofs. Yeah. Oh fuck, that part was a no. Wait, I'm thinking <laughs> of a different part. Sorry. There was a couple of those that were a fucking nightmare. Let me tell you. Uh but yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, cool. Bug snacks. Well, three great choices there. I mean, I think probably realistically for the sake of compromise, even though I I don't think there's any question about the quality of of Animal Crossing's ecosystem being basically like night like. <laughs> I, the the reality is like we didn't all play Bug Snacks, we didn't all play Animal Crossing, so probably the best compromise is going to be Man Eater more than likely. I. I think Animal Crossing I'm completely fine with at the end of the day because so many people played that game and I think obviously it's so integral into the game. I also think Bug Snacks would be a good choice. I, honestly Man Eater's not I'm not married to that one. I was going with your pick. I know, I, know, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, but I'm saying <laughs> I can honestly see all three of them. Like they're really I'm comfortable really with yeah. any one of these willing. That's the crazy That that was yeah, my point. Like I to, loved all of them. They were all good. All three but... of these had great ecosystems. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with any of them. I just figured that was the the easier compromise. But well, I, I mean, it's up to if, you guys. If we're all comfortable with any of them winning, and two of us had one of those three in their number one spot, 
Yeah. Oh, you mean Animal Crossing? Yeah, like, I think, like, not to be like, well, mine should win, but, like, th- that that's what makes sense to me at that well, point. I mean, that is how it's supposed to be, Rich. If you want it, fight for it. This is the whole point <laughs> yeah. of this category. This Don't is me passive. fighting for it. Yeah, I'm saying, if we, yeah, okay, so I'll turn it up then. I'll just scream. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's my thought on the end of the day. If we're all four of us saying, I'd be comfortable with any of these winning, only one of them was in the number one spot for two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I genuinely like them all. I think that one of the cool things Animal Crossing does is, like, even with the museum and stuff, they really highlight the idea of how everything kind of lives in harmony in that world. And like, you can even learn facts about them. I know it sounds like a, like I sound like a seven year old, but except for the bugs and blathers, they don't live in um, harmony. Well, yeah, you can learn about stuff. It's just like. <laughs> If anim- it would be kind of sad. I mean, like I said, I would be okay with Maneater or Bug Snacks, but if like ma- if Animal Crossing can't win Best Ecosystem, that is a kind of a tragic thing because <laughs> it's Absolutely. basically just an eco. An old game is ecosystem simulator. The game. It's ecosystem and like Mister Rogers' neighborhood. That's basically what it is. So, it's the ecosystem of Mister Rogers' neighborhood hmm. and furries. So there you go. Wait, there's people under there. So um, I'll let uh, if if you guys are all okay with it, Shay, you can be the tiebreaker. What do you want it to be? Yeah, well, let's just go with Animal Crossing. I'm completely okay with that. Okay, Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing it is. it is. All right, but all great choices. I like Bug Snacks. I like uh, yeah. I like Manier. I think all three of those were good picks. Um, I'm hungry thinking about all those Bug Snacks. All right, let's see here. <laughs> Let's bring the mood uh, down with punchable face. I want, yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's do most. <laughs> God damn! I, I got a good terrible. for this one. Oh man, I'm look. I gotta say personally, as 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 much as I love this game dearly, um, and I feel bad even making this joke. I had to go with Mel from The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I. <laughs> I just could not stand Mel, and they did such a good job making her someone that I could not stand and I had no reason to not stand her because she was getting basically screwed over by everyone she was pregnant she was dealing with the most shit then she gets gutted like a fish so and you, I, fell, but I just you fell into the Skylar is just a bitch trap I did yeah I did yeah I where, where poor trap. writing makes you completely get the opposite no I don't I don't think that poor writing yeah, yeah her, her I, life sucked her that's not necessarily what I'm saying I think that like there's sympathy there, but we're talking about like punchable face. Like, there's something about Mel's face I have, that I have just... the answer. If you want it, I can help you. It's the haircut. She has that Karen haircut. Oh, that's yes, that's it. It's the Karen haircut. That's pro- that's probably it. Come on, Josh. <laughs> How could you do that? Why'd you draw attention to it, man? God, mm, let it dude. go. No, I I agree. It is probably is the Karen haircut, and I, I'm fully admitting that it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I don't even want to punch her because she's pregnant. But no, but again, I I do think this is just the Skylar thing again, where someone who's clearly meant to have a point and be in the right through all of this, but the framing of it always overshadows you, the actual issue. Well, you're it's never from their point of view. So at every situation where you're dealing with them, you're given the perspective of someone who thinks they're a bitch. So and that's you're never not the what's chance. going on. Well, no, but if you're, you're, never smart, given a if you're real playing the game, if you're playing the game and you have any sort of intelligence, you understand what's going on. Like, there's there's nothing wrong How with that. Yeah, that's why there understand? were so many petitions to, uh, like, I don't... It seems like it was I'm, mostly unintelligent people. Yeah, but, I mean... That's right. 
everyone hated Skylar on Breaking Bad, and she was 100% in the right. I Well, first of all, I've never seen Breaking Bad, so I can't comment on that. Um, I will just say that... I like genuinely when I'm playing the game, I understand her as a character. I actually found her empathetic. Like she in many ways has like a really rotten thing because Owen's not super into her, but he's trying to commit to her. She's, she's kind of comes off as annoying, but that's just, she's trying to overcome some of her own insecurities and be a little tougher. That's why she's trying to hang with the group. Like there's a, like it's nothing. I disagree with the writing thing. My whole thing is that like this category is punchable face. And like Shay said, with the Karen haircut, there's something about her that made me want to punch her. All right. Well, it's again, okay. it's, that's, that's it's the my way fun. it's framed. Like not the writing as in like the script writing, but like the writing overall. The way the character's like, written. Yeah, the, it was it was the way all those scenes were framed leaves it you're you're never meant to be taking her point of view on stuff. You, you, yeah, you never see a, an issue from you never see it from her perspective and understand what she's feeling exactly in a moment. Mm-hmm. So you're never given a truly a truly sympathetic uh, perception of her. The only the only reason I respectfully disagree and then we can move on is there are scenes where you're just Abby and her and they're sort of trying to connect and you're getting a little bit more of her insight and her personality. And I I, I don't – I mean, yes, well, if you want to fall for that – Again, I, I like she's telling Abby her. stuff Abby doesn't want to hear. She's obviously right, but Abby doesn't get it at that point. So in that scene – you specifically are meant to identify with the character you're playing. Like, I think Abby did get it. She was the one telling she, Owen well, to go back with Mel. She was like, look, I want you. I think Abby sympathized more she with did. Mel she than She eventually gets it, which is like, but like at the time. I don't think she ever didn't get it. I think she just put her own selfish desires to ride Owen's cock before that. So, I mean that's part of it. Like if you have that, if you have that relationship, she cared selfishly, and she, and that's part of her journey too. Is like fixing some of her own issues. She knows what she's doing is wrong. They're cheating. There's some shit going on there. Um. Anyways, now now I'm now I don't even know if I want to do Mel for a punchable face. Too late. You locked it in. Mm. Josh, I'm gonna nominate Josh for most punchable face. Um, I could win that every Josh. year. I would. <laughs> um, I, would more, I would never punch more, you. More, I would kiss you. Morgan. Um, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you mind if I do mine next? Because it's also from The Last of Us Two. You've been you've been next the whole time, you selfish asshole. <laughs> well, no, okay, no, so I, sorry, I've been. Yeah, I'm keeping a pattern. I've been going me, Rich, um, Shay, Josh. So, oh, it's but the same the whole. If time. you guys okay, don't want yeah, the pattern, ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't was trying to upset anyone. Yeah. <laughs> right, a middle Jesus. child gets offended. Oh no. Oh, Rich, That's exactly I'm kind of happening. All right, Rich, this, this is worrisome for me. <laughs> what do you got? Everyone gets to go ahead of me. Yeah, that's gonna happen forever. Um, so, so Be my, careful. My pick careful. is uh, Abby's dad, Jerry Anderson. Uh, oh, get out of here! <laughs> this dude sucks ass. Okay. Um. First off, like, here's why he's a shithead. Number one, I feel like he's a high and mighty prick. Like, he's so big on his "I'ma save the world." I'm the only one who can do this. Um. So he fucking just is like, I'm going to crack open a little girl's skull without asking. Um, yes, as Josh has pointed out in the job, he collects quarters. Mm. That's insufferable. Um, <laughs> and I was reminded of, I was watching some cutscenes with this character uh, to prepare for this. And when you're first introduced to him from Abby's perspective, um, it's outside of a zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and they find a zebra like stuck. It, it, I don't remember if it was a fence or whatever it was. In the barbed wire. In the barbed, barbed wire, wire, right. Yeah. Um, and instead of putting this poor zebra out of its misery, he decides to just keep it alive for a while to turn this shit into a teaching moment. You know, like an asshole. No, they save it. They save the zebra, and it's fine. Yeah, no, but he takes forever to do it. Like, he could have gotten it out in two seconds, but he's got to turn this into a teaching moment, so this poor animal's got to fucking suffer. Good lord, that's very picky. Jeez. You didn't save him fast enough. You know, you know, I, <laughs> it's not my choice, Rich, but I condone it, because who can be that fucking likable? And he was... He was clearly supposed to be that likable. He's like, oh, it's just a fucking, it's an animal. I mean, like, I love animals. Out of the four of us, I probably love animals the most, but. Oh, we gotta save it. Oh, and the world's full of rainbows. Oh, oh, and we're in a zombie apocalypse. But oh, there's hope in the world. Oh. Yeah, no, I. Where'd that get you? I, I, I I don't hate him the way you do, but I do feel the same way kind of about more like what Shay's saying as far as like <laughs> go specifically about the thing with the zebra writing wise they had to try to get you to like them as much as you like Joel in like one flashback and it's eye-rolly like it's eye-rolly like over like we're just gonna do it he's he's supposed to be the Mr. Rogers of this post-apocalyptic uh hell camp but I mean, the, all of that pales into what the actual point of the category is. You see his face, and he's smiling way too fucking much in a zombie apocalypse. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't even mention his face, Rich. You should have at least talked about if his face was punchable or not. It is, because he's a douche. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this My favorite Kmart brand Sean Astin over there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Sean Astin? Iceman. He's lots of things. Shopko ass Mr. Rogers. <laughs> hey, nobody knows who sh- what Shopko is, Rich. Uh, jo- sh- the Shay. Only us. God, I went through everyone on the crew before I mentioned your correct name. Let's see. <laughs> wow, you're right. He did forget. He really is a middle child. Sean Astin. He was fucking. Oh, that fucking uh, Stranger Samwise Things Gamgee motherfucker. The Rings. Or if you want to go further yeah. back. He was Mikey in The Goonies, or he was Rudy, or he was on Stranger Rudy! Things as Bob. Rudy, Rudy, yeah, Rudy. he's the do- he's the doofy guy that's in Stranger Things that the mom wants to like, but he's because he's so sweet, but he really has a tiny penis and he's annoying. All right, so um, you leave me alone. That's a- I don't know if that's what the the takeaway <laughs> from Stranger Things was, but all right. wow. My wife, I my I'm bitter. My wife is like, oh, he's so adorable. I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? You know, your wife's trying to turn you into him, right? You realize my that. dead body. Oh, I got to There's, I there's show you guys after the no podcast. chance that's ever going to happen. Um, I'm anyways. Uh, I, I'm really sorry for her. <laughs> Shay, Shay. What's your most punchable face? So why do I always I, have to go last? Because you're the oldest and the most. <laughs> so. I was thinking about this for a little while, and I I, <laughs> I almost picked someone from The Last of Us 2, actually. Um, but then, as I was doing my research yesterday, a name descended, or sorry, ascended from the bowels of hell and took a big fucking milky white shit on my shoulder as it dropped from a bird. I don't know how it descends and ascends at the same time, but anyways... 
Uh, Roach from Final Fantasy VII Remake can suck my oh, fucking wow. dick. The best I hate new that motherfucker. <laughs> I hate every single thing about that motherfucker. There's not one thing I like about this character. And the moment he shows up on the screen, he is instantly the most punchable person in 2020. His face just screams douchebag. His face mm-hmm. just screams... I'm still keeping Affliction alive as a brand in 2020. Fuck him. I can't Japanese stand Affliction, him. Whatever he that was brand the is. worst addition, Affliction. bar none, to the Final Fantasy VII remake. And I hope to God that Jeez. the developers and creators fucking kill him as an afterthought in the next game. I hope they're like, oh, whatever happened to that Roach douche? I mean, uh, soldier. Oh, he just fell off a cliff off of his motorcycle and died. I oh, really that hope sucks. Not. Move on. Yeah. Fuck Roach. End of story. That dude rules. Yeah, I remember you were pretty <laughs> angry about Roach back in the day too. God, At least he you're fucking consistent sucks. on that. You, you know, f- for the for the record, Shay, I think the point of Roach is, I don't think he, I think he has a punchable face, but that's why I love that he's around. He's just anime as fuck. I'm gonna punch and... you too. <laughs> do it. Yeah, but you know, you <laughs> fucking Any do guy... it. Any guy that tries to use to perform a Can you say that in the as a Trump voice? Give, give us one last Trump. <laughs> Fucking do it. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, have you lost your power now that Trump's no, out of office? I can't, the, I can't do Trump doing that. Sta- like, oh, gotcha. Do it. <laughs> Fucking do it, Joe. <laughs> it sounded kind of ironic. Do it. Stick it in. All right. Uh, Josh, it, what's your most punchable face of the year? It is Ellie from The Last of Us. Oh my god! <laughs> it's it's not actually, but I, I absolutely had to throw that in there because I knew it would just infuriate Morgan, and also because if it were someone from that game, it'd be Ellie. Um, but <laughs> my actual choice is Scaly Pete from Man Eaters. Scaly, oh yeah, he's pretty punchable. Yeah, I don't even remember him. He's the antagonist. The an- yeah, he's got to be punchable. So punchable. Oh yeah, the just completely guy, unredeemable. Yeah. Like if there's a chance for him to be an asshole, he's an asshole. Um, and Fuck I feel like over. they did such a good job with that because, again, just I loved the framing of that game. I mentioned it way back when we first played it, but the idea of having him be followed around like he's some Duck Dynasty motherfucker with his own, you know, wildlife show or whatever. Real Whale Wars vibes. Yeah, was was really cool and kind of leads you to, um, there it, it it leads to these situations where he's not just interacting with, you know, you as the player as the shark, but like the rest of the camera crew there, um, and everything, and it, it it's. Yeah, he's just, he's so punchable because he's just a hateful little shit to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Scaly Pete. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that one coming. You got me. Um, perfectly, yeah. perfectly acceptable choice. Yeah, very punchable. I mean, you don't get a chance to punch him, but you do get a chance to. Yeah. Well, you, you blow him up more than you, than you like eat him or anything cool like that, which is kind of yeah, disappointing. You kind of, you like, kind of. Eat him and blow him and yourself up at the same time. Spoilers. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like complete mayhem at the end is kind of 
what it descends yeah. into because again because you're not bringing explosives there because scaly pete has decided to bring in enough firepower to you know destroy several countries in order to try to kill a shark um yeah. But yeah. shout out, shout out to my runner-up Lizzie Wizzy from Cyberpunk 2077, because also fuck Aww. her. What's your problem? With, what's your problem? With I Grimes? wanted to fuck her. Yeah, we know. Just to Morgan. slam my dick against some metal. Bing. Mm. Mm. I don't like what you did there. Mm. I'm surprised. And there, and we, surprise, mm. we did the creepiest, perviest moment in gaming in 2020. There you go. <laughs> Two categories yep. knocked out at <laughs> once. Oh, Good job, no. team. Um. Okay, so. Oof, this is a tricky one. I will definitely back off. I feel bad about Mel every second. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely okay with either uh, Roach or Scaly Pete because I strongly, respectfully disagree with Rich. Um, I definitely Jerry Anderson or nothing. I agree. Rich, you're really quiet. <laughs> I can't hear you. Am I? Yeah, jokes aside, I, I can I hear really you. Okay. Can't hear you. I think it's, I think um, it's I, a Skype every now and then. It's oh, it's a Skype killing thing. Okay. your mic yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, he's. I think he's already. Um, right. I can hear him. I, let me let me throw this out there. Uh, if you guys don't pick okay. Roach, I will quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. I had to do it to you one time. But really, though, I mean, fuck Roach. And if you guys don't pick, I him, turned up my microphone and Skype. Super butthurt about it because this is like actually the category I care about. The most weirdly enough, out of today. <laughs> Are you serious? I, yeah, I, I um, fucking hate I act- Roach. I legitimately Shay, fucking hate him. Shay, I, I can. Here's the thing. I do agree with you that Roach has the most punchable face, but that's what I like about his character. So that means I am fully willing to give him this category. Yeah. Um, because I, I do. It's agree- a positive. Yeah, it's a positive. It ma- like it makes his presence. It like I was so disappointed he didn't end up being the last boss of that game because I was so certain <laughs> gonna he was gonna be his stupid because face. <laughs> he, he was like a he was a, a new soldier and he's like the only new antagonist in the game. Yeah. Like I was so sure that yeah. he was created to be the driving force of like there's got to be somebody who's like the final line of stopping you from getting out of Midgar. But they we're. We won't they get into that. We won't get into that right now. Yeah, but we don't have to. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I like that. I like him a lot. I like that. I'm I hate also him that fine much. with that. Oddly enough, he was on my short list. Like, <laughs> no. Like, again, jokes aside, Ellie was absolutely on the short list as well because fucking Christ, fuck Ellie. Um, oh, yeah. can I ask you guys? Quick for shortlist perspective, because I'm curious if anybody else had this who played Ghost of Tsushima. I had Lord Shimura on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually think about kind him, but that's perfectly fair. But uh, I don't know. I, I like his no, face no. wasn't really punchable. Let's... It's more about the arc that he has. Like at points yeah. in time, he's definitely one of the least likable characters in 2020 at certain points in the story. It, it wasn't on my um, list either, but yeah, I, I, I can see look, it. If Shay feels that strongly about it, yeah, I think it's I Roach. Think Roach is fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, congratulations to Scaly Pete for being for the nice one, <laughs> being the runner-up. <laughs> yeah, but also I think honorable mention to uh, the Last of Us for having the most punchable faces by by cubic meter. It's just, just bad just, people just everywhere. The densest, the densest packing of punchable faces in any game this year. 
It's true. We Look, all I have a lot. Like, we all almost had someone from that game on our list, or we did actually have someone. So that's I yeah, mean, yeah. In, in apocalypse like that, you're gonna have some people. I, there's like this one guy who's like a. Um, well, you get to know him. He's not that bad of a dude, but he's he has a very punchable face. He's one of Abby's. Uh, gang members and he's like the first one that you kill whenever they jump through that glass window uh, and he's kind of like a teenage looking dude or he's like a young adult and he has a real punchable face fucking punchable face too um but you punk kids all right so <laughs> congratulations to roach for winning the most punchable face and that's Geralt's horse from the witcher 3 correct that's yeah yes i and cast so many spells in the back abuse. of that motherfucker's head just a punchable God face. damn it, guys. Now PETA's going to be on our ass. Mm. Yeah. That's about time somebody got on it. Hey. Mm. Talking about butt sex. Butt sex. So this is our first one we have or done this category for. The real question of 2020. Um, bugs next. Great. So for for favorite art direction, uh, and again, Shay, no, I'm just keeping the same pattern. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to disclude anyone. Um, this one was, was very tough for me. Some past winners we had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a uh, inside in 2016, uh, Cuphead in 2017. Although Breath of the Wild easily could have won, Control last year was an, an incredible art direction. I mean, just the ashtray maze alone was just fantastic. Um, so those are some of the group winners that we've had. This was this was really tough for me because, um, especially when I think about how these games are separated for me as I get older. I and we do this more. I generally feel more of a desire to separate like games based off of. Um, like I've definitely enjoyed some of the smaller games this year, like Hades, more than some of the bigger games. But like when I'm thinking about how many people are involved and like them, somebody selling like a game for fifteen or twenty dollars as opposed to a game at sixty dollars and all the tech and and artistry behind them as well. As I get older, I find that it's harder for me to. I feel dirty kind of comparing the two. Um, I and I I kind of backtrack a little bit because I I was really hot on the cyberpunk art direction and I still am. It's just, there was so many technical issues with that game that I eventually ran into that as far as like, you know, things loading in the world and stuff, spending the majority of my time on console. Um, I still think that city is an incredible artistic achievement. And, um, I tried to challenge myself this year as well, because oftentimes with art direction, you don't necessarily think of hyper-realistic games. Like I have a tendency to go for fantasy and fantastical kind of stuff. Um, even though there's stuff like, like from top to bottom, you know, every little detail of the, of the world of something like the last of us part two is just staggering. And, and Ori, I think for me, the two, and obviously I have no bones against anyone that is all about Ghost of Tsushima either. It looks incredible. I think the reason why Ghost of Tsushima and Cyberpunk didn't win for me is from, if I'm going from top to bottom is just because they're amazing. But like a lot of the faces and stuff in those worlds are, are kind of funky looking. Um, I think top to bottom, the two games for me uh, in the AAA space, uh, it was The Last of Us Part Two, And in the smaller game space, it was uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Wisps. So I'll see what you guys... I think that's the best-looking game ever made in The Last of Us, and I think Ori is the best-looking 2D game ever made. And that's including art direction. It's not a technical award, um, but those, but the art direction in those games, I think, is just astounding as far as the detail goes. So you guys can do with that what you will. Um, Rich, what do you got? Uh, for me, I, I had like, I, I bounced through a couple things on this list at one point, but what ended up, uh, coming out on the top from my short list and it was, it was close or he was almost there for me. I feel like that's worth mentioning. Um, it was 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that is undeniably the best 2D Oops. art VanillaWare has ever done. All anime. It's anime, right? It's anime stylized, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to, I'm not bringing it down. No, 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 yeah. Um, but no, just like those backgrounds, those character portraits, mm-hmm. the way everything kind of interacts, and it is very visual novelty in that respect, a lot of like static imagery and stuff. There isn't a whole yeah. lot to some of it, but Vanillaware does great work across the board, and I think this is their prettiest game ever. Vanillaware. What else would they done that I'd be really familiar with? Uh, Dragon's Crown. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Odin's Fear. Yeah. About. Yes. I. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. They. They do do very. They do do. They do do very pretty art. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. So um, Agus Rim Thirteen Sentinels would be your winner, and you had some runners up if need be. So. There's some stuff in the back of my head, but we'll we'll talk about that when we're more talking about what we settle on as a group. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel that. Because, yeah, I I like that game, but I don't think... I I know it's not going to be the one for the group. It's just one I wanted to mention, for sure. Yeah, sometimes you go into that... Yeah, I was the same with Mortal Shell. Sometimes you go in there knowing it's not going to win, but you want to give it its props. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, and Shay yelled at me for... uh, But now I have to skip him, because he's not here, so... Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) He, he wanted he to force somewhere. you to change things up. So if I can't be first, I'm going to be last. <laughs> yeah. I'll teach you, motherfuckers. Like, or he's going to get throw... back just in time. Mm. Oh, he did. He did get back just in time. He ruined his, his own turn. ploy. Yeah. Um, That's right. Sorry. I, went with... I, I really had to use the bathroom and I couldn't stand it anymore. I apologize. Pulling the curtain back there a little bit. Um, My choice, this was not even remotely difficult. This was the easiest category. And, um, like I, I didn't have to do any kind of deliberation whatsoever. I sat down when I was doing all these categories, this was the first one I looked at and I was like, no contest, like super easy. Can't, can't struggle with this one at all. How could you possibly mess this up? And I went with a <laughs> call of duty war zone as my <laughs> there it is no, uh, waiting for the joke wisps. you guys already knew this was was going to be my choice yeah um mm-hmm. there were some amazing games with art direction this year i think um a lot of them were very stylistic there were a ton of stylistic games this year and yeah. none was better than ori and the will of the wisps just each area was vibrant and stood out so well um the snowy area, bear, the bears, bears area, or bear. Uh, the the spider area was dark and dank and musty. The the sand level, the um, like I said, that metallic lava area, um, the sanctuary in the glades area, the the water area. It all stood out so vividly, and it each area what it was trying to do whether it's trying to unnerve you like the spider area or put you at peace, whatever the art was trying to do, it, it was perfect. And it nailed those notes so well. Um, and the, the glow up from the first game to second, the second game, while that's not a determining factor here for me at all, it's still amazing. The fact that the first game looked so breathtaking, and especially because the first one was hand-drawn, to come to this second game and it looks even better. They built upon what they did. Just, just a nice little treat there. 
this game is phenomenal. Um, the art direction is largely one of the reasons why this game is so good. So that's my pick. It's probably, yeah, Microsoft came on board and probably started just stuffing them with money a year after their development. I was looking into that, so that's probably how they made this such a massive jump, which is which I'm thankful for because, yeah, it's a lot of time and money and just the depth of like you like in the like obviously in the foreground you can see like weird grass and trees and sticking up and like it's it's um i heard somebody else say this and i totally agree it makes me sad that 3d tvs had died off because like there's so much depth in the world that you're just like man i wish i could see like the the luma pools and all those different areas um yeah it's it's definitely for a smaller game it's like uh, for me yes with 2d games you can definitely pull some some artistic, uh, probably some artistic trickery there, because you can control the one perspective. Like you can't, you can't break the the view from like a full three D perspective. But that doesn't really. I don't want to take away from what they're doing. It's just it's it's really fantastic. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I wish even if it wasn't necessarily three D TVs, which I think this game would have looked amazing as three D. Uh, even if they somehow integrated a VR version of this game, that would have been so amazing. This game, yeah. Oh man, I I legitimately have, like, grass like right in front of the time. screen and stuff. Yeah, dude, it was oh, so good. It, it, you know, I know a lot of people are probably gonna give me shit for saying this. When we when Avatar the 2009 movie um first came out, just the the special effects were barn on the best part of the movie, and that's why so many people loved that. And I remember. See, I went and saw that movie multiple times in the movie theater and just a sense of wonderment from the 3D technology and how beautiful it was at the time. Um, I, I want, you know, I just wanted to experience being in that world. And this is the same thing here. Yeah. It just has that sense of wonderment. No, yeah, yeah. I saw Avatar a bunch of times too. It was a visual, visual miracle there. Um, Josh, what do you have for your favorite Art direction of the year. This one was, like Shay was saying, or not Shay, but like Rich was saying, was um, like one of the densest categories this year. Um, I said that actually, but thank well, you. Whoever the fuck said it. You all look the same to me. <laughs> Fucking white guys. Fucking Christ. white assholes. Fucking interchangeable white people, am I right? Curse you, white devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, very dense. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I had a ridiculous list that I eventually cut off at twelve because I'm like, okay, like if I if I've not thought of it now, like have to have to draw a line somewhere. Um, Mine was something insane like that as well, Josh. That I just had to whittle down. Yeah, um, just amazing, amazing stuff here uh, this year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the one that stuck with me the most, though. Um, was Cloudpunk from early in the year, which is a voxel-based cyberpunk setting. Um, Where everything looks like it's made of little boxes. Yeah, yeah. And it does such a really, really cool job of making the game look... Like, it, it works It works on the different scales. Like, at full scale, like, whenever you're driving around, flying somewhere to go on a delivery the voxels are small enough that it just looks realistic almost um, because there's just so much going on in the city as a whole um, at that scale. And then when you like get out to go do the, um, 
you know, like the last last little bit dropping off a package on foot or whatever. Um, each of the characters are like, um, like super low resolution, like pixel art, like uh, um, stuff like the uh, um, Super Brothers, the Sword and Sorcery EP, like that style. Like characters are about that tall. Like you know, like maybe maybe ten pixels or ten voxels tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what that ends up doing is giving you enough room to imagine, to 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 have to imagine the people there, to have to um, um, still still put effort in on your end to imagine what what's going on, like on on the personal level, which I think really works for trying to tell a narrative like that, um. Because yeah. essentially you get a very clear picture of the city as a whole um, with less detail as you go down, which kind of seems like it would be backwards. Um, but like th- the entire thing is meant to kind of show how this is the story is about the city. The, the like every everything about it is about this city. Like uh, you're a delivery driver like Death Stranding. Mm hmm. Um, and just, just the story that they're telling there, um, is very personal for, for you as a character, for all the individuals you meet. Um, but thematically they all kind of link back to what is wrong with this city? What is wrong with society in general, which is what cyberpunk is supposed to do is, is kind of have these, you know, bigger ideas in them like how how are you going to live in this completely failed capitalism like it's it's taken over and ruined everyone's lives at this point sort of world it made cyberpunk resonate less this year i think because we're going through it in real time yeah it it, yeah it's yeah exactly it's kind of hard watching that happen but uh yeah, I, just, I felt like yeah, no, I felt I, like the like art the, style yeah. itself captures worked. that more, more so. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely makes it more distinct too, and a little bit more memorable. Um, voxels can look really pretty when they're used like smartly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and that's part to my larger point that I started with that it's hard for me to compare something like cloud punk to a cyberpunk because i just feel like those teams are just working with different things and the scale of what they're able to do it's just i feel weird about that but cloud punk has a really cool um distinctive look to it like little lego blocks or something that's what i would use the layman's term because i'm not dropping the voxel so left and right but um it, whenever i first played it it kind of reminded me of like a little world that was like put together by lego blocks or something like that uh, it's very weird when you get out of your car too, and you start walking around because it doesn't feel like it's a game where you're going to do that. And then you walk; it's just strange. It's very strange. Um, yeah, well, you, you you surprised me with that one for sure. Give you, I'll give you that. You threw a curveball at me. Not what I thought you were going to do. I would have guessed. Hmm. Knowing what was your, what you, was I probably would have guessed. I would have guessed Spirit Fair probably. Or, uh, or what was that? Some, Three, four. Or that was up Spirit there. Four. That was four on my list. Spirit, Spirit Fort Fair had the best animations this year. I like by I far uh, yeah. knocked everything. Mm-hmm. It blew everything else out of the water. The animations, I mean, as far as like game. smaller games go, yeah. As far as literally all games go, 
the animations in that game were outstanding. Um, just so full of personality, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like the, the art style, just as far as the way it worked in the narrative and everything, everything else on cloud punk kind of gave that the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this okay. So we'll uh, get the consensus here. I have just a, a comical side note. I, I, look, I have nothing against Hades. I think you know I respect Jen and all the work she does at Supergiant. I just thought it was funny. My wife saw me playing Hades. <laughs> she was like, "This looks like a phone game." <laughs> I was like, uh, "Don't let my friends hear you say that. They'll get real mad." Um, I see what she's saying, but I think that she's being a little dismissive because there's a lot of detail in Hades and yeah. I think I think the overly smooth the, nature of it is kind of. I think maybe it meant less about the art direction and maybe about the isometric view as well. Because that, well, I mean, that is how a lot of phone games are played now. Is well, and the art has kind of a it's really a clean. visually it's really a visual clean, novel which, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of static images. That's just what. Look, I'm not, I don't, that's just what you said. I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, that's funny. You're funny. You're a funny lady. I love you. Um, anyways, uh, so, okay, so we're a little bit all over the board here. Um, as far as consensus goes, I did, there was a lot of Ori being, let me look at, a lot of Ori was being mentioned. Um, yeah, a lot of these I just, I, I have just sort of conceded that I'm not going to fight for some of these. I had a feeling that Ori would be the consensus on this one. I just, Same. I know Shay feels incredibly strongly about that. That's in my top. That was like my number two pick here. Um, it was on my short list for sure. And also worth noting for me, conceding immediately, going. I said my pick, knowing it was not going to win. I just wanted to uh, get the the space to talk about it. That I didn't even felt hear about... your pick. What was your pick? Agus Rim, eight, 13 Sentinels, Agus Rim. I would. That's how I kind of felt about the Last of Us too, because I knew that the the realistic stuff doesn't play, and um, and I'm okay with that. I was just I was actually listening to the Bombcast this weekend. Somebody had an interesting point about how like you could the detail in that game is so insane. There's literally like a room you walk in and you can see like a half played game of D and D. I remember. Like, I remember that specifically, and yeah, I think it's that's crazy the amount of detail. The reason the well, la- people don't look. The the reason The Last of Us doesn't resonate with me is because, like, I I don't appreciate it. And again, I I think I view it as more of a technical achievement. And there is a lot of care there. And that game is gorgeous in its own way. But, like, one, I don't find the art direction particularly unique because it's just expanded upon and more definitely more uh, intricately done expansion of like the art direction of that world which is established already in the first game and i think all that stuff is really pretty and really well done but it doesn't it doesn't pop for me and it feel ends up feeling more of the like that is a really important technical achievement but it's not the most impressive art I, for this year to me well i mean i i don't disagree like lucas i i'm not like I don't have the energy to fight about that, especially when there's probably more love for Ori and stuff. I get it. I think that generally speaking, and I do this as well, when there's a very realistic game, I tend to um, dis, uh, not give it its due when it comes to art direction. And I I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right either. Um, when it comes to personal taste, I completely agree with you. Like, yeah, if there's just something else that does it for you, that's just the way it is, you know. But I think for me, I really try to challenge my ideas of – what art direction was. And I think that oftentimes if something's realistic, I sort of discard it. I'm like, no, realistic, that can't win best art direction. I need to go with something that's phantasical and glowy, you know? And um, so I don't necessarily agree with you, but... Fantastical, sorry. 
um, Fantasia. But uh, at the same time, like I said, it's not really worth arguing about because I don't have the energy to do it. And also I think that Ori seems to be playing well in the room here. And a lot of these I knew kind of going in with you guys liking a lot of these smaller games. I just don't have the energy to fight it. But I think Ori, uh, Ori would have been on my short list, like I said. So. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right, congratulations to Ori for Best Art Direction. Uh, An art direction so good, they made the first game look like shit. Let's see here. It's a weird take to have. You know what? Go back and play it and tell me. I did. I played it this year, and you are crazy. Did you play it before the new Ori? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's do the Patreon category. Best new... IP. Okay, so this one is just for you, Shay. Just for you. I had to bring it back. Uh, okay, so this one was pretty. Well, I wouldn't say it was easy. Like I said, I just knew that fighting for cyberpunk here was going to be a dead zone. Um, is it? I think it wins by default. Cyberpunk, big why? Because it's the only new IP by anyone who makes. IP. Um, <laughs> well, I would, I would, I was thinking that Hades would be considered more of like a best new IP um, uh, because it's. I mean, I guess, but they've only made unique games. There's never going to be a Hades two. That's why I didn't even consider it. That's silly. That has nothing to. The sequel has nothing. I, I to know, do with but it. that's the way I think of like this intellectual IP. property. Yeah. Like when when you tell me there's a new IP that makes me like it, it's franchise. It's like great. Oh, I'll see it yeah, again yeah, next year. Saying, and the saying. year after yeah. that. You know, that's that's actually that's interesting. And then they'll I'm, take I'm a year off. Discount that. Yeah. And then they'll remake the first one again. Whether I agree with it or not, I do see what you're saying because you have a new intellectual property and you want to. But at, technically speaking, that you're putting an assumption there. You're assuming that there won't be Hades too, and you don't there know won't that. Be. Okay, if mm, Supergiant has never made a sequel to one of their games, they're not going to start now. Yeah, but this is easily their most well. Okay, this is their most casual, friendly game. You know, and at the nah, same, I don't time, agree with that at all. Um, well, let's put it this way. You might be right, Rich. They may never make a Hades 2. I would say it's unlikely I based am on right. their track record. <laughs> but we don't know for if sure. If they make a Hades 2, I will eat this microphone. That's, we mm. think of something better than that. Um, no, 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 the, no, no, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Let, allow him, allow him that. The microphone? I just yeah. think that we could do better. That seems easy. Um, I feel like he said that like somebody who's eaten a microphone before. He's had practice. If they make <laughs> if, if they make a Hades two, um, I will eat one of those hot chip things on stream. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? Fine. I'll I'll take what I can get. Um, for me, honestly, like I really. Technical issues and all, I thought about the merits of awarding a game that has a lot of technical issues like Cyberpunk, even though I think it is a lot of that game is is incredible and a lot of it is flawed. Um, And on the PC, honestly, I didn't have any really technical issues. But um, and like I said, I have find it hard comparing the twenty five dollar indie games to the big budget games. That's me. That's my opinion. But I'd probably lean toward Hades because I do consider that a new a new IP and. uh, 
I really enjoyed my time. Granted, I love Mortal Shell as well. Um, and I know that wouldn't play in the group either, but I thought more, I was happy to see Mortal Shell get a Game Award nomination for a debut game. I thought that was really cool, and I was very happy about that. Um, I think if I had to choose, I would choose Hades. Um, I really enjoyed Hades. It was sort of like, Hades is kind of like having sex without an orgasm. Um, because I was really enjoying it. You had a good time, but your wife was disappointed. I just never could come because I could just never finish it. It was too hard. Mm. Until he was I having a good time, and Hades was disappointed in this case. Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't. I had a lot of sex. So I really not, enjoyed. You're it. not going to dodge that attack. Okay, it's a it's a choice. It's an interesting choice. <laughs> you you thought Cerberus um, was meeting you to cheer you on, but really he was just showing his face of utter contempt that you just couldn't mm. get out. I mean, seriously, I play a game for 30 hours without beating it. I'm just going to... It's like having sex and just never ejaculating. Um, I need to see a doctor. So, doctor, <laughs> which doctor. Which is the opposite problem that I have. Uh, so I would go... It's tough. Like I said, I consider AAA and the smaller games a little different, but whatever. I'll go with Hades. What do you got, Rich? Um, yeah, I ended up writing down a game that I talked about only probably a little bit on the podcast, but ended mm-hmm. up really enjoying, and unfortunately, uh, based off how they responded to it at launch, we'll probably not get a sequel. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, Curveball. that game felt like the proper evolution of the Rogue Squadron games, like, just mm-hmm. simmy enough of a Star Wars, uh, you know, space flight sim. It does all the shooty noises real good. Uh, it <laughs> simulates the cockpits real, real good. Oh, simulate the cockpit. That... I had a lot of fun playing the dogfight multiplayer in that game. It it, it does it, it is probably one of my favorite Star Wars games ever at this point, just in terms of like a replayable one. Like I, I've left that installed on my PC because I'll just jump back into it for a few rounds every now and then. It just feels so good and they are adding some support. They initially said they weren't going to. There are new fighters and new maps coming all for free. But I the way EA weirdly like put that thing out to die at the $40 yeah. mark, and now they no longer have their exclusivity deal uh, with the Lucas properties. I don't see a sequel happening, but I'll be hopeful, because that game is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm a little disappointed in you, Rich. I didn't think that you were someone who'd be a fan of dogfighting. Fucked up. <sighs> Shay, what's your pick? <laughs> um, well... <laughs> Youngest sibling. Um, I went with Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is what I went with. Um, I originally was going to go with Hades as well, but then I kind of considered the whole, um, is it likely that it's going to get a sequel as well? And I think Tsushima will definitely get a sequel. Uh, it's been wildly successful. It is an amazing Sucker Punch game. is most successful game, yeah? I believe so, yeah. So I could see them doing a sequel. I don't know in terms of narrative how they would exactly do a sequel. Um, Oh, I think it's pretty clear by the end. (laughs) I mean, what what I meant by that is it being as... How do I wear this? Like, as as He thinks it's pretty clear, Shay. It was pretty clear to him, all right? Why are you getting so angry? I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Please don't threaten to leave. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. But um 
And finally, you guys get what you want. A wanted. banner drops on Josh's camera. Balloons <laughs> fall. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I just think mission it's an accomplished game. banner. Is that confetti? I would love them to put more into the game or more, um, more content. Like getting a sequel to this game would be amazing. And for them to, um, just build upon what they've already done, fix some of the minor issues that they have, make the combat. <sighs> A little like the combat's solid to make it a little bit more engaging would be great. Uh, at the same time, I don't have too many complaints about the game, so to see a sequel that would just build upon what they've already done and make, tighten some things up would be awesome. So, I think it was a brilliant game. I don't want to say too much of it right um, about it right now, so uh, I definitely think it's the best new IP. Cool. If I could play devil's advocate, Shay, um, you did uh, mention on a podcast, and we all sort of agreed that the combat was more of akin to like an older Assassin's Creed game. It's sort of like Assassin's Creed Japan, if you will. Um, that, don't you think I said that, and it was a positive. Like everybody keeps framing that like I was bashing the game, but like that, I was saying that as a positive note. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, I did say that, and I still feel that way in some regards. The camera angles when you are fighting in the battles are pretty atrocious at times. They can be really fucking bad, and it's very detracting. But the combat, um, most of the combat's solid, I think. I, I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the combat. Serviceable. I enjoyed the standoffs. I enjoyed the various abilities that you get, like making your sword become a flame sword was awesome. Um, the, I can't remember the specific name for it where you press in the two thumbsticks, L3 and R3 or whatever you're playing on. And then you go into that, that mode, that samurai mode where everything's black and white and you start cutting everyone and blood squirts everywhere. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of cool things with that combat. Um, but yeah, the camera angles were super rough. I just remember you saying that it was, uh, if I've played Devil's Advocate, I remember you saying the combat was, in your in your opinion, serviceable. Um, do you think that a, be- a best new IP should have serviceable gameplay? Well, also to play Devil's Advocate, I changed my mind over time. <laughs> so I, I reflect, oh, okay. I did reflect upon it a lot more. Um, and you know, what's funny is if, if we had not gotten an Assassin's Creed game this year, my opinion probably would have stayed the same. But we got a new Assassin's Creed game this year, and I was like, wow. Never mind. Actually, the game, uh, the Ghost of Tsushima combat is definitely a step up, even from 2020 Assassin's Creed. So I think my opinion would have probably stayed the same had I not played Valhalla, funnily enough. And there, there's that appearance mm. for the show. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think the combat is a little bit better to moderately better than serviceable. So I did say that I did say that you're not wrong, Morgan, but just my opinion has changed over time. Well, I was just thinking about like Hades. It has incredible combat, you know? Well, we're yes. not here to talk about combat. Yes. <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you have for uh, best, best uh, new IP? New IP. New IP. Um, Again, Man 4. just because I because I think of IP as more of like franchisable, so, yeah, something that you're going to see more of. Um, I also chose 
Ghost of Tsushima just because I it's the only one that I want to see more of this year of of the like of the you know the two or three games that have come out that somebody might ostensibly make a sequel to um Well, yeah. I, well, hold on. I thought on the Chomping After Dark, you said the combat was atrocious and you weren't going to finish well, the, the game. The combat, it's not even necessarily the combat. The combat's not great, but it's also my major issue. And I've not gone back to check this because it's been months. And the last time I checked, they still hadn't fixed it. But the, the stance tips where they'd pause your goddamn game and tell you to switch to a oh, stance yeah. that was ab was worse was worse for the situation you were mm. in because the designers thought it was better. Um, was just absolutely the worst fucking tutorial I'd ever seen in anything ever. Because they came up constantly after you'd seen them over and over again and there was nothing you could do to stop it. Like for it them to was, go, hey, you're playing it wrong. And I don't need somebody constantly whispering in my ear to tell me I'm not playing the game the way they want me to play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. like, that one thing was kind of what absolutely ruined the combat for me. Like, I, I, it, it wasn't, you know, inspired or anything, but I think it was fine. Other than that, it's just that that one thing. Killed it for you. Killed it. And this is like, all stuff you'd obviously yeah. like to see fixed think- in a sequel. <laughs> I think, Hopefully, yeah, yes. Luck. Good. I think we all had different ideas. It sounds like I had a different idea of what IP was um, than you guys, because I'm surprised that I was um, that you guys were thinking like kind of a big budget thing that was going to get a sequel. I didn't know that was sort of an implication that. Well, we I mean, to have. like I think actual developers make games, um, but AAA developers make IPs, which yeah. is kind of sad, but. I don't know. That's but at least the way I but, think about it. When, I, well, when you say Shay, it's a new, you said the I, actual. Hold on a second, and, I, and I'm not trying to be. I'm sorry, Shay. When the when the patrons picked the category, wasn't it technically just best new game, and we assumed it was best new IP? Yeah, I thought There's, because best new game. I mean, they're all new games. They're all new games. Exactly. So, so I, I think they meant like debut IP. game. Well, that could be like a the thing. Game we're talking category, about debut, debut game. game. That'd be something different because there were first games for a studio that I would pick before this. If we're talking it's like tricky, best yeah. debut game. Obviously we were prepared for this very well. <laughs> I know. Do we, do we all want to do a best I, debut game? Just well, quickly. I mean, it's too late now. I mean, it's, I think it's new IP at this point. I think we're locked in yeah. there. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, would that change? I, my I, opinion? Well, I, I, I would think... have to considering this is it, their, fourth game I don't, yeah i get what you're saying but i just don't know you're just assuming like if they make a hades 2 one day then i'll look back and be like oh well this category got well wrong. that got that wrong. won't happen so it's fine <laughs> if they were to make a hades 2 one day does that change your opinion at all uh, maybe but i don't like in reflection maybe but oh. yeah i'm just asking questions yeah no I like really yes but i hades like, is not again, the game i, don't I want really... to go the way I see Hades 2 happening is about 20 years from now, the company gets sold because everyone is, you know, all the original members have retired. And fucking and Sony. It's farmed out fu- to a big yeah, studio. Sony, yeah. Sony decides to yeah. pay for Hades 2. Um, yeah. It's kind of the like way I see it happening. Stuff, just, 
that's about the only way it happens. Technically speaking, a new intellectual property could very well be Hades. But I understand. No, yeah, I I see that. I just like as far as it's just what I associate. It's a buzzword, and that's what I associate with that buzzword. Yeah, you guys are not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's interesting how we looked at that differently. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think if we're framing it in that light, I think Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima is the good pick, the pick that makes sense to me. Um, like it is the most franchise. It is a game I had a ton of fun with this year. Um, and I, I, as Josh said, it is one of those big games that like I am most looking forward to a sequel in. Like I'd like that's a great new IP. I'm interested in seeing more of that. Hmm. Yeah, I think it really just depends which way you take this. Well, kind of I mean, Josh voted for it, and he hated the combat, so he's kind of caught me. He's <laughs> trapped me there. He's basically trapped me by voting for a game he didn't like and didn't finish. So if I, I have no choice at that point. Cause I, and that's not exactly what I was thinking with the category. I mean, I look at that game as sort of like the summer blockbustery kind of game that is taking the sort of fan by storm because it's comfort food it's very familiar to them and it's very pretty but i i'm more in line with the critics about it being like an eight out of ten kind of game i don't but at the same time is very good if i guess if the best new ip is an eight out of ten then that's a really depressing year why why does it i don't understand why it has to be a 10 out of 10 to win this category i'm really confused about your logic I would just be hoping that it would. I mean, again, that's yeah, the general but consensus. we're talking also, about again, triple A really games good because you know they don't make anything higher than an eight out of ten. That's just kind of what triple A does. Yeah, I mean, the I, I'm, what I'm saying is that the general there were other triple games I definitely enjoyed more that were new. Um, like what? But I'm not gonna. I think. With Rich and Shay being so, I don't know what else I'm going to be able to throw out there. I mean, honestly, like Shay, I played Cyberpunk for a month and I I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't like it I more than that, than this. I think it's. I still haven't I finished I mean, it. I haven't gone. I think both <laughs> games have absolutely have issues, but I I mean, I think that if you don't think that one is more ambitious than the other, I think that's kind of crazy. Like, I don't think we should reward ambition you don't deliver on. I mean, but I again, think it I think only counts fair, if you finish the game. I, I think it's a fair criticism yeah. if you don't otherwise, want to reward a otherwise game. Otherwise, five year old would win the presidency every election because they I, absolutely I think, believe they're going to be president when they grow up. I, like I do think Ghost should get credit because all of the game was in the game when it shipped, in, including those is, fucking tutorials. Is, well, to be fair, the PC version of Cyberpunk seems to be being received really well, and I played through it for twenty five hours, and I thought it was fine. It is a so, seven out of ten. That seems a little extreme. It seems about right. It seems pretty generous. <laughs> but without maybe your fetish for Japanese films Tread and stuff, carefully. you might feel... <laughs> You're going to run into another Mel situation. I see it in your future. You, you, it's, just be careful here, man. Choose your words. Choose um, your words. <laughs> look, I... If 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 you guys are not going to vote Hades and I'm not going to get love for Cyberpunk, then I just don't have the energy to argue it. Like I, don't I absolutely it. think Hades I, is the better I, game. It's just no, I, I just, yeah. Like personally, I don't view that as I don't know. I just like I don't think of it as an IP as much of as a game. Yes, exactly. Kinda, Hades. There's no way yeah. in hell Cyberpunk even comes close to deserving this. Um, 
Hades well, is. I don't think that. I yeah, no, that your game has to be done for you to get this award. Um, no, see, and that's I, the problem. If you can always fall, that's the problem with. Well, an let's argument. just if you're having like a debate. It, you can always fall back on this whole gag about it not it's being a, done. It's not and a there's gag. There's nothing I can say about it's it. It's not a gag. Because there's there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, because can it's a, a, a huge flaw. It's a big problem. Like I, the PC version. I played the PC version, man. I love how he keeps using this as the argument because he played a little bit of it and it wasn't complete trash. Okay, console version. Five hours was not a little bit. I played a lot of the PC version. I'm just saying that I believe. uh, What I'm saying is you keep using this. Yeah, when talking to Rich, who played the thing on PC. Ambitious is the word you keep using, and I don't think ambition should be rewarded if it's not delivered on. I believe that they delivered on enough of it. I I don't don't think they delivered on all of it. I'm not saying it's not flawed. You can read my review at Zorchomp.com. I had a ton of criticism. I did, dude. I, I had to. It was literally part of my job was think, reading I your review. I think it's a very fair and honest review. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, what am I? if, if no one's going to be on board for Cyberpunk, what else am I going to throw at it? Like, there's no other new IPs that I can think of. If Josh is going to be on board for a game that he actively didn't finish and didn't like, I'm trapped. So there's no point arguing about it. I mean, really, I don't. Like, why? What am I going to do? I don't know. And it, like I said, I, I did want to stress to you, like, Hades is the better game. I just much, think we much all, better. Yeah, we, think... we all we all have this sort of image in our head of what IP means. And I think everything you're saying as far as the Hades stuff goes makes perfect sense to me, Morgan. It just doesn't fit that okay. for me. And I, I know yeah. that's not so, necessarily like wrong it, or right. If we took it that way, then absolutely it would be Hades. I hope I our patrons hear this and they cry. They cry and they're in their bed. Didn't they <laughs> like The funny thing about this is they probably all have ghosts. different ideas as oh, well. lunatics. I can't help them. They um, all love ghosts. They're going to be down with this, my man. Ugh, they're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> um, whatever. I don't, I really don't care. Like I said, I I think it's kind of shocking to me. I think if Cyberpunk didn't have all the technical controversy, I think we'd be having a different conversation, but I don't care. I really don't care enough. I think even if the whole thing worked properly, given what was done on both of them, Ghost is still a better game. Like The gameplay, the actual playing of the game, Josh, didn't you enjoy the playing of the game of Cyberpunk more? No. You literally said that the gameplay in Ghost of Tsushima was atrocious and you stopped playing it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but you were addicted to Eddie, Cyberpunk for weeks. Cyberpunk. <laughs> I saw you playing Cyberpunk for weeks. You were playing Cyberpunk it. for You're Josh really was like watching a train accident. He couldn't look away. Nothing wrong with the gameplay in Cyberpunk. It's it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's whatever. I don't care. I but just it's don't ambitious care. somehow. I don't care. Give these Ghost of Tsushima lunatics a game. Whatever. Never in my life has the eight out of ten been so beloved by we're here for you sucker no offense shay i love you this is not directed at you it's directed at other people i I didn't make the game and i don't get hung up on scores it's a great game i don't give a shit i I (laughs) got him (laughs) morgan uh, look i mean shay had i just i don't understand people i just some sort of weird japanese I i think it's just a case of a game being very pretty very 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 pretty and very familiar and people love comfort food and that's okay there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong That's with true. liking comfort food. You, you, no, no, Morgan. Yeah, you, you wander really the world doing um, side quests. I think that a lot of people and not do much focus interesting on, happens. Do focus on the mm. the the. I thought we were um, talking about Ghost, not Cyberpunk. Oh, I, I'm I don't sorry. Know how you I was talking about Cyberpunk. The, the Japanese feel of the game, 
And I think trying, you have a good point. Uh, trying to bait Morgan into agreeing with in me. In this past few years, would you guys shut the fuck up and let me finish? Um, <clears throat> Time frame on that? <laughs> I'm just He's going to quit. But anyway, <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I'm sorry, I made that one. I realized I made that sound way more serious than I actually meant it. But anyways, um, no, I think a lot of people in the past few years have really gotten interested in um, serial killers and torture porn. So it makes a lot of sense. I feel like The Last of Us 2 is also a lot of comfort food as Can well. Can you guys see people. my other monitor through the camera? Why would you say that? All right, Ghost of Tsushima, let's move on. Yeah, uh, Morgan, I don't know if you saw what Josh said, uh, and since you seem to be getting a headache from that, do you want to, do you want to take a quick break uh, after that category there? I'm okay, but if you guys want to break, that's fine. I just, I'm just trying to get us going. I know, I, I, it's still early, and I very much have to pee, so I, I would okay. love it if we took a quick Well, yeah, one. let's, uh, you heard it, Rich has to pee, let's take a quick pee break, we'll be right back. Okay. Everybody go pee. I'm gonna go pee. Break. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. We are back with more. Week two game of the year for the Chomcast. So far, we've been getting through this without too much blood spatter on the walls of our proverbial deliberation room, if you will. And that's good. That's a good thing. All right. Best, this is a fun one. Let's juice it up a little with some fun. Sometimes we like fun, right? Remember when you were a fun guy, Rich? Remember fun, fun guy? It, it only took two hours into the podcast, but we're finally going to have fun. No, no, I don't want to have fun anymore. <laughs> uh, remember when... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> remember we were having fun talking about mains being deflowered? That was fun. Fun for you. <clears throat> All right, best weapon. Bada bing, bada boom. I tried to have fun with this category. Past winners were, for example, last year. I'll just give you one example. Um, Last year, the best weapon or favorite weapon, it's always favorite, not best, was uh, Jesse Faden. It was kind of a fun choice from Control because her mind was a weapon. And it's always fun to try and grab those sort of slightly out-of-the-box choices because there's a lot of great weapons in games. I'm a writer. Words are my weapon. I'm a security guard. Weapons are my weapons. Well, when there's a game about writing, Rich, you can use that as your answer for sure. I Alan Wake. Oh, he actually uses a gun. I played that game. Nice yeah, but it's like a metaphorical gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, sh- it shoots pencil lead. <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite weapon of the year was my body as the man-eating shark in Man-Eater. That's right. I... 
was a man-eating weapon of destruction. Dude, you could have gone with bioelectric teeth and you went with me? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, not me, because I'm me. Um, One of the great things about man-eater is that you literally are a unstoppable force of (coughs) violence and destruction. And it's kind of ridiculous just how many people you murder, how many whales and fish you devour, how many boats explode in your wake. As you flop um, around on the deck. And I yeah. And I wanted to give Man Eater an award because I, I thought of a lot of cool weapons, honestly. There's a lot of fun weapons like the knuckles and Hades and stuff, but yeah. like I couldn't I wasn't anything super creative that jumped out at me, so I thought about the shark in Man Eater is the most dangerous weapon. Yes, you do upgrade its body parts, but it is still the shark. So <laughs> I went with the shipping from yeah. the What do you have, Rich? I went with um, a weapon that I thought was going to be a one-off joke, but I ended up using it for most of this game because it's a really great weapon choice for the main character. Um, for From Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh-huh. I went with Ichiban Kasuka's Big Back Massager. Um, <laughs> Ichiban's... Uh, weapons in the game are mostly BBM. blunt weapons, like a baseball bat and stuff like that. The big back massager is literally a baseball bat-sized dildo um, that Ichiban uses as a melee weapon. Like oh. it's get called a back massager, but we all know what we're looking at, and yeah. it is like some of the weapons uh, have a way of scaling up with you as you you level up, and you can upgrade them in that game. Unless you end up going for like the ultimate weapons for each character in the ba- end game, that yeah. is one of Ichiban's best weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, they have that in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. They do. Yeah, you have dildos you can throw. But people. it was also in a good game. Rich, what are we? Oh, you, you know, about I now? like Cyberpunk. I just got what a do, shit on. What did we tell you about having these opinions in public? <laughs> I'm supposed to. That's what we get paid for. Mm, we're gonna rewrite the contract a little bit. I'm sorry. It's in a uh, better game. Um, so the giant back massager that looks like a, it's basically a dildo, but it's actually a back massager because yeah. you kind of wavered back and forth between, between back massager it's and dildo. It's called the, a back massager. It is a baseball bat sized dildo. Okay. Okay. So do you think they're just afraid to call it it's a dildo? Mo- it's, I mean, they wouldn't no, call it a dildo. It's a, it's a joke. A, it's a vibe. It's, literally yeah, it's all a vibrators I get the joke. I'm just saying, massagers. like, why wouldn't you just... <laughs> It's a but vibrator. I mean, like Saints Row the... had the giant dildo, remember? I'm just yeah, surprised. Yeah, no, but it's, it's not literally a dildo. It's a vibrator. Okay, okay gotcha. A, so it's a giant vibrator, not a giant back massager. I think you're missing <laughs> the whole point of this. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm just, I just, I just, it's weird to me. Like, you could have a giant vibrator, too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, you no, but do... again, like what Josh said, like, all of those things are, for the most part, like, retailed as back massager. But we all know what the fuck it is. Uh-huh. Like I don't know, when I go to my local sex shop, it's a vibrator. Cute little right vibrating box, turtle. So. I bet it'll get out all the kinks in my back and my penis. Mm, I'm hot. I'm. We'll have to do creepiest category next, and I'm hot and bothered. Um, all right, Shay, what do you have for your best weapon, or I'm sorry, favorite weapon? <clears throat> yeah. So this category, I was kind of in the same boat you were, Morgan, where I was thinking of a lot of different weapons, and some of them stood out, and a lot of them didn't. I think I'd probably have to go with the golf club um, that beat Joel to death in The Last of Us 2. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm 100% I think you're going to do this bit when you told the me golf this club really... put in some work. 
you know, honestly, I, it's I, a joke. I will say it was <laughs> a good joke. It's a good joke. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. No, in all spoiler alert. Thank you for thank you for being uh for playing along, Morgan. Because yeah, I I didn't mean that. No, in all seriousness, um, this one's really out of left field. I was thinking about all the different weapons, and the one that one of the weapons that was the most fun to me was the suction gun that Dingo Dial uses in Crash Bandicoot Four. That gun was a blast, and it it made playing Did as Dingo like Dial so much fun. Yeah, being able to suck up all the boxes instead of having to spin them all. Like spinning gives you gives you a a sense of I, I don't know euphoria when you spin all the boxes in one spin. Now what HBO? I'm sorry, just I'm just out of context. Spinning gives you a sense of euphoria. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyways, it's very anyways, erotic. Uh, well, I mean, all these categories have been now streaming on HBO Max. Sucking up all the boxes. <laughs> Josh, how many drinks have you had, man? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's, I love the suck you a good immediately boss. went right back into that, and it was impossible not. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I love the I suck know. a good I box. did that on purpose, but no, oh, being able to gather all of those boxes with the In ability of the gun, is that better? <laughs> um, was really, really rewarding. It Just seeing them all go into your gun. And being able to suck them and being able to actually shoot stuff, <laughs> being able to <laughs> shoot the TNT boxes at enemies with a gun as well was also really fun. I really, really enjoyed any time <laughs> I got to suck as Dingo Dial. Sucking <laughs> has never been more fun. <laughs> that should have been on the box. When you Other play than... as Dingo Dial, sucking has never been more fun. Other than um, Luigi Mansion, uh, the vacuum in Luigi's Mansion last true year. That, true that. Mm-hmm. We could have had a, we could have had a suck off. <laughs> I come over there and suck you off. In one corner we have Luigi, and in the other corner we have Mister Hips himself, Dingo Dial. Who will suck the most? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mamma Mia! <laughs> oh God, that's a, um. But yeah, honestly, I uh, yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. I see what you're saying. I didn't mean to. Uh... Oh shit, it's not gonna work. All yeah, right, so um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, but I was thinking about the same thing from the office, the suck it thing. Yeah. All right, uh, so you went with the um, Dingo Dial Suck It Machine from Crash. And you Bandicoot. suck it. That's right. You suck it. Is it a vacuum or is it just a suck it machine? What is it technically? In the lore. It's the gun from Ratchet it's and Clank. I, okay. Josh, what do you have for a uh, favorite weapon of the year? Um, <laughs> Sorry. I need to calm myself back down here from all this sucking. Whew. Um, no. Uh, my favorite weapon this year uh, was the sword in Ghost Runner. Um, oh. Because it is very multi-purpose and extremely lethal. Um, and it feels real good. It feels real good. Um, like I mentioned this when we were first, you know, when we first talked about it, like it is basically Mirror's Edge, but with combat. I mean, it was combat and Mirror's Edge, but it, it's its own sort of weird thing that felt tacked on in that game. Whereas in this one, it's kind of the combat the sword is at feels least like half, a, the, half the point. And um, it feels like another extension of your, like it feels comfortable enough that it feels like another limb. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to 
like dodge around bullets and jump off walls and and all the other acrobatic stuff that you could do in a Mirror's Edge game, but with a sword to be able to plan out your routes is mm-hmm. yeah. really really satisfying. Um, like it, it feels so good to fight in that game, and then being able to use your sword to then deflect bullets back at enemies as well while you're doing that. Was, was that true that the Titanfall had some Titanfall developers worked on that game? Ghost Runner? Is that a true? I I read that I'd have to look that up. That, that, could, uh, that look, can very, I can that see it, very I easily can see be it true. as well as good as the game feels. Um, but I'd have to look it up to know. Um, yeah, I absolutely love how the combat feels in that game. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. I feel like they, they kind of add a few abilities in later on that aren't really even needed just because the basic just straight the sword you have at the beginning of the game um Mm -hmm. it just it feels so good um that i just i enjoyed that aspect of the combat the most i think it was just an inspiration i don't think the developers are working on but yeah that's that's one game that sadly it was basically described as uh like mirror's edge meets hotline miami meets titanfall which sounded pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Ghost, ghost runner. Sorry, that's all. I got. <laughs> um, by the way, someone had messaged me. I told you guys about this privately from our other episode that they heard us talking about Ghost Rider, and they were thinking of the Crossfire game ad from when you were a kid. Crossfire, Crossfire, and they uh, are very similar. They are surprisingly similar. They are. They are At least probably the same head. guy wrote both of them. It's, it's probably the same guy. Yeah, he's the jingle guy. Um. All right, so yeah, we're all over the place here. Um, what are we? What are we gonna do, guys? What are we gonna do? And I don't think anyone well, else think had anything that by... was on my runners up either, so that doesn't help us this time. Nobody liked the. I think we could just go with whatever made everyone laugh the most. I'm really glad that I'm not the only one that machine. like went for for the comical. <laughs> <laughs> like spectrum I, to be fair i <laughs> even though i think that the shark from many years is a fun choice i will say shay even though i wouldn't necessarily vote for this because of moral principles i really like the dark humor of the golf club beating joel i really respect the joke there mm-hmm. um so we should give it my, to that <laughs> it's my against my morals Look, okay do you want the last of us to win awards or not <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, Morgan. Fuck. People wonder why I I wanted to quit. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one, man. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Babe, yeah. Honestly, it's got a serious shot here, Morgan. Yeah, one. I mean, look, the. Look, press murder weapon. The problem is, even though I enjoy the dark humor of that, the way that plays, if I were to, like, promote the award or something, is very, like. It doesn't. It it plays with the crowd that would have mocked that when the leaks came out, and I'm not super. Uh, but I do like the joke. I'm saying I like the joke. I think it's a good joke. It's a nice. Je- it's a Jesselin kind of joke, and I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, well, now Josh doesn't want it to up, win. <laughs> my runner up was actually the summons from Final Fantasy VII. I don't, they I don't are. Would have that on I, I guess I wasn't. I guess I wasn't thinking of that in terms yeah. of all this, but like. <clears throat> They are one of the prettiest things about that game, and 
I really enjoyed watching them animate. Nobody likes the shark from Mania? I thought that was a cute choice. I liked it. I, I like that it. as it's well, actually. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Final Fantasy VII. I actually had Tifa's Fists as, mm-hmm. yeah. as one of the others that it was, like, because, yeah, her combat feels really good as well. But I would I would take the Knuckles and Hades over Tifa's Fist. I really like the the. I I would as well. For for the part of me that was taking it a little bit more seriously, I interestingly enough, I had the Nail Bat from Final Fantasy VII Remake on there, um, because it was more about the lore of that weapon, and I liked yeah. how they sort of repurposed a weapon that was in the original game for a very specific section of it. For any, I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but like that weapon, along with one basically for every other party member, exists as a weapon without materia slots that has like a bunch of other bonus damage stuff that is basically around only for the section of the game where your materia is stolen. Um, yeah. And they put it in remake in a different context and made it and uh, made the path to getting it interesting and made it a pretty viable and fun uh, weapon option for cloud. Hmm. You know, uh, one that would be, re- that's a, that's a good point, Rich. I think one that would be really cool. Cause it's one that we all talked pretty positively on would be like the mantis arms or the gorilla arms from cyberpunk both of those were pretty fun weapons yeah you know the mantis arms were pretty cool the blades well actually they looked cool but the actually using them was kind of boring the the gorilla but, the gorilla arms were actually more interesting if anything to me when i yeah. did mantis blades at first and I never tried the eventually it, it wore thin on me and i switched to gorilla arms uh, yeah. That allow you to do a lot more interesting stuff, like rip mounted turrets off. Yeah, the mantis and... arms. They end up feeling basically just like a katana, but you know, and it's like I have a good katana in my inventory. I don't really need. Yeah, it's just it's, it's one of those things. It's interesting in theory, but then in practice, like I've already got something that does basically the same thing as this. So they're just they kind of yeah. The only. I... The only time they felt particularly useful was that instance where you go into that nightclub where they require you to disarm. Yeah. And I had mantis blades at the time, and when I got into a combat encounter, I was like, disarm this, motherfuckers, and just launch the swords out of my arms. I, um, I maybe this is on me, but I thought the spirit of the award was more, like, really fun, weird stuff, like, um... Well, more like, memorable, basically. Like the That's Jessie was... and using her mind as a weapon, because there's yeah. a ton of, like, super serious answers I could give, but it's like... Yeah. I mean, how do you really differentiate those? There's a ton of good weapons, you know? Um, I, I mean, I if, some of them are better than others. Like, I mean, if, yeah. if we're going Hades, I think the shield probably... If that was the, the one Hades weapon, weapon that was on my short list. Like, I loved the shield in that game. Yeah. Um, as far as serious ones go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and the one that was a literal assault rifle, because yeah, I just thought I mean, it would be funny to have that on my short list. It's really Honestly, just what you I'm think not... the spirit of the category is. That's really what it comes down to, I think. I, I don't think so, but I, I I will say this, though. I'm not against Maneater um, playing as Me the either. shark as the weapon. is yeah, a bad I... choice either, because I actually, obviously that's one of the big, most fun parts of the game is flopping up on shore and just fucking some humans' days up. I know. I, like, I, I'm actually that. comfortable going with that as well. And again, Morgan, I think in this, in the spirit of what it seems, both you and I were thinking about this category that it would be fun to go with the more like funny, memorable stuff. I, I think Manier, uh, you know, yeah. you the shark is is a good pick. Yeah. No. Like as far again, and even a, it's a joke, but a, but b, it's seriously it's also correct. It's yeah. extremely <laughs> fun. Like flopping up on shore and eating some golfers, fucking slaps. Like I just. Ha- that's yeah, amazing. It is a really fun 
thing to do as far as like, I love like, hiding in the water hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it works both ways. It's a joke, but it's yeah, also. Uh, but I mean, if you guys would be cool with that, I'd be cool giving it to uh, to Morgan with the yeah, uh, let's do it. Shark, I like I it. I thought for sure you guys were gonna. I thought I was gonna. I thought there was gonna be a lot of meat eater on there, but I'll take it. Um, okay, congratulations to the shark from Man Eater for being you will, the, you dirty slut. You'll take <laughs> the, <laughs> best and the award for best shark in a leading role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, um, I prepared a pretty funny speech here. Let's do favorite favorite moment, um, and then I want to slide right into a dirty one, creepy moment, and then maybe we'll take uh, a little break. Put my kid in. Bed. Um, yes, father. I thought this would be a, a funny speech that I prepared briefly for. Um. No, let's do the creepy one first. I'm sorry. Let's do that real first. This is better. So this was easy for me. Creepy, mo- pervy moment of the year. This is a new category. We don't have any past winners for this. We started this just because we knew Rich was going to be a part of the show, and he's a big pervert, and we thought we wanted to do something Really? Because this happen. is the only one that I really <laughs> couldn't think of Your something. Legacy. Like, I had to like really dig to think of something for this, and I'm like, I guess I, I just know. don't play as many Honeypot games as uh, Morgan. First of all, I you mean, have to, to be di- fair, you did play Genshin Impact, Rich. Yeah, for about 10 minutes, and then I realized I wanted to shoot Paimon with rich, a gun. And rich, so- rich, there you rich. Go. You're trying to throw Morgan under the bus here, but we know you're just as big of a horn dog. Come on. I'm not. There's, just room, there's room, room in the, sex pit, in the sex pit Come under on. that bus for everyone. Listen, we're renovating the sex pit. Mm-hmm. We want to clean it up a little bit. Looks like a goddamn Jackson Pollock painting in there. Hmm. Um, I th- honestly, I think this was e- for me. It was easier than I. I mean, it had to be something from Cyberpunk for me because I was just there's so much horny in there. Um, That's weird. All right, and I mean, like honestly, it wasn't even fun because it was just too easy. Like there was only one game that had my britches tightening, and that was Cyberpunk when I was romancing Judy. Mm. Um, and I will tell you, I'm sure Pan Am was great as well, but getting to know Judy and that beautiful haircut she has and impeccable manicure and sexual style awesome shark tattoo and oh cool looking belt right around her perfectly ample bosom of sorts that's a weird Why place to you put have your belt, belt there <laughs> <laughs> what is this a final fantasy game it's, yeah is this, is this a final fantasy character like what um there, I mean, Cyberpunk has so many great sex She's scenes. From a and, like, sitcom honestly, from the seventies. It's where the belts go. It's it's a really cool thing for the. the we'll talk about in our call Call of Duty. Our, our Call of Duty. <laughs> our Chomping After Dark. Good God. Um, COD, not CAD. Um, that uh, yeah, the way you were way I personally romanced uh, Judy. She, it's really cool. She has you go on this little diving expedition and kind of look at this town that's like underwater. Well, you do that regardless of whether um, you're romancing her. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. it's just part of them. That's cool, and it, yeah, but that ends with a really romantic. Like, it just seems like a very like emotional thing to get to know someone. Well, it, it, again, it's still very emotional, and if you're not romancing her, you kind of leave on terms of like you're her only real friend in the city, and like for the rest of the game, occasionally you get like texts from her where she's just like telling you where she's at right now and what she's up to. Yeah, but imagine having that emotional experience, but then she gets naked and you lick her pussy. So that's uh, that's pretty much where I mean, 
It's it, I'm not I'm not being gross here. That's what happens. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and let me tell you, the way they handled that sex scene, mwah, magnifique. Um, sorry, Mag- Mag- is that Mag- a Pokemon? <laughs> magnifique. 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 Well, it's magnifique. Josh, right? if this show wasn't named Game of the Year show week two, it'd be magnifique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> magnifique. Is that magnifique. Simba's son? Yeah, is magnifique. No, it's Rafiki. Magna Mag Rafiki. Uh, <laughs> oh god. He's so like Rafiki, good. but he holds him up there with his magnetic powers. I mean, so I couldn't even find a, I, I couldn't even find, yeah. a, I, I couldn't even find a creative fun way to do it because it was just so obvious. So yeah, for me it was definitely romancing Judy, but there's so much perv in that game in a good way. What do you got, Rich? Um, mine was also Cyberpunk, the only thing Cyberpunk made any of my list for. Um was yeah fucking pan am in a tank uh for i think i i i I, i'm guessing yeah you you obviously didn't have the same experience there's a mission with pan am uh later on where you and uh you know her her nomad buddies end up stealing this corpo tank off a supply chain and um then you eventually end up taking it for a spin with her and if you are romancing her, you have sex with her in the tank while you both have your consciousness tethered to it. Um, and there's kind of like this weird flash. Like, it's a very weirdly shot, like, purposely, like, look at all these weird angles and, like, intrigue, like, sci- <laughs> sci- like it is the most cyberpunk-ass bullshit ever. Um, but I-, I think it encompasses this category a lot. Yeah. Well, that's the irony is that depending on who you romance, it's a very different answer, but it's the same kind of thing. Um, um, does anybody know what the gun on the tank is called? A uh, gun. No, like the big, the the main armament of the tank is the main gun. Sp- okay, I thought it'd be a funnier. I had a funny name. I was gonna say, did you stick your big whatever in her? And then so it's uh, a, it's a it's just did a you cannon. stick your big armament in her? Is it? What do you got, Shay? Um, I have a gun in my mouth. <coughs> Pull the trigger. I mean, um, jokes sorry. on you. Uh, I got two guns in my category. mouth. It's 2021, Shay. Come on, suicide jokes. No, no good. No good. That's true. That's true. I'm probably gonna get canceled. I apologize. Um, <laughs> for this category, I actually went kind of serious, and there was, I was thinking, I kind of had an issue that the issue. This that is Rich the one where you chose. And I went with Leonard getting together with Rachel Foster, a 16-year-old girl, while he was in his 40s, in the suicide of Rachel Foster, as easily Damn. the creepiest and pervious moment in gaming. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. That's very true. That's Especially fair. since everyone in the game goes out of their way to justify it. Well, no, no, no. no the game definitely does not justify it. The Did game you play Rachel Foster, does. Josh? You played it? Yeah. And they do not do a good job of framing that thing. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I I was not a fan of the way they framed that whole thing. Yeah, it is very creepy. Like you're saying. You fell in love, Josh. That's the, look, I don't, I don't, I I didn't take away that they justified what happened, but also their framing wasn't perfect either which is why i think a lot the game has gotten a lot of criticism um the the in in, uh, in general the story worked for me and the, the game made me feel 
super uncomfortable with um, those two getting together in that game. And I thought that that's what their overall intent was, was for you to feel how fucked up that was. And it was really uncomfortable. And basically the whole game, you're figuring out little bits of nuggets and pieces of this story here and there. And once you once you finally learn about that, it's really, really disconcerting and uncomfortable. I know this is supposed to be a funny category, but this was easily um, the creepiest and pervious moment for me. I was like, oh, man. Uh, what do I do with this information? And uh, it... I think it really the game attempts to tackle or attempts to tackle a really serious issue here, a few serious issues. Um, doesn't quite like like Morgan and I talked about in our chomping after dark. It doesn't quite hit the mark all the time, but it definitely has something to say, and at times it manages to do it fairly well, not perfectly, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't think people want like Ugh. for people who are sensitive to that stuff. I don't think they want it to be ambiguous. They want it to be like come out and say very much this is wrong. But, I mean, it, it destroyed their lives. they have characters come in and tell you over and over again, oh, they were just in love, like Morgan just did. Again, repeating one of them, I guess as a joke, but, like, they have characters in there repeatedly no, I... say, oh, no, they loved each other. The world wasn't ready for their love. Like... Yeah, but that's... Like, she was a child. But that's the whole thing is, like, those two care like the man. Obviously, he's an, a grown adult taking advantage of this younger girl. That's it's horrific, and the creepy thing about it is they did believe they were in love, probably in some sick, depraved way, and that's what makes it so unnerving, you know. And that's and there's it's just they leave it a little bit ambiguous. I think for that reason, I, I think to not get into this too much because this is a conversation. We partially, you more than you and I partially had, and we could have a different time. Um, to try and qualitatively define and understand love is a very difficult thing. It's something that I don't think anybody yeah. can truly do. Yeah. And I know in this situation, we can look at it and we can say it's really fucked up to imply that, you know, it was okay because they loved each other. I think that's fair to say. I would agree with that. I also think it's an interesting topic to discuss in greater detail even if it makes you uncomfortable even if it's fucked up and wrong and we know it i still think it's okay to discuss and i think we should Mm -hmm. we look at history we look at thousands of years ago and again not justifying here at all let's make that very clear that kings would marry 12 year old girls and like there's a hit there's there's points in history i'm just using a very baseline example here where Older men would marry young girls, and it's fucked up. Like yeah, we look at history. it, with... like definitely not modern day in Florida. <laughs> also fair, Josh. Well, and fair. and to your point, Shay, as like a nice summation there, when well, I talk I to the done. developers, <laughs> so please oh, don't sorry, hold on. Give me ahead. one more second. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, I I think it's just the way they approached it wasn't perfect. They should have said, look. It's a good topic to explore, but let's also make it clear that it's fucked up. I think they made it clear that it's a good topic to explore because there's dialogue to be had there. There is interesting viewpoints to consider, 
but at the end of the day, it's still fucked up. And you're right, Morgan, they did leave it ambiguous. And that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, and rightfully so. So, um, that I mean, that that for me kind of encapsulates why this was my choice for this list. Um, is it true? I was looking. Is it is it true that the age of consent in Japan, Shay, is like freakishly low, like crazy? So the age of consent, um, is fourteen in Japan. Um, however, most prefectures, it's kind of like state government and federal government. So mm-hmm. prefecture would be the state level. Almost every prefecture, not all, but almost every prefecture has increased that number to either 16 or 18. If it's 16, you have to have consent from the parents. Yeah. Um, 18, obviously, you don't need consent from the parents. But yes, uh, at the federal level, unless they've changed it recently, um, and last I checked, which was about a year ago, the federal age is 14, but almost every prefecture well, th- has ch- changed it in there within their own. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Even though a lot of people general, obviously consider that morally wrong, it's there's a lot of – like, for example, when the, the developers looked into Montana, it's very – I'm not going to say it's normal, but, like, you could have sex with a 16-year-old in Montana, and it's not illegal. It's it's the age of consent here. It's perfectly legal. The they're trying to show in the game that there was horrible negative recourses, not only just because it was an affair in their lives and, and their reputations, but that, that I think what's interesting about getting people talking about that is it is legal to have sex with someone at that age with, with no penalty. And I think some States are even lower than that. So that's just, it's yeah. How else are you going to have, what other video game is going to make you have that sort of conversation? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I I applaud them for opening the door for that discussion. I don't applaud them for the execution of it. Okay. Um, Josh, what do you have for your creepiest, pervious moment of the year? Um, the creepiest, pervious moment I had was uh, actually on Twitter where I replied to someone and you decided to make a dick joke to my reply and leave the OP tagged. Did I win? Did I win? The you won. Award? You actually won this one. Hold on. Let me find it. Did I really? Yes. You left the OP tagged with your dick joke to my reply. Was that bad? Yes, because yeah. the OP didn't give a shit about your dick joke about my reply. But they definitely wanted... got a notification about it. I thought everyone would enjoy the dick joke. That's why I put it there. What was the dick joke? Can you can you give us context? What was the Oh, it was someone was complaining about fitted sheets because yes, fitted sheets suck. Like none of them actually work properly. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was I was saying that I have to tuck mine in before bed because some somehow it's fucked itself up during the day with nothing going on in that goddamn bed and then again when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he says about tucking it in and I'm Yeah, a dick joke. and you had you had to ask if I was talking about my dick and leave the OP tagged in that because she definitely wanted to know that dick joke. Who's the who's the OP? <sighs> I don't even remember offhand. I'd have to go check, but yeah. That's the great thing about being in public. Trump. I think we should give it to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean you should at least I wish we had the actual tweet here. Let I'd me like find it. See. I mean I explained what it was, but 
That's fine. I love that's one of my favorite things in Twitter is just dropping in with some weird shit. I hope at least it was a good joke. I can't even open Twitter without seeing a Bernie meme right now, so it's a danger zone. They're everywhere. I know you can't fucking open any social media without a Bernie <laughs> meme right now. Isn't it nice? Instead of us all just, you know, it's instantly charming. doom scrolling about whatever shit Trump has said just now. Yeah. It's so yeah, nice. It's, so, much it's so nice to have complete fucking nonsense on Twitter again. It's nice to have Trump banned from the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Josh, while you find that, and I will say this, because uh, I'm always looking for some sort of a compromise. Um, Ashay, actually, you technically, I think you are right. I think that is definitely the creepiest, pervious, but it's also a very sad kind of a buzzkill, and I know that... Um, I don't know if that's in the spirit of the award. <laughs> I, just, I just think, yeah, that was not quite so fun. We could, if you guys wanted, we could just... Split it right down the middle and just say whether, you know, Pan Am or Judy, whoever you banged. I I think we could just say, like, yeah, um, sexual encounters in cyberpunk. Sexual encounters. Yep. Yep. With Josh is a very, very close runner-up. Sexual encounters on Twitter. (laughs) First of all, yeah, I think that kind of, (laughs) as as I wouldn't say I'm necessarily proud of it, but I wouldn't say I'm not proud of it. Say I'm just kind of indifferent the whole thing um but in the spirit of it being fun um so yeah congratulations to pan am in the tank and judy in that sweet little cabin uh by the and river yes river yeah yeah, river was a cool guy but i didn't i didn't take him up on the dick so i don't know it's like thank you for offering um i felt so bad i didn't mean to reject him but he was so hurt he was just like all right uh call you some other time i was like i'm sorry dude i fucking blubbering oh fool, just trying to give away his dick like oh I don't, wait. I don't need you to give away free dick man i bet he's got a big dick i bet river has a big it. dick when when you're a woman in that game does, is there an actual like pass like yeah there's there's a moment when as a uh male character we're like we were hanging out and i could like make a move to kiss him or like i could just like reaffirm we're talking be like and we're friends till the end or whatever and there's no like moment of rejection because it feels like it could go either way, but then you're like, yeah, we're we're bros. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe I did get an official pass, but I don't know if it was permanently passed or if it was a temporary pass, but it was very much like, hey, you want to get together? And I was just like, no, nah, man, not now. I don't know if I was like, not now or I'm not feeling it, but he was a little bit hurt. And I, I liked know, River. Man. River was a cool character. I liked him. Uh, River was, one, yeah, one of the side characters I liked a lot more, more so in that game. And his whole side mission... Uh, through line is super fucking interesting. Not to get yeah, hung up on that yeah. right now. The pig stuff, yeah, that was a good one. We need to, next year. We need a favorite side mission category. That'd be a good one because there's so many side missions and I think in the world these days. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's take a one final uh, pee I break. You wanted to do the, the you skipped over one, didn't you? Want to get knock one more out before we take one final break? I do, but unfortunately, it's eight thirty, and I have to put my kid to sleep. Oh, so well. uh, let's take one final pee break, and we'll be we'll be right back. The fuck was that? Ladies and gentlemen, this commercial is brought to you by Chomping After Dark, our brand new podcast where we deep dive on video games, talking about the story in full detail. That's right. But we don't just talk about games. We've also talked about many wonderful movies. We talk about things from triple A titles to indie darlings to movies that just plain made us laugh. Yes, we are still waiting for the cat's butthole cut. If you want to check it out, 
please head over to swordchomp.com or any of the major podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like, dang, I just want to get this podcast two weeks early, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can get access to Chomping After Dark two weeks early. All right, so we are back with the final chunk of Game of the Year, Week 2, on the Chompcast. Um, so we have a couple very narrative, kind of heavy cav- uh, categories here at the end of the show, which was actually, weirdly enough, not my intention. Some of the some of these I actually wanted to spread out a little bit, just sort of got bunched up that way, kind of jumping around. Um, so let's do... Favorite character. Um, so some past winners as a group for us. Uh, last year it was Edelgard, proudly representing in uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, years past included uh, Senua, Kratos, Nathan Drake, and such. Some more broad-scale, well-known choices, but sometimes that obviously is going to be more likely to happen. Um, even if someone has a more personal kind of character. This one, obviously, is going to come as no surprise. This is an easy tie for me. Joshua Fowler. Wow, great the... choice. <laughs> I am fucking great. No, I thank you. It was, thank you, it Morgan. was between Josh as my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite character, my <laughs> my rival. Um, he's my favorite character on the Chomcast that I love to hate. And uh, I really, that conclusion with him... At the very end, um, where you actually play as Morgan, it was just—it's crazy. I didn't expect that coming. It was really, really shocking. Um, no, my obviously no surprise here. My favorite two characters. This is the best place to use a tie. What better place in the history of my life to use a tie than a game that's split right down in the middle between Ellie and Abby, of course. It's, and I don't Ryden think that and Snake. You, well, yeah, that's true. But technically, you're Snake for an hour and Ryden for the rest of the game. Between so. God and the Devil. Um, it's actually a random note. I actually was listening to an interview where uh, Neil was talking about how he really enjoyed Metal Gear 2, but how he thought it'd be interesting if it went back at the end of the game to playing Snake again, even though that never happened. Uh, and vice versa, vice versa. But anyways, uh, yeah, so these characters, like, it's crazy. This might be Troy Baker's best performance in his career with with everything happens in the flashbacks and those sweet moments. How What he does during the scene where he's beaten to death with the golf club, as Shay pointed out earlier, <clears throat> for the... <laughs> he, he, he really gurgles like a <clears throat> champ there. No, I, there's a lot going on there. I, I believe there's... Some of those performances are just... They feel like real people to me. They don't feel like characters in a game. Oh, the performances and, in that game are amazing. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And the facial capture. And like like I said, it might be Troy Baker's best performance, and no one's talking about him because of Ellie and Abby. And Abby's been sweeping this thing, so it seems like a generic You don't think he was better in Death Stranding? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Okay. Um, All right. It was, it was a fun I don't either. So. I just wanted it. Yeah. He really chews that scenery like a rabbit chews lettuce. Oh in my Death fucking Stranding. god! <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you almost diverted me there. Don't you tempt me to talk about Death Stranding? So yeah, I got, I was really pulled into these characters. I Ellie, I really loved in the first game, but this game. So there's an interesting thing about Ellie that I think is worth mentioning for me. I like it in fiction when somebody 
is sort of flipped around in a very different way. Like, like if you ever see Jim Carrey play a villain, right? Or somebody that like does something really all like my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance. He was the sweet kid in Titanic. My favorite performance of his is Django Unchained, where he's like literally breaking that glass and just he is the most maniacal, racist, creepy plantation owner in uh, <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> In in Django Unchained, um, yeah. because it's very and it's weird to see Ellie, who's like this really. She's a little bit of a hard ass, but she's this very sweet girl, and she's she's so tiny, and she has her little converses, and she's turned into this converse eye, this <laughs> this monster, this murdering monster, and it's just such a weird thing. And I, I love that stuff. I love flipping it around because she does not look in any way, shape, or form like someone who's going to just murder everything in her sight. And I always think those kind of roles are very interesting. Um, and Abby is, and again, Abby is just incredible. Like the only way you're going to top performances like Troy Baker and Ashley, win all the awards she has is to just knock it out of the park. And Abby is like Laura Bailey just completely destroyed it as, as Abby. And uh, it's just, yeah, obviously I could yeah. retread a lot of things I've said over the past year here, so I don't need to. But um, I still think it's Ellie's story, and I still kind of lean toward her in a weird way. But I would, I would rather just split the award to use my one tie here yeah. because I mean, makes the most sense. It does. Oddly enough, those Converse are the things that pull me out of the game the fastest because those things hold up for all of five months currently. And if you have to wander around avoiding zombies and whatnot, there's no way, no way a pair of Converse would last you more than two weeks. I like a good canvas sneaker, baby. I don't care. Mm. You know, I'm in it for the style. Are true. But but even something like 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 a like a samba, at least those will last you a year. Mm. Yeah, I don't wear garbage, so mm. I guess that's and, just where the, where the problem yeah, comes Converse, in. Converse are the shoe that falls apart faster than literally anything. Um, yep. And I buy almost these converse. I almost buy them exclusively. These are like a legendary drop converse. So these were exotic Mm, drops that fell. Okay. They have a, it's a purple engram. Yes. It's a purple engram. It's not your standard converse. Okay. So I'll leave that here for now because there'll probably be some other stuff I want to talk about later. But, uh, I know some of that is due to the technology that they have with naughty dog mapping those characters on like an unreal level. But yeah, I feel like, it's no surprise that they're at the, at the top of their game and, and Troy Baker as well. So this one was obviously for me pretty easy. And I'm very happy to see all the love that Abby is getting around the world. Um, because Laura Bailey really feels due for, for something like this too. Shout out to critical role as well. Um, Rich, what is your favorite character of the year? My favorite character of the year of 2020 is Ichiban Kasuga from Ichiban. Yak- Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh-huh. Um, Ichiban was an interesting choice for me. I really fucking fell in love with... I already... I love Yakuza. I always have. Um, I think the changes that they made in this game mostly pay off and end up making it a really inviting place for new players. And just an amazing game overall. But Ichiban is a kind of fantastic character because he is so different from uh, Yakuza protagonist of past, Kazuma Kiru. Uh, he is like the polar opposite of him. He is not this tough guy. Uh, he's not the big dog on the block. He is the sort of asshole 
Kiru would beat up in the first act of one of the other Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. But he is like infinitely upbeat. He is He's got an afro. He's got a pretty dope fro uh after they screw up his haircut when he gets out of prison. Uh so it's old that, boy. No, he, was, he, he doesn't get out of prison. He gets out of a home prison. It's different. He is like this infinite loyal, infinitely loyal guy who is just unwilling to accept that the world would deal him the shitty hand it has. He is this fucking nerd that views the world through the lens of a Dragon Quest game that he's obsessed with. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he, I don't know, he just... At first, he almost seems annoying, but then he, as the game progresses, he just comes off as infinitely more charming, and I, I really do hope, uh, going forward with Yakuza, if we keep going off this path, I hope we see more of, uh, Ichiban Kazuga. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I figured that's where you're gonna go. Every time you say Ichabon, I think of Ichabod Crane. I didn't ever say that. Hold on, (laughs) hold on now, Morgan. That's what you think of when you think old boy. That's what concerned me as well, Josh. Fucking Christ. Hey. You look, think I, about I, the remake. No, I I like the original movie. I, I love the original as well. Like that, that scene with the octopus will like haunt me till the day I die. I'm just, and I'm not saying the American film is a better film. I just Good, really, not. really, really, really like Elizabeth Olsen. And, she's, and she has a sex scene. WandaVision now streaming on Disney+. Plus. There you go. Yeah. That's but what honestly, you should the watch her because that's the yeah, amazing. It's, Pretty great performance. It has um, God, I forgot forgot that his name. He's a great actor too. Um, it's it's not a bad film. It's just like it doesn't have the flair of the Japanese film. Josh Brolin of the Japanese Josh film. Brolin. Yes, yes. Of the Japanese um, film, he says. What is it? A Korean film? What kind of film is it? It's Korean. Korean. Okay. Second guess. Um, I'm sorry, Josh. I I didn't have my exact reference. Okay. <laughs> Um. Okay, Ichabod Crane from. Stop doing that. <laughs> Ich Ik, no Ichiban, right? Ichiban. Oh my Ichi. god, are you doing this on purpose? So, no, I. So he's. Come on, it's not the easiest thing. About Ichiban. Okay, it's Ichiban. really not. It's actually a very common Japanese word. Ichi. Okay. Yeah. Ichi is the number one. Oh, Ichi. Okay, see, Shea says it more like Ichi, and you say Ichi. His name is Ichiban. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure Shea that's... pronounced it a little more Ichi, but he's from Japan, so I trust his pronunciation. Yeah. He's not from I'm Japan. I'm not from Japan. I'm from <laughs> America. He lives in Japan. Live in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, though. Would you say, would you pronounce it more like Ichiban it's or Ichiban? Ichiban. E. Ichiban. Yeah, it'd, it'd be It's Ichiban. really somewhere in between yeah. the two, but it's closer to E, okay. just like any other Latin romance language. I'm just trying to learn. Just trying to learn, yep. guys. And then Bon um, is the place counter well if you're going to start a new Ordinal. franchise Ordinal. for yakuza Number. you want to base it around a very likable character i'm excited to play that game well, on the ps5 I, I mean that, that's just the thing to say you want to base it around a very likable character it like he is he is so the polar opposite of kazuma kiru and kiru is an incredibly likable character he's number one dad but ichiban is likable in a totally different end of the spectrum way yeah mm-hmm. more of a schlubby sort of well way and I'll, I'll take the back you don't think you have to be like well actually i think that's a really dumb thing i don't know why i said that but i will say this when a lot of people might be playing this game for the first time they might not even know who that other weird name you're saying is from you know um, he's from yakuza <laughs> yeah but i'm saying most people might be trying this for the first time they might not know and so you have to have a protagonist that's like 
uh, starting, you know, they're not going to have that baggage of comparing him to the other being very different than the past of the Cusa uh, protagonist. That's what I'm saying. Um, so that's interesting. So cool. Okay. Um, Ichiban. There we go. Uh, Shay, what is your favorite character of the year? A uh, roach from Fun. No. Uh... <laughs> 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 uh, you you no, love to um, hate him. This one I almost gave my tie to. I loved a lot of characters this year. I want to shout out just a quick few of them. Qualic was one of my favorites. Um, Kotun Khan was one of my favorite. I think he was the. If we had the best villain of this year, he'd easily take the cake on that one. Mm-hmm. Very very cool yeah. villain. For me, it was God. my favorite awesome. character went to Norio or Norio from uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I think there are a lot of amazing characters in that game. They all have super fascinating storylines and character development. You can't go wrong with any of those characters in there. Uh, Norio, I really liked his character because he was this he was this person who just was very much trying to be of his faith and to himself. And just looking for simply to give thanks to nature and thanks to the earth and um, to kind of just be in his commune. But he also had something a little bit different. He was a battle monk. He was one who went to war to protect what he loves if he absolutely had no other recourse. And that plays out so masterfully in this game, especially with how the story develops. I'm not going to say anything about specifically what i'm talking about because where the story ends up is so gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and And we talked about that that on the spoiler cast for anybody who does want to hear about it exactly exactly um i just thought his his character like so many of the other characters in the game goes through some development and it's cool that you kind of get slapped right into the middle of each one of these characters as they're developing it isn't like you see where they start to where they go. It feels like you're literally being put right in the middle of it. Like you're, you're right on the precipice of them making that change. And sometimes it's for the better and sometimes it's for the worse. And sometimes it's a lateral move. And with Norio, I just, I loved where his story went. I loved his general demeanor and his good natured heart and everything. It's just a character that I really connected with and I didn't expect myself to. Yeah, I remember after that podcast, uh, his the ending of his story did sound interesting and pretty dark. Um, I went to, I put in, I went to check out the, I wanted to finish. Um, well, I forgot her name already. I'm sorry. She was like one of the few characters that I actually Lady Masaka. Yeah, yeah. And I was, it was just, I liked her as a character. I was just a little frustrated because, like, I feel like the beginning and the end of a lot of the arcs, I didn't do all of them, obviously were the most interesting. I just felt like for hers, for example, there was like, it said like, oh, this quest has seven steps. And like the first step and the last step, but like the five in the middle were just, well, we won't have that conversation again because we did on the spoiler cast. I completely disagree with you on most of her stuff in the middle. I find fascinating as hell. You you don't do anything. You just go somewhere and kill guys. It's not, there's not a lot going on narratively. Like it was, there is a lot going on narratively. That's the whole thing we disagreed upon. Like, I I don't want, I don't want to have that conversation right now. Uh, cause it's not Anyways, even relevant to I, this. 
but yeah, his um, Norio's stuff sounded the end of it sounded pretty interesting for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's great. All right, uh, Josh, what do you have for your favorite character of the year? My favorite character this year, which she's existed since before this year, but like the game is done now, um, is Shannon from Kentucky Route Zero. Shannon, um, who is kind of the second main character you meet in that game mm-hmm. um, yeah. um who she is a tv repairman um who is trying to help you on your quest to find you know to help you deliver your final delivery um i remember she yeah yeah um and her story i feel kind of mirrors the themes of the overall story better than all the rest of them of like the whole idea of uh, the the story is kind of America. The poem is, is what the game kind of as a whole ends up being about. Mm -hmm. Um, and her whole story is like just from start to finish is about capitalism, taking something she loves and killing it over and over again. Um, from start to finish um, and seeing the way she deals with that, the way she keeps moving forward um, is just really, really inspiring, but extremely well-written, um, just really relatable. Um, mm-hmm. she, she, yeah, just one of my favorite characters. Um, from this year, um, from from several years, because she, she's you know existed since the first episode of Kentucky Route Zero, but kind of I've not really put Kentucky Route Zero on much of anything until the game finally wrapped up this year. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird because it. Yeah, like so the the story is like finally seven. done. Like the, we finally know where it's going. Um, was it seven year, ten years? How long was it? I don't remember. It was uh, crazy. seven years. Seven years. It was twenty thirteen. Until 2020. Um, but yeah, she's just one of the characters I've loved all through mm-hmm. that game. And seeing the way the story wraps up and the way her character just, you know, continues to move th- forward through everything. Um, yeah. Just, just a character I fell in love with. So. Awesome. Shannon from Kentucky. Yeah. Right. Zero. I, that sounds kind of like similar to the. I remember last year my my character of the year was Clementine from the uh, Walking Dead series. So I kind of it's. I feel like that's kind of like in in similar lines to it. Just like you you've experienced this character for such a long time. So, mm-hmm. but having really their story cool. wrap up, you can really like say fully like you've seen yes. the character arc, and now you know that you'll remember them as one of your favorite characters. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great choices. Um, yeah, it's going to be now diff- we deliberate. This one's going to be difficult to come to a consensus on. It really is. There's just like nothing in common here. No. Let me go to my so, let me go to my short list to see if there's anything else. Did anybody else have a catchy Goro? I had Chandlo. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> On the short list there. How do you guys feel about Kotun Khan? No? I liked him. Okay. Yeah, um, I liked him. He wasn't one that really came up for me when I was thinking about this, but, like, in terms of good villain, he especially in that final act, um, is, I think, where he really shined through. Okay, well, that's... Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Shriek? From Ori. Possibly. I oh. mean, the big, the big bird vag? Why, what's your play there? That's a really good character. Really good boss. Yeah. Really good villain in general. I didn't... Yeah, I've I've played a lot of that game. I haven't gotten much other than the scary oh, bird. Oh, you flying. didn't get We're, to the develop... Oh, there's, you get so much no. closer to the end. Like, they, they don't give you a lot until you get yeah. closer to the end oh, there. Oh, okay, okay. Dude, there is one of the most heart-wrenching cutscenes in recent gaming memory with with Shriek. And that's all I'll say. It's mm. fucking heartbreaking, man. Mm. Yeah. Shriek was another yeah. one on my short list. Um, yeah, I had Shriek. Chandlow is the only other one that we might have consensus on, although Morgan wasn't a big fan. Um, I Several characters in Hades I'm, are on there. I am a I large fan of Chandlow. I mean, I I don't have any problem with any of these characters, but I mean, it's there. It's there's there's just no way you can compete with Abby and Ellie. So, what about Pan Am? Pan Am is a fun character for sure. I'm a Judy guy though. Huh. What about um, Johnny Silverhand? No, I can't even say that one. Jonathan Silverhand to you. <laughs> he goes by John now. My massive yeah. cock. Oh, about Johnny Silverhand's massive cock. That's the character of the year, his massive cock. Um. Hmm. What about Jackie? From well, yeah. I don't look. If we I, have to pick around like this, I don't think we're going to get consensus. Probably. Yeah. This this one, I don't really. I have no idea how we're going to make a consensus on this. Like it's just we're I mean, all over we, the place. We've picked a consensus every year. That's that's yeah. dumb. We'll find one. Hmm. We'll get it. We'll get it figured out. But it, um, I'm with you. But if you have to dig that far down in the barrel, I mean, well, we're we're just 80s, throwing names out here and seeing what sticks. I, I I feel like yeah, we we could find a winner in Hades. Um. Or it can... Well, fuck, wait. No, I know. That's going to bring up the same same argument as last week. But yeah, I feel like... I feel like two. Yeah. Mm. I don't think so. I liked Hades a lot, and I liked the characters, but I wouldn't... It's not something I would consider for this category, personally. That's like the whole narrative, though. Yeah. Like, several of the characters in Hades I mean, like I said, I want a character that's fully... We'll probably disagree on this, but I want a character like I'm kind of spoiled by these characters that feel real in something like The Last of Us, whereas Hades is just a still of a it's just a little still image, you know, and a voice and they're fine. But that's, you know, if we're going to split up in smaller games and bigger games, I would be okay with that. You know, if we're going to do like a smaller game and a larger game, that's fair. But it's like it's I told you guys this before when I felt bad for the Cunningham when at the at the awards because it's like he you're not seeing the emotions in his face. You're not. Of course, I have an imagination. I'm not like some well, sort of. I mean, dullard, you're, but I'm you're, just saying you're, it. You're talking more about performance. Then is this an award for character, it's or is this a part award of for... the character? Part of the character is the performance. You're gonna dis. You're gonna discard um, the performance. Jo- no. Well, but I, I mean, don't like, think the whole thing hinges on it. From Hades. Well, like, my thought there is, 
Which one? No, no, no. Sorry. I was the character existed before the movie was made is essentially my argument there. Like for what are you talking about? Character? For, like for any, performance. Any, anything as far as performance being a part of the character, I Yes, but it adds something. But it's not the whole thing. Yeah. Um I can understand with you not being always on board on board with Ellie, even though I don't disagree with it, but I thought you weren't you on board with Abby? If I had to pick someone from The Last of Us, it would yeah, be Abby if, over if Ellie. If anyone from The Last of Us, it would be Abby. Because she's like the only one who has an arc. Everyone else Or Lev. Yeah. Or Lev. Like again, I, I feel like Lev, Lev is Lev great, was, but I don't feel like there's enough less, of Yeah, of just Lev. way less going on there. I it's love too what small Rhett of a Lev role. represents too, being a the trans character in that discussion. But yeah, just a, such a, a smaller part. Smaller. Yeah, yeah like that's experience way is great. less of the story. But I just well, yeah, I don't feel like there's enough time spent with that character for him to really uh take that spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I if I'm being honest, I I could be comfortable with Abby. Like I feel the performance grappled with what that that character is the best part of that game. Absolutely. And also and also I really dislike the game, but most people who dislike the game dislike it because of Abby and absolutely fuck those twats. Yeah, no, that the Abby is not the shortcomings I have with that game. She is the best bit of it to me. Yeah. So like I, yeah. as far as a character in that game that I would be absolutely in love with, you know, getting our award there, like it would be Abby. And yeah, like I, I could fold in on having it be Abby just because like, it's not the most, it's not definitely not my personal favorite character of the year, but it's a strong character. Um, the strongest character in that game and a, just a strong character overall. Yeah. I, Abby got me through that game. Like had that, like that. Yeah. I would have given up on that mess earlier on had, you know, the Abby sections not come in and just been a breath of fresh air through the game for, for that, that section. Who did you have in mind for Hades though? Before we just pin it to Abby. Um, I actually really like Hades. Like, I feel like he's got a really interesting character. You're trying to figure out through the game and you've got a really, and once you have the revelations going with, with Hades as, as a, as a character. Once you sort of learn him as less of a pure fucking dick and more of like a misguided dad trying to do his protect you in his own way, um, I feel like his character arc He's really misguided comes misguided, and he has a lot of insecurities that come out later on. Yeah, yeah. I feel I like I feel like it's a really well. really cool take on Hades as far as you know Greek Greek mythology goes in general. I feel like they did an excellent job with that character. Um, so like that would, yeah. that would probably be the one I chose from Hades. If we did, if we did go that direction, I agree. I I mean, he was on, he was on my short list. Um, obviously I went with the other three as being closer, but he was definitely in the, in my top five. Um, same. And I don't know. I'd go with honestly, Abby I, or could, Hades I could see either one of those two, fun. honestly, like I really enjoyed both those characters. I, I yeah, I enjoyed them both. I, I think it's good we both mentioned them. I mean, since we all feel sort of comfortable with that, I I know Morgan feels incredibly strongly about Abby. 
And I would be willing to to go with Abby on this one if everybody else is on board with that. The only pro the only problem with that I see is like sometimes these awards are brought up as like evidence in the future for for potential <laughs> arguments we have in the future. So that's my only concern here is like because at the end of the day, you, just nipping nipping whatever shit Morgan's got planned in the bud is that your your thought here? Hey, I'm doing that. <laughs> He's really trying to cut you, cut future Morgan off. You got to plan well, ahead that, for these things. And also, my problem is when we mention, like, well, it's good to mention it, but then that's all we're doing is mentioning it. Like, it doesn't get accolades here at the end of the day. Yeah. And honestly, I think both characters are great. I think, honestly, I've been pretty kind watching you guys step all over the most decorated game in the history of video games for the past two hours. <laughs> um, I mean, they wouldn't need to well, decorate something you, solid underneath. I'm going to warn you right now that the, the next several categories accidentally bunched up to be a lot of Last of Us energy that I've been saving. This, quite frankly, is the reason we had the discussion last week. Like, we, this shouldn't even be a discussion. There should be no discussion. That's I feel like a ridiculous this, assertion. This is why I'm yeah. saying I think you guys are going a different direction. Like, if you guys cannot see how incredible that character... Now, Rich, you're being pretty reasonable about it in this case. But we shouldn't even be fumbling around with Hades. Like, and, and not to mention, I spent 50 That's hours with the game and I haven't assertion. seen shit on Hades. It's it's not even close. Well, but, that's um, largely due to due to incompetence, and I'm not trying to be here, but that's the truth. It's that's not um, that's not that's not true at all. Uh, that's not it's it's a game I mean, that's designed to be I incredibly saw, difficult. It is it, yes, it is in, supposed to be designed to be incredibly difficult. But I've gotten within the time slot you're saying, the 50 hours, I've been able to get everything a, a large portion of Hades story which is what you're supposed to get not necessarily in a specific amount of time but I think that's all dependent on gameplay I mean you could say the same thing about Last of Us 2 if you get if you're playing 50 hours and you're just struggling with the game and you don't know about the difficulty settings or you're just getting lost exploring the world I mean that's time isn't relevant here is what i'm but saying see, that's, what, that's, that's why i don't like these indicator. that's why i don't like these conversations you're making a case you don't believe in we had a specific conversation about how difficult hades is and you're throwing this last of us thing out there it's absurd you're just making the case to make it the, that first of all I, there's a ton of difficulty options although hades has the god mode as well but you know as well as i know that it's far far Less difficult. I've been playing games since I was a kid, okay? My difficulty level is a very fair barometer. I'm not some casual person just walking off the street, okay? But that's exactly my point. Like, more of a business casual only, person. There's only so long that I can go in my life devoting my life to a gaming podcast, sitting around talking to three people I don't agree with, looking out into the world and saying, I feel alone in here. I feel like I'm in a prison of crazy people. When I look outside, I see people that agree with me. And that's that was that seems like that's what's making this so frustrating. Think about like how anti-vaxxers feel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So it's no, just... Morgan, you weren't supposed to agree. With that. <laughs> no, I was. That was another beating situation, sense. Morgan. You walked into this one. I just. I. That's why I think some of these consensus things are so silly. Because there's like literally, I have never looked at three people with more shock and horror in my life. We're not talking about don't the, you the Final have Fantasy like Sunday fishing dis- game. dinner with your family not, every week. 
I just I, 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 my soliloquy is almost over and I'll shut up. I'm not talking about some weird obscure fishing game or something funky I'm into. We're talking about the pinnacle, as Greg Kasavin said, for the, the writer of Hades, state of the art, the pinnacle of electronic entertainment, the most decorative video game in the history of video games and one of the most impactful games of my life. And I had to sit here and watch you guys skip over it for two hours. I've devoted my life to talking about video games. I'm embarrassed to put this product out there. It's embarrassing to me and I am not enjoying it. Um, here's what I, here's what I'm going to say. These, these two games are up there consistently in the top lists. Hades has made a lot of people's top lists. It may not be as decorated in in awards. Point to you for that. I don't really care about that, but point to you for that. That's fair. It is consistently been one of the top games on a lot of people's lists. So if we don't even discuss it, we're doing exactly what you're saying. We're being disingenuous to video gaming as a whole. You know, we've been doing this for as long as we have been. And to not even acknowledge that, to just completely ignore a game that has made a lot of people's top lists would be, A, disingenuous to the three of us, not you, and I understand that, and that's fair. Um, But it also be, I think, incredibly misguided with what we've been doing for the past X amount of years. So I I get your point. I get your point that you feel like it's you against the three of us. And it's unfortunate because I've definitely felt like that many, many times um, when we do these um, when we do these selections. It sucks sometimes. Sometimes the, the way it ends up is not the way you feel. And I understand that with this game in particular, that this game, how passionate you are about this game and how little appreciation it's getting from the three of us. I get that. Um, I'm saying simply in terms of this ca- this category specifically, I think that both of the characters, Hades and Abby, have incredible development. I really do. When you, if you had experienced it, Morgan, which I understand your point, it's not completely invalid. Hades really has a ton of character development, has an incredible arc. Most of it is very in the like the last bit of the game like uh, the the significant parts of it come when you make it out so um i I get you not experiencing it but as shay said like i i I do agree that we're doing a disservice to not at least have the conversation because these things are worth talking about that's yeah that's not what i'm saying though it's exactly what i was talking about earlier comparing well you said this shouldn't even be a conversation well as far as the the favorite characters were your exact words it shouldn't be but um it absolutely should because you're comparing the, I just don't like how you guys disregard all the, I just feel like you guys are just a little too underdoggy. Like I love what Hades does. It's one of my favorite games of the year. Definitely would make my top 10. I think they do a great job. Like, but that's my point. It's a game that's operating on a smaller scale. It's the character is literally just a screen and voice work that's obviously a little bit kind of asmr as my wife would put it, with their little lispy. But it's just, there's, for a small game, yes, I think they did a great I job. I think it's but a great job for any game. If you're comparing it to, if you have two great characters, 
and you have one in a small game where it's just a still screen and voice, you cannot compare to a great character in a game that has every level of sure attention, can. detail, rent. You cannot. Yeah, you can, that's, that's why all the characters from silent movies were so much more well fleshed out than everything that came out in a novel at the same time. It's dumb to compare them to me. It's stupid. Well, that's my point. That, that's the thing again. If you're, you want to give, if you want to give Hades best small game character, I'm okay with that. Because they're operating on a smaller scale. It's like seven people or whatever. I don't know how big Supergiant is. It's, it's a lot more than seven people. Uh, it's pretty It's pretty small. It's pretty small. Um, and again... Just... Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Sorry. No, I don't want to interrupt you. I apologize. It's just... It, it pains me. It's, it's very painful for me to watch. Like, it's literally... I think Hades is a fine character. I do. But it's still... There's so much that's lacking from that character compared to other characters because we should consider everything when it's just a screen, a still picture and a vocal performance. I don't feel comfortable comparing those two because Abby is literally Laura Bailey's giving her life to that performance and everyone bringing her to life. And she's a great character. Ellie, every single, honestly, Ellie and Joel, I would take those over any of the people in Hades as well, because it's not fair. It's not fair to compare the two. To me. Well, can I just say, you keep saying it's not fair, it's not fair. For one, I- I'm on your side in this particular category, but, like, you keep saying we're not giving it a fair shake, but you just want to write something off because it doesn't have AAA production values. How is that any different? Exactly. That was that's my issue I don't want to write it off. I, that's exactly I what you, you, I, your words were. It shouldn't even be a conversation. I, I, I think I expressed what I was trying to say in that moment poorly, um, if that's what you took from it, and, and that's on me. Um, but what I meant was, I think I'm expressing my frustration with how these, not just how these words will work because of you guys being so like-minded and different from a lot of stuff, but also how we're comparing games that I feel like are very different on how they operate. I just, as I, I just don't like it. I just, I'm not a fan of, cause it doesn't seem fair to me. Like I'm never ever going, like if I'm not saying that. If it's a triple A AAA game, it's always going to be better. Absolutely not. But if you have great characters in a triple A game and all aspects of the technical and production values and the fish capture are working for them, it's going to affect you in a powerful way that a still screen of a character cannot. And if you're if you don't agree with that, then that's why I think we're going different directions. That's what I'm saying. Because it's I mean, like yeah. one of them feels like a real person. And the other one is just this picture of a face, man. Well. Have you to, heard of to books? Be fair, they're different. I'm not saying one. I'm not saying it's bad, Josh. I'm just saying they're different. They are different. They're inherently. You're different. You're saying it's I better. Think... No, exactly. Like this is. You're you're Hold insinuating on, through all of this okay, that. Go ahead. Yeah, that you're clearly saying that the AAA one is better. Like you've said that over and over again. Like. No, if if you have Full two stop. great characters, yes, they are better. Yes, no, they're not. It's no debate. That has literally nothing to do with it. Is everything to do with it? No, it doesn't. You can um, flesh out a uh, turd all you want, and it's still a turd. It's not uh, a turd, though. That's it's my just point. The most Ellie is not a turd. Joel is turd not a turd. Abby is not a turd. Right behind that's those my point. horse balls. Is Abby a turd? Is Joel a turd? How are we going to skip over those people? <laughs> You're just you're, you're throwing your agenda in there. That's well, what I'm saying. So here's here's where I want I want to jump in. I want to jump in. I don't. 
I see what you're saying, Maureen. You want to you want to give credit to the actors and actresses who put more of themselves in there. I think it's kind of, it's kind of in some way it's you quantifying that where it's like in Hades you have voice acting and that's exclusively it. Whereas The Last of Us Two, they had motion capture, they had voice capture, they had uh, training, they had obviously choreography training, they had all sorts of things that they did to make those characters come to life. I understand that. And I'm not in complete disagreement with you. I think it's impressive to put that much more time and energy into a, a game to make a character come to life. I do. I also think it's equally fair to say that that doesn't make a character better. And I don't think that is fair to say that it makes a character easier to connect with. Because we all connect with things in different ways, obviously. And I think that's why we have this discussion, these discussions in the first place, is we reveal our, our original choices because it shows how each of us vastly fell into different areas in gaming throughout the year, and then how we can all come together to, to find some sort of conen- consensus. To say that, it's, that we're being underdog lovers or whatever, that's not exactly how you said it, I know. Uh, is not I do love the underdog, but I also think that doesn't downplay our opinion of Hades. Hades has, or any other characters that aren't triple A budgeted. I think that's really, really disingenuous and unfair. Hades is again one of the most appreciated games of this year. Just because it's on a small budget, does that make it any worse of a game? No, I don't think so at all. And I don't. I'm not trying to take anything away from Abby which I feel like you're thinking we are trying to do. I'm not trying to take anything away from Abby by saying Hades is just as comparable. I think the voice actor's performance is awesome. And I think that the story, the way it's written, helps that character develop in such a cool way, much like Abby. I'm not trying to take anything away from either character. I know that you may feel that way, and you may feel like inadvertently that's what I'm doing, but that's not what I'm trying to do at all here. I'm saying that they're both awesome characters, and simply, their character development, is, character development is amazing, and I could see it going either way. That's all I was trying to say here. I wasn't trying to shit on anybody or anybody's choice or any character. And, and, and I get And I honestly, I appreciate you saying that. I think you made your point really well. I will say very briefly in summation that I think we're – to some degree, there is something we're agreeing on. If you had the characters in Hades, right, written the same way, but they had the ability to – emote on that level and and that's my point is that you were sort of weighing them both and my point is they are they did the they did the best they could with what they had which is a still picture and writing and i applaud them for that but i can't compare a still frame character and a great character that has everything to me it's just not a fair comparison so i can't even hold them both up next to each other and weigh them out like you were calmly doing and i respect that i'm saying for me that's if I were to ever lean toward that still frame character, I'm throwing away all of these progressive things for video games, which are bringing characters to life. And it just feels very like, I know there's people out there that want to do that. And I'm not pointing a finger at you guys. Maybe Josh. I love you, Josh. Um, but there, I feel like there's a lot of people that sort of want to poop on the AAA and the progressive and the production values because all this character needed was a, a screen and a voice. And I loved them. They were the best character of the year. Ugh. Hey, and I don't I, sound like that. 
I I res- I respect the argument, but that's my point. You're if you ever give the if you ever give a small character like that, because there will be great AAA characters. There are great characters in Last of Us. There are great characters in several games, Cyberpunk and stuff, and they are fully emoted, fully rendered, and brought to life. I feel like that's I, where the I, nod has to go. I, I, I and again, like uh, that was my main point, Morgan. Was I'm trying to say here. I don't disagree that you, Abby, is great. I'm saying, sitting here saying I do think it should go to her in this instance. I just don't agree th- at all that it's not comparable. And yeah, I think it's ridiculous no, like, to say we that it's not. We were literally all about to give it to Abby, and then you decided to bitch about it not even being a concept, which is just complete fucking bullshit. It's not, and I respect it, but it's not bullshit to me, Josh. And that, But I'm trying to explain to you why that is. We can disagree on that. But I I look at it as an unfair comparison because I feel like they're they're just different resources available, and I feel like what they're doing in Hades with limited resources is is something you should applaud. But I also feel like to applaud that over something that's also great but has all the resources, like that just if you really believe Josh that all the characters in The Last of Us are not worthy, why does anyone write books anymore? Like, obviously, the one that has hundreds of people working on it and spending billions of dollars, those are just better. There's no reason to write a book anymore. But we're not comparing books and film. Those are two different things. Right now, we're comparing video games. People all the compare same narratives all the time. People compare characters. Like That's it's, not what we're doing. We're comparing We're comparing games. characters. That's what we're doing. We're comparing Tonight, video game characters. Video games. Yes. That's, that's, I'm just trying to get this on it. I want people listening to think about how we compare things and whether it's fair, whether it's right or wrong, and how we're doing it. Because I think that's what I think a really lot about. overthinking this in a way. That's my, that that's my job. I want to overthink it. I, that's the whole point of this. I want us to think about like... And I, I am thinking about it, and I think that you saying that they're not comparable is literally insane. I... I and I will you fight honestly for the guy, lean into that respect. step a bit further and to say that calling Last of Us too pro- progressive with the characters and not calling Hades progressive just because the budget is really shitty. To be honest with you, I don't take it personally, but I do think it's shitty because how? the way how? the characters, also. the way the characters' development in Hades or the way the characters develop in Hades is something that I've never quite experienced before, and to call that not progressive because of budget it's kind of shitty if progressive on a small scale maybe you can make that case. it doesn't matter the scale it does to me and that's and the that's, point i want people to think fine, about that again this is a group award so it again loops back to it should at least be talked about well, that's why I'm saying I'm getting sick of being in this prison. It's in, it's madness. It just feels like it's always the little guy. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I'm perfectly okay with acknowledging Hades on its own plane of a small. If, if it's always been about the little guy, look at all the the characters that won the awards the past few years. They're all from AAA games, except with Senua. And you could even mm-hmm. make a case that that true. is quote unquote a AAA game. It's at least all been AA. That's no, no. There have been a lot of smaller characters, and usually it's because you have Kratos, to sort of our character that has from I didn't even like Kratos. A <laughs> I didn't even like Kratos. I got fucked on that one. That's fine, but I'm saying that all of our choices have been from AAA games. For you to sit there and say that we're just selecting underdog and smaller picks, look at all the fucking history of the characters I'm... we picked every year. 
I'm that's, not talking you're, about you're, every You're playing year. apologist and sympathy about, here. That's not the I'm case. I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about our full history. What I'm saying is, and every well, year we sit down You don't get to be selective on that. You don't get to make a blanket statement and then I fucking do. select which parts do and don't work. That's not fair to our fucking discussion here. Come it's, on. It's, it's fair in the sense that every time we sit down and do this, Shay, I'm trying to reevaluate how I'm approaching it and why I'm approaching it. I'm not trying to fit. I'm not, I know what you're saying, and I respect that. I'm just trying to reevaluate why I feel this way. Like, okay, why do I feel the way that I feel? Because these characters feel like real people, and this is like reading a book with an, with an audio log. And that's and you're right. They do some cool things, especially with the narrative in Hades, wrapping it around the idea of a roguelike, right? But again, I just feel like they're comparing app. It's like Josh said, his book metaphor. I agree with, and he made my point right there because we're not comparing books and movies. We're compare. Did. Hold on, we're not comparing books and movies. We're comparing video games, but in many ways, it's. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. We're just comparing games. If we were having a podcast and you're trying to compare a book, your enjoyment of a book, to the best movie of the year, I actually would agree with you, Josh. But that's my whole point, is in many ways, Hades is kind of like a book with, uh, with voice acting, whereas The Last of Us are also great characters, and they're fully emoted, so I don't even... My point is this. If you have two great characters, you can never lean... Why would you ever lean toward the one that is not fully emoted, fully voice acted, fully technologically appealing? That's unfair. I have one rebuttal for that. Do okay. you prefer Jamie Lannister from the book, or do you prefer Jamie Lannister from the TV show? Uh, I go back and forth. I The Game of Thrones okay. books are... But again, that's the execution... You know, permission to treat the witnesses hostile? <laughs> if that's, I that's think it's a fair example. I would, say, I would say generally I prefer Jamie Lannister from the books. I will say that for sure. But that's, okay. be, but that's also because the way the show executed him at times. It's not the best. Not the best. That's not, that's not so much about like this Jamie Lannister feels more real. It's also he feels real, but he's not as... But when did you see the, the last fur us, physics were, they had on his coat? Like every time he's wearing a coat with fur on it, it, it looks like a real coat. Josh, it, it is. It's a real coat. He's a real man. What? It's a re- no. Yeah, you can Google it. Are you sure? I mean, at the end of the day, I think we've all made the points we want to make. Make and any any more discussion is going to be circular. Yeah, there's 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 no there's no. I I still mention that think it's Abby. Is yeah. a, an amazing character as well, and if I'm we, glad you did, if the four of us agreed on that. I think Hades would also be a fine choice. That's all I wanted to say from the beginning. Okay. Yep. What's next? Um. Let's see here. Let's do. Let's do favorite. Uh, God, he's just gonna be. You guys are. Uh, maybe I was preemptively arguing with you guys. This is gonna be nasty. Okay, let's do a favorite moment. Cool. I had yes. this. I had this soliloquy planned, but um, <laughs> maybe skip it. No, I I gotta commit to it. So. All right, man. All right. You do you. I, I respect that at the very least. It doesn't Same. feel quite as. <laughs> it doesn't feel quite as enjoyable now. Um, it started off by me going. <clears throat> hey Rich, remember when you said The Last of Us Part Two was forgettable? And then you're supposed to play along. It's a bit. I don't. I, was, I don't think about that game. And then I was going to go. I do, Morgan. <laughs> I do. I do. Go ahead. I was going to go. What Ellie and Dina? 
finding that pot room and making sweet love? That was forgettable. I actually don't remember that. Joel brings That's literally the Joel first time being, I thought about that since it happened. Joel being brutally murdered and heartbreaking. Well, we talked about that earlier. Well, I remember yeah. that because the internet wouldn't shut up about it. Uh-huh. Riding on a horseback through downtown Seattle and playing Take on Me with Dina? Did you forget about that? I'll too? give you that because that's that my favorite awesome. part of that game. Seattle is my favorite part of that game. Was the it epic chasing? Were you in the car with Jesse after Hillcrest and you're running over oh. all those crazy oh. infected? You remember uh, that? Yeah, nothing, nothing the like car a goes turret in the water? sequence to get the that's blood pumping. That one's all right. What about what about when you get in that little boat and it's Wind Waker esque and you're floating around that giant? There's nothing Wind Waker esque about that. What? Yeah. They're very much so. You're fl- there's a giant flood area of town. All those massive buildings you can approach, secrets, c- arcades you can explore. I don't there's know what big version of wind, like, wind Waker you played. You're in a boat exploring. Is that when it's raining? I think yeah. you played the that's remake yeah, where it's actually sequence. a let's play. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's that. There's that giant train in the middle coming down. What about um? What about when Ellie, a pregnant woman got brutally murdered? Do you remember that? Was that forgettable? Watching Joel was a pregnant. pregnant? Woman get killed. Oh my god. <laughs> And I haven't even started Abby's. Was it forgettable when she and Lev crossed that gigantic fucking like way above the hospital and that one of the most intense oh, sequences that, that I've ever seen? That was my favorite part Remember, of Spider-Man. That's was a that cool forgettable bit. too? Why are you getting so the, mad the, at me? I just helped you on the last category, you jerk. Or, or mm. the Resident Evil style boss. He like, already committed. He already on. committed. I did. I actually, this is a lot longer, but it's going to be annoying if I keep going. Um, Resident Evil style. This is actually 12 pages. <laughs> it really is. Because I am floored. But the the reason I'm getting to this, and this is the tweet what is, I sent out. What is the one you think is the best moment is essentially what I I, I know this is leading to. So why don't you I'm just building, tell us? I'm building up. Yes, yes, yes. It's that, um, it's that part part where you hit B. I think I think stuff like the museum the museum was like so heartfelt and beautiful where they're pretending to That's go up. That's a good one. It's just it's inc- the part for me, though, because I'm a morbid piece of shit, I That's guess. That's not it. God damn it, Morgan. Is, I thought you picked the best part of the game. The mu- if you picked the museum, I might have fucking fought for you, my man. No, I mean, I, I, the museum was in my short list, but I have to be honest with myself here because uh, this is a very personal category. Um, <clears throat> there was a <laughs> – the tweet I said said, there is an encounter late in The Last of Us Part Two. I had to go find my old tweet. Sorry, it took a second. Between two characters, that for me is hands down the most gut-wrenching face-off I've ever experienced in a game. Not even a little bit close. The bar for what this medium can do for me emotionally has been raised forever. I have never felt anything clearly, in my life. Oh, oh. Clearly, you didn't play the end of the co-op Splinter Cell. After emotionally investing myself oh, in Ellie for as God as long as I did, and then playing Abby and loving both those characters and empathizing for two of the most incredible performances in the history of games, and then they keep you playing Abby and they both want to kill the fuck at this point Ellie has become the prey she is not the predator anymore because Abby finds her pregnant friend and her boyfriend murdered and she fucking loses it and she's a scary motherfucker let me tell you and you've been Ellie the whole time Ellie hunting down well suddenly you can see that fucking Ellie wants her fucking she wants to kill her so bad but now she's being hunted you get in this fight in the back of the fucking uh, theater. And it is lit. I didn't even know what to feel. I didn't want Abby to win. I didn't want Ellie to win. I didn't want anyone to win. I My emotions 
were exploding. They were choking each other. Like if you, I fucked up a couple times. I watched oh, Ellie yeah. get brutally murdered. <laughs> brutally Hot. murdered. It was, and the then they don't let you kill Ellie. God fucking damn it! Thing I've ever seen. I don't know. I don't know what your anti. First, of all, why are you so anti Ellie? I don't understand this. Um, we'll talk about that later. I. Uh, <laughs> so yes, everything the collision, that harrowing collision course, is all leading up to that incredible. I guess a boss fight, in a way. Yep. And We're not. You, that, you're you in the wrong category. The bad. Finally. No, no, there is no big bad, Josh. You just... The big bad <laughs> is man. There's no big bad. The big bad is the friends we made along the way. You could say a little bad, but she's not just that bad. And I did not even know what I was feeling, but it cannot be described with human emotion. So I'll just say that my body was... I was tingling. I was shaking. I didn't even know what to feel. I had to put the control. I wanted to put the controller down, but I didn't because I had. I wanted to see what was going to happen so badly. And if it wasn't for Lev, keeping her from losing her man, she would have probably. Uh, she would have probably murdered a pr- another pregnant woman. <laughs> a lot of pregnant women would be often in this game. So that for me it was the one. Although yes, I do agree as far as the heart. I mean, statistically, moment goes, there were probably at least two dozen others. I, I do. I, maybe. Just, they just didn't know they were pregnant. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they get consistent medical care at that point. And as who's to say many female enemies as there are in the game, you probably kill a few dozen pregnant ladies. I still can't even describe what I felt. It was just there's. You'd imagine they'd like be that. in a hurry to repopulate in the post-apocalypse. You're probably right. Yep. They can't get let pregnant ladies off guard duty immediately. They just don't have that many people. Mm-hmm. Rich, what was your favorite moment of the year? Um, so I had had a, a short list, which I narrowed down to one, um, and it is a, a memorable, impactful moment for me. One that I think is flavored by a little, little flex of nostalgia and seeing this rendered in beautiful, uh, fucking gorgeous graphical display. Um, the first time you go to Aerith's house in Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm. um, yeah. Just again, like that, that always in the original game was made to pop and be like this one pretty section in Midgar. But in obviously, like the visual fidelity of the remake, like it's just that much prettier. Like it is, it stands, everything, it stands out that much more. Yeah. Yeah. And it is everything your my brain kind of filled in the gaps on as a kid, just like fully realized. And it feels like this safe haven amidst this fucking nightmare city. I'm proud of you. It's the first time today you've brought up the remake. It was the last. It's the beginning. Yeah. Thanks. We're the last one. <laughs> it was, um, uh, there was, uh, it was almost a Yakuza thing. It's true. It's true. No, no, I mean it no. for this. It was literally almost the, <laughs> my backup is, is a Yakuza thing, but um, that one yeah, would, the, would certainly have no chance of uh, winning. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I remember your tweet, and you said something about it feels like going home. I remember uh, putting that on the Instagram page. You mm-hmm. did do that. It's true. Um, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel about Aerith? Did you? Did you? I don't remember. Did you like her voice? No, I think I can't remember if we talked. I, about I liked her voice actor. I know. Split I, on her I, voice I, I know bit. a lot of people aren't like great in her. Like, maybe it's not what a lot of people imagine, but I, I mean, it worked for me. She's. I, I think they did a good job of portraying her sort of like steadfast, like I'm not going to wait around for someone to save me 
and a lot of that is more flavored by her past and things like Crisis Core and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But overall, I liked her performance. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the major sticking points for people because again since it's since it wasn't a voiced character to begin with how you initially read a character makes a huge difference yeah um going forward like to how you interpreted this character and Aerith, I, especially for me like i felt like she w- with a voice actor now feels a lot younger a lot kind of young Bubblier. and plucky sort of a character than than i initially read her as more like kind of has been through some shit with everything going yeah, on with Shinra. I, I want her to be a little more relatable. I well, think a little uh, more. I think there's more resilience there is the thing, because the fact is like, not everybody knows this going in. Cause not everybody has the experience of crisis core. She has been through some shit. And that yeah. is like where her resilience comes from. Of again, I think one mm-hmm. of her main things is like cloud is kind of floored by her. Like she's not going to wait around for somebody to save her yeah. because she's done that in the past. And yeah, it I, didn't work out. I think the characterization works. I think like specifically the voice because she does. She is. Oh, she just. Yeah, she yeah. still seems really young, really upbeat, really plucky. Well, she's like supposed to be what sixteen? Yeah, I don't know. Just like just again, like the way I initially read the character. Yeah, you read it. Yeah, yeah. Just it's just it's yeah. Just the way you first imagined it is going to make such a huge difference. Um, and I think some people are going to have a hard time. Like I, I read her very differently, but I also st- I really like the direction. They went. With I think remake. I initially read her as maybe a bit more oh. soft-spoken. Uh, and I'm sorry I didn't mean to send you on that tangent, Rich, but yeah, thank yeah, you no. for that. Um, Shay, what would be your favorite moment of the year? Um, I wanted to make a joke, but I've made enough today. Honestly, the the moment that stood out the most for me, which I was really not expecting it, one of the moments, I should say, not the moment, but one of the moments. Um, this one almost had a tie as well. I almost said the first time escaping um, in Hades. That, that was, was my number three. With, mm. That was one of my top yep. ones. But the top one for me was the parade in Offbeat on Crash Bandicoot 4 was my moment of the year. And the reason why that is is because I grew up playing Crash Bandicoot. That is one of the games that got me into play, the PlayStation 1. And throughout the years, I've consistently come back to those games to play them. I love the Crash Bandicoot games. Um, the good ones, I should say. Not a bunch of those very rough ones in between uh, Warped and Now. Oh, I should say Crash Team Racing and Now. But when I remember when I was playing that game and it's in the, it's in the bayou area and you hop up on the little arrow boxes and you get up there and it's just super fun and vibrant, which was... Is such a different setting for a Crash Bandicoot game, and you have all these cameos from um, different games, um, like Spyro the Dragon, for example. You can see Spyro in the background as one of the balloons. It was just such this peppy, cool vibe. The music was amazing in that segment. It was super colorful. Not that Crash Bandicoot games aren't colorful, but it was just super fun. And you're you're jumping from like a a set of piano keys to on top of a drum. It just like everything was It was the Skylanders that did it for you, huh? All those Skylanders floating it in the was, background. Oh, no, <laughs> not not so much the Skylanders, but it it was just a cool segment and it was it was like, wow, yeah, I am actually playing a new Crash Bandicoot game. 
And there, there were a lot of really cool and imaginative, imaginative, fun levels in the new Crash Bandicoot game. And it's not going to get the credit that it deserves this year because it's such a niche thing nowadays. But the new Crash Bandicoot game was amazing. Granted, the achievements and trophies are insanely brutal, and I, I, I don't advise anybody try and go for those. It's a little too difficult, and it asks a little bit. Time trials of- are unfun in that game. Yes, they are. Um, they were um, they were more fun we should... when you had the dash button in the first three games. You don't have the dash button I, anymore. We didn't, and the way to do it is insane. But um, yeah, insane. That tangent uh, we aside, didn't, we didn't love, mention it, but um, but, the Crash Bandicoot art direction deserved at least a mention in the art. It's it looked great. You're right. Yeah, it's a shame. you're right. You're too late now. Right. Scrub that from the podcast. It is, it is too late. Honestly, same with Josh. Edit it out. Playroom, no. So um. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was amazing. Final Fantasy VII had some amazing, um, moments. Just because, like Rich is saying, to see the moments that we grew up with fully rendered was incredible. Um. Honestly, that Skybridge section in The Last of Us Two. Loved that, and the museum section in The Last of Us 2 were both incredible as well. Um, it Can Fell, uh, the ending of that game, has an incredible moment. There's so many, so many good moments in gaming this year. I know a lot of people, I don't, well, actually, I don't know this for sure. I don't know how a lot of people feel about 2020 in gaming, but I thought it was one of the strongest years, for sure, in recent memory. And it's also par- partially probably because I played a lot more games this year because of the pandemic. And it was and the only way I was leaving my house. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would that you shot. I did not see that coming. You surprised me. Good. That's all I aim to do. So the parade sequence from Crash Bandicoot 4. Number one, I, when you were referring to the escape of Hades, were you talking about like the tenth escape, like the, the first, the, the, the escape? very first, the first time you get so out? Rewarding. Yeah. Okay. It really See, is because me. it's it's a you finally achieved what you thought you were going to do, and realized that your dad was kind of right. Like, yeah, you're not going to get anything out of this, and have to start all over. But but, it, but also at the same time, I think it's impacted by like how different the color palettes are and stuff. When mm-hmm. you get out and all of a sudden it's like, no, I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, you finish the game, but like it, it, it instills immediately such a feeling of, oh, I need to do this again. I need, I need to get back here. Um, like I wanted to get out just to get out before then, but now I have a reason. Like you, you can I, connect more with the reason that Zagreus wants to get out there, once, there once were, you escape the first time. Yeah, and I, I think I was actually between when I was thinking about Hades, between that the initial moment you get out, and between the the last time, quote unquote, you get out, when Hades just sort of steps aside. I feel like that's an impactful moment where he's like, "If you want to go, just go." Yeah, yeah. I think they're both strong and kind of in their own ways, but I, I I personally thought the first one was just like super strong as far as because it feels like you did the thing, but then wait, no, you didn't. Yeah. I'm surprised it was that high for you, Shay, because I know we both had to use uh, Josh's cheat code to get the hell out of that <laughs> game in 30. I just felt dirty using that exploit. Well, it's kind not of, an exploit. I, it's I don't still... think that makes it any less impactful. I mean, for me, I, if someone, yeah, I, for me, I always feel dirty about it. So mm. I, I mean, well, that's because you need to shower. Really you don't, because any time that you've had to look up a puzzle in a game to get past that next segment, it's the same concept. 
but I don't I don't do that. And, and Liar. When I do, I feel like a shithole. I don't like it. I don't like that feeling. <sighs> but only because I did I didn't want to ask for help, and I finally had to ask for help. And then, no, that's fine. Like then again, I, like I mean, we talked about this at the time. There's there's so much depth to those systems that figuring out a build, like a direction you want to go with something, is like. A, it's it's fun. Like it's a fun puzzle because you've got so many different options there. Like I'm sure there are better ways than the way I initially told you to get out. No, that's the, first the best time. way. You can just stand there and do nothing. And I can just stood in well, front of Hades can, and slapped his Well, you can, but for dick. that to work, you have to you have to play it fast. Well, yeah, you have to play a different way. Like okay, like I know I'm going to take some extra damage at the beginning, but I've got to make sure that I stack up my dodge as fast as possible. So like let's yeah. let's just pretty, fucking yeah, blow easy. through the beginning, and yeah, it's just it's you you play it a different way. So I immediately after that feeling dirty about that, I was like, I'm gonna try my the uh, I'm gonna try a new combination, and I equipped the thing that was like plus thirty percent from a distance attacks, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna put that with the bow at fifteen percent critical, and I spent a week and I couldn't beat it, and then I threw my fucking switch into the fucking Missouri River. So there you go. Missouri River go there? Yeah, it is the Missouri River. Huh. Josh, what's your um, I mean it makes sense. Uh, I just hadn't thought I'll about that. Fish it out of the Missouri River and, and you just kinda you kinda it. tune out that half of the country. No. Well it's not worth listening to. Okay. Um Josh, what is your um favorite moment of the year? My favorite moment, oddly enough, I had a few video game endings because like I I've mentioned several times that video game endings are notoriously shit. And there were several good endings to games this year that I really liked, like Hades, and I I loved the ending to Kentucky Route Zero, and uh, Wadham was the end of last year, so technically on this year's stuff, but um, just excellent endings to games that just kind of actually fulfill on the themes and everything you're going that that's that's happening like they they end mm-hmm. extremely well um but since we're explaining what the things are and i don't want to ruin those amazing endings uh a go play those games go play Wadham. go You're play allowed to ruin them. Kentucky game of the year. yes but also i don't want to and also there were like still amazing moments that i enjoyed outside of those um the one that i landed on was in super liminal um there is I've I, I mentioned this before. You are essentially lucid dreaming through that game, and there's a segment where you start to have a nightmare because you can't escape, and you have essentially kind of come back to the beginning of your dream over and mm-hmm. over a couple times at this point, and it's starting to get to you, and you start to have this nightmare where everything in the dream world is dark and twisted. Um, but again, because the whole game is built around these perspective puzzles, like you have, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of, of that just really dark. What's going to going to go wrong here? Like something's, something's going to kill me. Like it's, it's a dream. I'm lucid dreaming, but something's going to kill me. Yeah. And at about that point, you start to notice the seams kind of coming apart. Like. Oh, this is a dream. Like, of course, I know it's a dream. I've been lucid dreaming this whole time. Um, And you start to see kind of the seams of like, okay, this is not 
actually scary. This is, it's humorous because you know there's nothing actually threatening you there. And seeing this just terrifying dream world turn into a joke mm-hmm. as you as you play through the next couple sections is really, really cool um, and just satisfying in, in a way that I thought just just narratively works it works on like on a puzzle level because you're having um yeah like it's i I feel like the way the way they give you that turnaround right there in that section was done so well to reinforce the Mm -hmm. idea of the way you're looking at things really matters um and also it's just hilarious like they they nail the humor on those sections um Mm. but tells fucked up yeah I just I, I love that section Black of the game. Humor. Mm-hmm. I wish super I played that game. It was super. Mm-hmm. Can you say? Um super liminal. What was while Rich has come back from the bathroom, what was you uh did you have, other than the Haiti stuff, what else did you have on your short list? Uh like I mentioned, I I love the endings of Kentucky Route Zero and Wadham. Um uh-huh. It was mostly endings, really. It was it was the games that nailed the endings. Um were the were like the moments that stuck out, stuck out. Um I did I did really like that section in the Final Fantasy remake. Honestly, I liked the ruined highway better just because of like the that that section of the game takes more time in the original and they did that, that that's probably one of my favorite remakes of the original soundtrack um is in the ruined highway and i just i loved that section um mm-hmm. i like i don't i don't know as far as like narratively that it does all that much but just from like a very personal i loved this section of a game i loved that section of the final fantasy 7 remake i i wonder if there's a really good vibe I wonder, because uh, even though I didn't enjoy the story, I did want to go back to it one day again uh, from the very beginning and try harder to get into the, the combat. But I wonder if they'll do like a PS5 upgrade for that game to kind of make it pop a little more. I don't know. Like it, cool may, it may just, I'm trying to think, it may just run a little better, like better frame rate or whatever on the PS5. It already ran well, but like, yeah. Yeah, something to just tie people over because I assume it's going to be a couple of years at least till. But yeah, I don't know how much work is involved in those, but it might be more feasible. Yeah, I am curious. Um, I'm definitely curious to see how long we're going to have to wait between chapters for that thing. And do you think people will feel obligated to go through that game again 50 hours or so before the new one comes out because they want to feel refreshed? Yeah, I'm probably going to want to, but I've wanted to go back through on hard and I've not done that yet. Um, so I'm, I, I may just save the hard mode playthrough until we get closer to chapter two. Okay. All right. Uh, Rich has returned. Um, so what you guys all, you guys all three mentioned escaping Hades that was on all three years. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the ones on my short list that wasn't, I mean, it was kind of ish in ending, but not as such. Okay. Narratively, let's just do that and move on. Escaping I don't Hades. know. That's pretty. That's pretty disappointing that you guys oh would my select God. that. Um, we... When 
they clearly put more um, resources into the parade on Crash Bandicoot 4. Like, I think it's cute. Or the fucking museum, for <laughs> God's sake, or any <laughs> moment in The underdog. Last of Us Part 2, I'd fucking take Joel farting, good God. That doesn't even happen. Did you even play the game? Mm. No, I didn't play it at all. Well, he pretty, wanted it to happen, bitch. Pretty, fake platinum. Pretty he only farts poop. in the book, Rich. <laughs> what about the, what about, three pages straight. Use your imagination for that. What about the Bax and Evan reunion sequence? Yo, I'd suck a fart out of his ass. At the end of Ickenfell. Wait, say again? The Bax and Eben reunion at the end of Ickenfell. Do you... That's such an amazing segment. It's good. I, just, I don't I think just it resonates get... with me as much as the, the Hades thing. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all know the museum sequence could never compete. No, with ha- Hades, right, getting out of Hades. The museum okay. sequence oh, yeah, is excellent. Man. Yeah, that's the best sequence in that game, happy. in my opinion. Everyone wants the happy moments. Ooh, big surprise. Well, no, because it's doing some... It's... It's actually fulfilling some of the narrative. I'll fill your narrative and reminding you of why you Got give, why, why you give a fuck like about something those actually happens other than just. Hey, you guys remember the revenge tale we're on? Yeah, no, we're gonna remind you eight hundred more times. Um, no, the revenge is only the first chunk of the game, and it's also a love story between Dina and Ellie is at it? the same time. So stick that in your pipe. It's, yes, it is. It's a beautiful love story. A lesbian love. In fact, it's the first love story between lesbian characters, protagonists in the history of video games, which is why it's also my favorite narrative. In and a the greatest, game, yeah. Can, I was going to say, can you no, pack that up? Game, yeah. Well, whatever. Who cares? AAA is obviously the best on the AAA martyr. Best narrative of all time. Stick it in your pipe and smoke it. Go ahead, Rich. What's your favorite narrative of the year? Ooh. We're on narrative? Yep. I thought that was pretty clear. Okay. It wasn't to me. Uh, Yakuza, Like a Dragon. I like that game a whole fucking lot. Uh, Yakuza's stories always walk this fine line of, like, getting pretty stupid, but then, like, delivering really serious tones and telling intricate stories in in ways. Like a Dragon gets shaky in some parts because it's juggling a lot and, like, brings a lot of minute details from the start of that game, like, back around uh, to affect it later on. Uh... It does a good job, I think, overall of managing that stuff, and the payoffs for it are really good, even if it does tend mm. to drag in a place. But I just, I like the way those characters meld together. I think the story it tells is super interesting, and it, it's one that I, I'm still thinking about a lot. Wait. So that one's not forgettable. No. Is there women that I can date in Yakuza? Uh, no, but you can go to hostess clubs. Is that where they just sell hostess? Uh, delightful Twinkies. And- Shay, do you want to explain so- to Morgan what a hostess club is in Japan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Morgan is pretty close. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Twinkies. A hostess club is it's predominantly uh, men who go to them, not exclusively, but predominantly. There, there are host clubs for women. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's why I said predominantly. Yeah, That's yeah. what that means, Rich. But anyways, um, so it's when a person goes into a club and basically... I've never been in one myself. Um, I, I've heard many, many a story, and I've also researched it myself because I was curious. You walk in, and basically you buy a drink, and you meet with someone. You pay to talk with someone for X amount of time. And they basically just kind of 
talk and listen, and they're dressed in some cute clothes, like maybe it's a little bit, a tiny bit more than just panties. We'll say that. And basically they talk to you and they're like, oh, you're so handsome. You're so smart. Like just boosting up your confidence. You basically just pay to have a drink with a really beautiful woman or man. Or sometimes women, depending on how much money you're willing to throw around. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty much all a hostess club is. All right. I'll throw that in the spank bank. Um, What do you got, Shay, for your favorite uh, narrative of the year? Ickenfell. Initially, I was going to be like, just go listen to the Chomping After Dark. It it speaks for itself. But because, um, you know, there might be some people who haven't heard our recent shows that are going to hear this. Ickenfell is very long, beautiful story, very short. Basically, you play as a character, Marit, who's looking for her sister, who has gone missing. Ends up going to the school her sister is going to, which is a witching school. Yes, has is a little bit reminiscent of Harry Potter. Go there, run into some of uh, Marit's sister, uh, Safina, her friends. They don't know where she's at. They start to help you look for her, and you start to um, uncover this deeper plot that Safina was looking into something sinister at the school, and you're trying to figure out where your sister is and what was the plot. And that's the very generic, or not generic, the very basic synopsis there, but it is such a well-developed story in terms of where the, where the plot takes you, and it takes you to places where, yeah, you expect it, but it's still great that it takes you there. And there are places where it takes you that you completely don't expect. That paired with the character development makes it an exquisite experience. If you've not played Ickenfell this year, you absolutely, or last year, you absolutely need to play it. It's a phenomenal game. The narrative is superb. It's at max a 25 hour game. Um, like Morgan mentioned earlier with The Last of Us 2, most of the characters, if not all of them, are either minorities or somehow exist on the LGBTQ spectrum, which I think goes a long way for acceptance. That's not why it's on the list, but it's definitely worth mentioning. Wonderful game. Check it out. Uh, is it a voice acting? Um, uh, the cats meow when you touch them to save the game. There's That's some true. voice acting there. So it's another book. Great, Josh. Just great. Why does this guy hate books? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he might not if you ever read one. No, never read a book before. You know he can't read. <laughs> I just read to my child. That's the only books I read, children's books. They're beyond my reading level. Um, Ickenfell, great choice. What do you got, Josh? Ickenfell was definitely on my short list there. Um, I've got several. Mm-hmm. There, were, um, there were so many great narratives this year uh, that this was a tough category but the the one that i think just spoke to me the most was kentucky route zero um i kind of i got into this before when i was talking about the uh my my favorite character shannon from the game about how it is a very surreal um almost poetic narrative going to the game um like not sure um there's there's it so, is hard to describe. There's so much to like, yeah there's so much to interpret um, is it a dream game. is it really happening what's going on yeah and and the way 
the way the characters um just go through this world um is just it's it's excellent it is excellent excellent it um it does a really interesting thing where it is told and acts with essentially your your main party of characters that kind of continues to grow as you meet more people who want to help you along the way um mm-hmm. with these uh interludes between the chapters that follow ancillary characters that are still in the world that are still related to what's going on and give you texture uh and give you essentially like the the way I played it and the way I'd suggest anyone else plays it is to kind of a a I played like a chapter a day sort of a thing but but more than that I think it's important to kind of hit those interludes to understand what tone what idea they're going to go for for the next chapter and then see the way your characters kind of interact with that um it's not it's not like hitting a reading guide and then reading the chapter. It's way less of that than it is like, like a food pairing is kind of almost what I'd put it as because it's, it's less directly tied to it more than like, okay, this is, this is an idea you need to have put in your head when you experience this. Um, did you like those weird little in-between things that I accidentally only played exclusively? Yeah, I did. But again, like that's kind of what I was talking about. Those, Morgan. Those are those are the interludes that I, I love, but they're I it's just the ancillary characters. <laughs> like if you if you just played those, like no part like they don't connect with each other without the actual meat of the story that's going on there. Um yeah. oddly enough, um one of them I'm sure you played was the the telephone where you can just dial a bunch of different numbers that they've got there uh, with the, the main one, the one they want you to, to call there um, being essentially an informational line, like a government informational line uh, about this river that runs through the underground um, along the zero. Um, Just for shits and giggles, I decided to actually dial that number they actually have a you can play that interlude on mm-hmm. your phone. You can just call the number. Oh, yeah. You can literally that just phone call one that. That was really fucking weird. That was weird. Yeah. Um I did all of them too. I did all Yeah, that was fucking weird. Yeah, and that one is great because of um just the texture they're giving you there. It's like it's it's this um this guy who's who's collected all this information about different wildlife and and uh um you know tourist spots along this river in the underground and you can kind of call in to to ask about it and stuff um which again it's it's all texture like there's not much narratively there but it gives you so much more room to 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 place this story in um after that point, um, I just I, I absolutely loved this game from from start to finish. And like, like I mentioned before, this is one of my favorite endings to a game this year as well. Mm-hmm. So I just it, it all it all worked together. Wonderful. Yeah, I need to go play that game properly because I, I it was with the first it was weird. I spent like 10 minutes on like in a mine on doing a weird like teeter totter thing. I was like, oh, this is a fucking weird game. You know what I'm talking about when you're in the mine, you're doing that weird like. 
Mm-hmm. It's very strange. What is that thing? What is the, What are those called? It was, it's was a, it mi- like a mine a, cart. Um, is that all it was? Just it was a like turntable. a um, yeah turntable. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. I know the part you're talking about now. Yeah. 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 I would be familiar with a mine cart though. Rich. Well, no, you said like country. the. It, I thought you meant like you know on a mine cart like where a, like, like a hand cart. Like the hand cart, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. It, yeah, that, it was like a like a seesaw kind of a thing that moves you. It was weird. Um, okay, Kentucky Route Zero, um, Route Zero, Route. You you say route or route? What's your preferred? Route, take? both of them. Either mm-hmm. it's interchangeable. Route. Generally, because this is the name of something, I'd I'd go route. Route is yeah. generally the verb for me, but then again, that's a that's a regional distinction. As yeah. far as yeah. whether you'd use it's them regional, it's actually pronounced <laughs> regional. And I would know; I'm a gynecologist. Um. Okay. I'm so, a gynecologist. We're all over the place here, so we'll probably have to consult our short lists. Yeah. Uh, Runner-ups. This is more of a long list again because there were so many good narratives this year. Uh, Inkenfell. Let's move on. All right. I'm going to give the rest of my short list just so we can talk about it. But Moon was up there. Um, Even though it's not out this year, since it's its first Western release, Moon is absolutely excellent. And uh, that was on there for me as well. I mean, I know we're not going to go with that, but (laughs) yeah, I just I wanted to bring it up. Like, if you haven't played it yet, find find some time to go back and play Moon. Um, I had Hades on there as well because I love the narrative. Spirit Fair is excellent. Cloud Punk for the for the reasons I mentioned earlier about how the art style itself ties into the narrative. Like they did such you a good job. Have anything on the AAA spectrum in there, John? <laughs> I've got Necrobarista. <laughs> At least he's honest. What'd you say? I've got Necrobarista. That's se- that seems AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that's some sort of kind of coffee, I don't get the joke. Um, but no, video game. It can fell is on that list. Is I've also got if found on there, which is an excellent yeah. narrative. I think I think Nothing like you were trying to blow through the there quickly, like... but it can fell. I do feel like is one of the ones that's on our on the most short list, it, it, other than it, possibly a... Hades. But then yeah, again. It, and look, I didn't play. Well, it, that's so yeah. That's what I, I was. Well, no, that's what I was just gonna say. It's on my short list as well. But Morgan didn't play it at all, so I don't think that hangs here. I definitely think. God, I'm so, I'm I mean, that's never been an issue in the past. To be fair, I really don't that's care. Never at this been point. an issue in the past. I hope this podcast burns to the ground. You can give it to Ickenfell if you want. Sure, go for it. Have it. I'm it's just saying. I'm saying that it hasn't. I'm not saying we should give it to Ickenfell. I'm saying it's never been an issue in the past, like a major one. Like we selected games for our top five game of the year when certain people haven't even played them. Look, if that is the narrative of 2020, Ickenfell, a game that seven people played and three of them are right here on this podcast, and I'm with you guys. That should be it. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> I can think <laughs> nothing. Nothing screams like dethroning the most groundbreaking narrative of our oh, time. Oh my god! Like, like uh, a Sega Genesis game. Nothing. Nothing screams like. Just to be fair, I haven't played It Can Fell at all, but I'm sure it's lovely. 
I mean, to be fair, you played an hour of it. You did. That's say true. That. I did. You play were an able hour. to t- determine its worth after that one hour, I, much like I, I was able a... to determine the worth of Death Stranding <laughs> after one hour. I'm still, yeah, I'm still telling, I'm still angry. I still send Norman Reedus angry emails telling him how mean you were, but he hasn't answered yet. Mm. <laughs> He's like, who the fuck is this? It's almost like he doesn't, it's almost like he doesn't care. Um, there, unfortunately, there's not even a close runner up for all of us. So it's just not, it's just going to take forever. And the madness will only What about continue. Doom Eternal for Nick? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And to think after this, we have best boss or favorite boss. I think that's the last category. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Thank um, God. In all seriousness, the the ones that I would say in my top, um, besides Ikenfell, would be... H- Hades. Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Hades. And honestly, for me, I would say The Last of Us 2 was up there for me. I know it's not up there for Rich and Josh, but it is up there for me. I think there are other games that have a better narrative than The Last of Us 2, but it is up there for me. If, I, if, if I can say just to give the, the Last of Us 2 its shake in, in my eyes, like, I, I think the thing that hurts that story so much for me is its pacing. Like, I, I I know I said this at the time, like going back to that podcast, I feel like if they had chosen to interlace the stories and kind of have you going back and forth, I might have felt a, at least a little bit higher on that narrative coming out the end. But like splitting it up so like do all of this now do all of this like that. I don't know. It just it felt like it, it made it. It didn't feel paced well to me because of that. I know it's, it's a that's weird criticism. That's a, it's because you're a traditionalist. You're fighting against unconventional yeah, storytelling. I, this oh is what's so God. frustrating. Unconventional. There is no. There is never Lord been of the Rings a hundred years ago. There has never been a AAA game structure. Bro, I like played this, Sonic Adventure too. Confusing 2. to you. I, I'm just saying, Rich. I'm being honest with you. No, you're it's not. Unconventional. You're, it's really not. It's not but bad. again, it's not unconventional. It's just poorly paced. That's abs- I I agree okay. and I why disagree. Like paced? I don't think Tell it's I don't think it's the split that's the issue. Mm. Honestly, the section you liked so much where it opens up and you do a bunch of things, I think needed to be there for you to give a crap about the whole relationship between Ellie and Dina. I feel like that mm-hmm. that fleshed out that relationship really well, but it gives you so much time completely away from the main storyline. That it, mm-hmm. it it fleshes out that relationship at the expense of the main narrative going on there. Um, I feel like there are a few issues, essentially doing the same thing, where they they need to make sure you care about something, so they give it a lot of extra time. That just Josh, like I, I don't what, what feel like it Jack? takes away from size... the way they're trying to like the 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 through line is kind of what's sacrificed in order to accomplish these other goals in places in that game. Um, what size um, jacket do you wear, Josh? Because I'm, I'm ordering a straight jacket for you right now. So if you could just send me your size. I'd like to it's get not going to do you. much good without a ball gag. It's true. There's literally when I hear this, I get it. It's just there's no. First of all, every ounce of that game is meticulously crafted by Naughty Dog. It doesn't regurgitate <laughs> environments unless it's a very specific example of Ellie and Abby going over the same area. 
Okay, the story is constantly giving you new stories. There is nothing, there's no filler. So when you say there's a pacing issue, but you can't tell me why. I I'm told like, you, you why. Get, we liter- what, you, you literally just had of... two people explain why. No. no. You didn't agree un- with it, so you don't accept it as an answer. No. Oh yes, my God. You, you, yeah, no, that's not fucking whatever. What I hear is, oh, this isn't how I'm used to hearing stories told. Oh, <laughs> it's a pacing issue. Fine, give it to your fucking game. I don't give a shit. I don't want to give it to the game. Well, you should well, give it, it to the Ickenfell game that three people, it, it, the, more, the most most beloved narratives in the history of games is getting Excuse shit me. on by three it's psychotic people. You've lost your fucking mind, all of you. I'm in hell. I'm in hell. It should be noted that about an hour ago, Morgan changed his background to actually be hell. On the on the, on this call here, I just I feel like that's required information for for everyone going forward. When you I guys mean, think there, about there, your there are, hell, why don't we just do Hades? The <laughs> highest of flames, constantly licking at Morgan's ass right now. When you I'll, guys think about now, your I, now I'm in hell. And then you're like, <laughs> how how can you actually have? I'm not even fighting for my game, honestly. I just want people to know the the insanity I'm dealing with. Like, no, this is insane. This is insane. Literally, it's not insane. We just we don't agree with you, and so we're insane in your eyes. But the reasons for your like, you're literally telling me that I have I have no appreciation for, for sto- good storytelling because I don't agree with you. In this case, yes, it's the greatest story ever told in the history of video oh, games. It is it's not. not Metal Gear Solid Two. All right, all right. I was not gonna bring this out, but it's time. It's fucking time. The Last of Us Two and Maneater are literally fucking identical stories, but Maneater does it better. Great point, Josh. Great point. I hope Maneater better be in your top five. Or I'm gonna be really disappointed in you. No. Because being better than The Last of Us 2 You're a fraud. is the lowest You're a of bars. Josh, you know, this is what bugs me. Josh, I've known you my whole life, and I love you to death, but you've doubled down on The Last of Us being bad, and even you know it's crazy. Because I looked at... Literally, if you wrote a review about that game being bad, you'd be the one person in the world that wrote that, and people would think you were a fucking moron. And you are too smart to be a fucking moron. So why do you double down on this bullshit? It's insane! There's no way you've played video games since you were a kid and you played The Last of Us 2 and you think it's bad. So you're either playing a character for the podcast or you've lost your marbles. Or you're pushing an agenda. Which one is it? It's not a good game. Josh, no one agrees with you. Nobody in the whole world. Nobody. Rich doesn't even agree with you. He's just trying to antagonize you. <laughs> I mean, I think it's... Not- it's okay. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it... I think it's better than Josh thinks it is. I just don't understand why Morgan thinks it's the second coming of Christ. He just disintegrated. I not either. That I, was, I was really say, impressive. To be fair, there are a lot of people in our Discord. There are a lot of people in our Discord that did not like the game. Um, and I'm not really fair. taking that into consideration because I piss most of them off with all my other opinions. Yeah, that's true. You have. You have. But I'm, I'm going to say this. I think. I think it. For me, it has a strong narrative. I don't think it's I don't think it's in the top three. Definitely think it's a stronger one of the stronger narratives as compared to the other games I've played this year. Um I think Tsushima and Hades and Ikenfell are all stronger. But out of out of all the ones that I've played. Um I know Morgan wasn't a big fan of Tsushima. 
I'm a bigger uh, fan of Tsushima's side content than I am of the actual main story. Yeah. Well, I think that's part mm-hmm. of the narrative, right? Or yeah, well, like think about it this way: in the context of even though it's side content, it builds Jin Sakai as a main character that much more. Yeah, and even some of the side stuff that Yuna does uh, builds her as a character, and some of the side content that you do gives more context to. Um, uh, Lord Shimura and Jin Sakai. Some, so some of that some stuff, of yes, it. is side content. I think like a good, a good half of it almost should be main quest line stuff. And then some of it is the usual superfluous side, yeah. you know, side content, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I see your point, Rich, but I also slightly disagree with it. Uh, Hades... I I think it's I think it has a stronger narrative if you get there, and the problem there, and to Morgan's point, and this is fair there. and valid, even though I gave him shit that he needs to get good. That if you don't get good, then you don't get to see a lot of the the narrative there. So I think that is a tough sell to make it because what we were talking about earlier, Last of Us Two. You may not necessarily like the narrative, but it's much more accept, accessible than Hades. Mm-hmm. To be fair, that's fair. It can fell. Is why th- this is why it was my choice, and this is why it's again. Rich is right; it's such a hard sell because Morgan didn't play it. Can fell, but I think it is a shorter story than The Last of Us Two. It's <laughs> taking a deep breath as I say this. I think it's a more engaging story than The Last of Us Two. Um, Do you really believe that, Shay? For sure. Are you, are you trolling? Uh, me? In my opinion, strictly my opinion. Um, <sighs> not. I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on The Last of Us 2, because again, I still think that narrative is pretty strong in that game. I just pretty like strong. It Can Fell's story that much more. Um, that being said, I don't know if we're... <laughs> I don't think The Last of Us 2 Just is give it to Hades, because I didn't play It Can Fell. we have two and guys I... who strongly dislike it, and then we have one guy who, like Rich just said, thinks it's the second coming of Christ, and the one guy, me, who likes it. You know, well, I, think, I, I wouldn't think, even say I strongly dislike it. I just like I think it suffers from a lot of like th- there's a lot of shit it suffers from that makes like certain parts of it don't work for me. I don't intensely dislike it, but it, it ends up being a game I wouldn't play twice just because it's a, a bit of a slog and there's a lot of stuff yeah. that doesn't work no, for I me. Get, slog? Uh, I did that. you say I a slog? That. Yeah. Every environment is meticulously detailed. You're constantly learning about the characters, getting new... Co- There's nothing about this game that's a slog. That's insane. <sighs> Again, it I really helps your case when you have to call me insane co- anytime I disagree with you. Rich. Collecting all the stuff to, like, repair You look your around the world, Rich, slog, and go, wow, I like I'm, slog. like, one of five people that don't like this game. What's wrong with me? There's so many people that don't like this game. Yeah, and there's there's one common thread between them. They're crazy people. Um. Anyways, so I I think that it would be honestly unfair to to use the reasoning that it can fell or other games that all four of us haven't played can't be put in here as best narrative. If just go with Hades, consider- this is way well, too long winded. Why do we Why are we doing because, this? Because this is what we do. This is what people come here to listen to. You, I this is what were... people come. You just don't want to do it this year because your game isn't no, winning. No, you it. said it yourself. It can fail. I didn't play, and there's, there's no last of support. Let's just well, go you with, didn't let me well, finish. Just let either. him finish. Yeah, you don't let me finish either. I'm saying that 
Ickenfell or other games not everybody played would be fair to vote in for the same exact reason that voting in a game that not everybody liked wouldn't be fair. You know what I mean? Like, to vote in The Last of Us 2, for example, um, or to vote in Ghost of Tsushima, not everybody liked that game. I think the, the reasoning is on par with saying not to vote in a game that not everybody played. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if that's either of those should be a determining factor. I think that we just go with a game that we feel is strong that would, in general, be representative. Not necessarily everybody has to like it or everybody has to have played it, but one that we feel like represents us in general here. Which is how it's always been. And I'm done. Yeah, of the smaller games, I think Hades did a really good job. It's a nice audio book. <sighs> so Hades? I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with Hades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Listen, that's not worth the conversation at this point. I agree with that. I almost, I, I only, I was gonna say that earlier, Josh. Actually, um, I didn't, I, I didn't want to bring it up on air again. I, but I kind of want to push back on Hades, though. As much as I love that, I still think Tsushima has better narrative. I don't agree Tsushima with that. A, I don't no. either. I think the narrative is the weaker part of it. I don't think so at all. It's, and I also, if you think don't that do the side content, to get into and also if you, if you don't do the side content, Shay and goes to Tsushima giant holes and like literally there's characters that just suddenly have like twist like they're now they're killing people and they're evil and i'm like why why is this guy doing yeah that's fair big my chunks of side content should be main story yeah large that's swaths fair. of From it my that... experience because i did all the dlc or not the dlc all the side content that it was a very complete package but i understand that's a that's a fair so point, did so did i and I recognize that that's st- some of that stuff is really fucking good, but when you just look at the direct narrative line stuff, it's it's nothing exceptional. Yeah, without the side content, it's nothing exceptional. With the side content, it is. It, it has exceptional moments, like the ending has beautiful moments, but it's totally. not an exceptional story. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I disagree with you, but that's fine. We We can agree to disagree on that. We don't need to argue about that because that's not what we're here to argue. I, gu- I guess Hades it is. I mean, I don't... We have no choice. What, what about Ori and the Will of the Wisps? That's a great narrative. It's a very simple and elegant mm-hmm. narrative. No, I don't even know what's going on because I didn't play the first game. I just know a bird got stepped on. Everyone was sad. Me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get sad when birds get stepped on. <laughs> He should have ate. He should have ate the bird like the fucking rancor ate the stupid pig person in Star Wars. They're Gamorians, and you know that. You <laughs> should have picked them up and um, ripped them in half. Fine, Hades. Uh, let's, let's move on to the last category. So this mm-hmm. podcast isn't right. six hours uh, long. Well, well we're, favorite boss. We're battle? on five. That's pretty good. Um, favorite boss battle. Last category of the night. Cool. For me, it's. Uh, of course, Abby vs. Ellie. What do you got, Rich? Uh, for me, it is the Hell House from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I really like the combat system in that game. That boss fight is flashy as fuck. It does really... It, it is... I feel like the, the combat system fully connects on like every uh, everything it's taught you up to that point. It's flashy. It's stylish. It's just genuinely fun. Like that. That's one that sticks out to me big time. So, Hell House. 
I did enjoy okay. the stupidness of that fight. It was great. It's pretty dumb in a great way. I think we yeah. can agree on that. Best house of 2020. What do you have, Shay? Actually, it's probably... My boss battle, my favorite boss or boss battle, this is going to be another left field pick. DJK Washi from Streets of Rage 4. Um, I almost gave it to Shiva. Also from Streets of Rage 4, but I definitely went with DJ Washi. I love uh, the uh, DJ Washi's moves. Like his move set is really, really cool. It's very, very um, strategic in how you have to avoid his multiple uh, ground projectiles in order to attack him. And I really love the music. I love the vibe during that fight. It's very Tron esque. Everything about that fight was just super fun. Um, pouring through all the various boss battles and whatnot, that one stood out the most to me. It's one that actually I've thought about throughout this year off and on pretty consistently along with the Shiva battle. And it, it just was one that was super fun to me. It's like, I obviously understand that this is a very, very personal choice for me, but I just, I love that fight. It just stuck with me. So I can't say too much about it. There's not like any deeper, you know, personal meaning for it for me. I just love the fight. Cool. Josh, what is your favorite boss fight of the year? Boss battle, if you will. Ugh. Battling Morgan for this <laughs> best narrative category. It's the longest and most epic. Um, that was my least favorite. Yes, but but also least favorite. <laughs> um, There's some good bosses. I really liked a lot of the bosses in Paper Mario. Um, like Specifically, you know. The stapler. The stapler. The stapler is great. Like That's a great fighting one. a stapler as a piece of paper, and they made what it, more. Could you want from a boss? They made it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Not my choice this year. My my choice is actually Sayu from No Straight Roads, um, because I, I I really liked what they were doing with the idea. Of, That's the one I was going to pick from that game. It's so uh, good, Josh. It is. It is. It is like I, I feel like I even really like DJ Subatomic Supernova, but like when you get to Sayu, you realize how different that game is going to be all over the place, and there's just uh, th- that game has some really smart design in it. Yeah, it really does. I, I I loved I loved how they they did they did interesting things with it, with having you fight all the different essentially Cre- developers, yeah. all the different creators yeah. of this of this Vocaloid. You know, yeah, of the of this of this virtual rock star or not rock star but you know pop star yeah pop star it's, it's um, basically a hatsune miku style vocaloid that you are fighting and you you end up basically like taking on like the artist that drew her and the the girl that does her voice uh it, it's it's super cool <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a really it's a really neat fight and the music's great through it the the combat is really fun and and like you said it's it it kind of it's such a change up from the boss right before that, that it kind of, it gives you this feeling that this game could go anywhere. And I, I feel like it really, it pulled that off really yeah. well. Like you hope it has different unique designs, but like the first boss, DJ subatomic supernova, it's such a departure from that fight that it kind of leaves you going, okay, I'm kind of ready for anything now. Yeah. Cool. No straight roads. <sighs> Making an appearance for the first time tonight. Mm. Um, I'm surprised nobody mentioned Qualic from, uh, 
Ori. Qualic was a really close one. That fight was angering as fuck. <laughs> it was in my one my upper echelon. Uh also uh when you fight um excuse me, Eben as he morphs in Ickenfell, that final boss fight is insane. We talked oh, yeah. about it. I love the last boss the, fight. Uh, oh, when you fight Satan? <laughs> Uh, that's another good fight as well. Ori has some amazing boss fights. That Ikenfell boss fight is amazing. There's some other really good boss fights in Ikenfell as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, Qualic is a great choice as well. Yeah. There were a lot of good boss fights. Like I like I mentioned, there were so many good ones in Mario that kind of, it, it's hard to... All those, the Legion of Stationary, like, like every single one of them was like brilliant in its own way. Yeah, they did, like, I, I really enjoyed a lot of different bosses this year. Um... I don't know. None of them really stuck out as much. Like it, like every now and then, I'll get one boss that's just like, okay, like it, it's it's absolutely this one. Um, where I feel like so many so many bosses in this game were just so different that they were all enjoyable and kind of in their own special way, uh, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I I really liked a lot of the Paper Mario bosses. I loved a lot of the Ori bosses. Uh, I think if I had to pick one from there, it would probably be Shriek. Just, just again, kind of like the narrative. Shrieks was a really good reason, one as well. like behind it. Like you just you're you're so invested at that point, um, and also Shriek has probably killed you. I don't know how many times just as a one shot sort of, you know, background like you know escape sequence thing. Um, that you know Shriek shows up as in other parts of the of the game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to point out also, uh, I know Morgan had the uh, Abby Ellie fight on there. That was one that was in consideration for me for a little bit. I ended up taking it off just because I feel like the parts of that fight that are like impactful are like the obviously build of, oh shit, I'm fighting this character I was playing as a few hours ago. And while that's a cool idea, it's not something that's never been done before not exactly that but things similar i think of the end of that co-op splinter cell campaign uh stuff like that but uh, like mechanically i don't think it's doing anything that really makes it stand out to me that was kind of my my reasoning for that yeah um not as progressive as you'd say i mean yeah like i I, again i don't want to like crap on that fight because i think like narratively it works better um but like as far as like yeah, fighting against someone fight. you play as, um, one step from Eden, all the bosses are playable characters um, that you unlock at some point. So like you understand their move sets by virtue of you can play as them, um, which mm-hmm. is a really cool way of kind of learning the boss fights. Like I feel like I didn't learn them as well fighting against them as I did by playing as them. Um, Makes different sense. runs. Yeah, I think of a lot of, I was trying to think of my runner-ups, I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't mention it, but there there were also a lot of great ones in Hades, but again, kind of similar. I feel like, oddly enough, because you fight them so many times, it it loses something in that. It takes away from the feeling of finally overcoming someone, like with with the exception of Hades, because that it that that's the the can, big one, yeah, yeah, can take such a long time to finally, you know, understand the whole fight. Um, I didn't. I wasn't the biggest fan of any of the boss fights in Hades. 
I thought they were oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I totally forgot. This one was supposed to be my tie. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my, my other one, and this is just one I wanted to mention because, it's again, it's not going to sweep anything here. Um, but it is uh, Goro Majima in oh, Yakuza yeah. Like a Dragon. Uh, there's a very big moment where you basically square off uh, against one of the like main principal characters of the past uh, Yakuza games, and it is like a big reveal as you enter the staircase and you know there is a Tojo clan general waiting for you, and Goro Majima struts down the stairs uh, holding a knife with his eye, pa- eye patch on and just leaps at you with fucking murderous intent. Uh, mm. And it, it again, it's almost the thing you were kind of saying of being familiar with movesets. Like, having played the entire previous Yakuza series, like, I was familiar with all the attacks he was using on me because there are things he's been playable in past games. Um, and granted, it's not the same combat system, but he has that same flair to the way he attacks and everything. And it just, it, it was a, a very, very cool thing. Hmm, cool. That's cool. So the stapler it is. Stapler it is. <laughs> you know, no, let's meet in the middle and go with the yeah. hole punch. I thought there go, was another, go with the hole punch, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was another boss in you guys. Wasn't there, What was the water boss in Paper Mario? Wasn't there a water boss? Yeah, there's um, a water elemental. Or the elemental. Weird. The, the dragon, yeah, yeah. The, the water dragon. elemental. Was it just it's a good. water? Dra- okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like just kind of thematically. Again. I mean, yeah, like the all cap was pretty cool, great, but I don't know. But, it's it doesn't like it's a cool culmination of that combat system, but I don't think it jumps out in a big way to me compared to some of these other ones. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the combat itself needs to stand out a little more, at least personally to me. And as much as I narratively love the bosses in that game, I don't feel like the boss combat was kind of. They they didn't feel as distinct for some of them. Um, again, with the exception of the last boss, which was like that one, the way you the way you even do the fight is different. So mm-hmm. a little a little the, different. The last boss is super different. Yeah. <laughs> the way like the the way you fight the boss is a lot different than um, all the other boss fights you do. Especially with as each form, he has a very vastly different style of fighting. You like one form, he's throwing a bunch of enemies at you. One form, he is attacking all your characters at the same exact time, which is not something that happens a lot in that game. No, uh, you're not wrong. I don't know. I just, I guess, it, again, like I feel like it is a good culmination of all the stuff from that combat coming together in unique ways, but. I don't like the actual act of fighting him is not what ended up sticking with me the most. Like the, the narrative beats that build up to that. Well, it's more narrative driven. That fight is more narrative. Yeah. Driven. Yeah. But yeah. Again, like that's kind of what I was saying. Like narratively, the, the attacks happening in that fight are narratively interesting, but I I don't know. Maybe it may have just had to do with like my party, but like the final phase being constantly hitting you with a little bit of damage is mechanically way less interesting if you play with Ima all the time, which I do, which means you all get it for a little bit of damage, and then the heals over time that I've constantly got running on everybody heal yeah. it immediately back up, 
same thing. it was kind of like I got to that phase and I'm like, oh, I've just won now. Um, yeah. Because there's just not much of anything else going on that's threatening at that point. Um, Faux show. And I, again, that's whoever you pick as your healer there is going to change that a little bit. But also, just in my experience going through there, it was the, the, the that fight was not one that I considered as far as, you know, tactically particularly difficult at all. I, I don't think so either, but that doesn't have to be the only determining factor here. No, I mean, it doesn't. I just like... But- I feel like some of the other bosses were a little more. Like what? Well, I mean, again, the the Paper Mario bosses, I feel like they did a whole lot of really cool tactical stuff. Like, again, you're fighting a stapler, so, like, how would, like, you jump on the stapler just like you'd smash on the stapler over and over again to just waste the staples in it. Uh, So it has no way to attack you. So it has no way to attack you, so you make it run out of staples. Like, it's just, it's, it's... You know, you're selling me on this. You should yeah. keep going if you want to win. I, yeah, again, I just... Uh, anyway. Is it a red stapler, like in Office Space? It's purple. Yeah. Oh, fuck that stapler. I'm sorry. You're really selling me on this, Josh. <laughs> the stapler might win. The stapler is very cool. There's a lot of really fun office supplies. It, I kind of like the stapler, Morgan. I don't know about you. All right, the stapler it is... All right, let uh, Stapler's the best boss battle of Let my stapler go. <laughs> uh. <coughs> Couldn't be more proud to award the Stapler the greatest boss battle of the year. All right, let's recap the category. Princess Peach, Wario put my stapler in jello again. Let me see here. Oh, it's such a good episode. All right, so. At least it's a good cold open. Uh, favorite gameplay mechanic this year went to the digging in Ori. Um, run, <clears throat> honorable mention to Dig by Mudvayne. Let's see here. <laughs> favorite ecosystem of the year went to Animal Crossing. Um, favorite art direction this year went to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Whoa, Ori really sweeping the awards here. Let's see. Oh, oh. Favorite pervy moment of the year that went to cyberpunk. Having C- cyber fucking whoever you cyber fucked in cyberpunk. Um, we'll just say it was either Pan Am or Judy, probably, but it could have been somebody else. Who knows? Could have been anyone, really. Could have been a, <laughs> a real doll or whatever those things were called. Um, Joy Toys. Sorry. <clears throat> there you go. Um, Joy Toy is better than Bimbo I think we can all agree on that sure Uh, yeah favorite weapon this year went to the shark from Maneater favorite new game this year went to uh, that went to Ghost of Tsushima that's right sorry it was like a haze yes, it did. over Hades um, just want to make sure everyone's aware. Let's see here. Oh, most punchable face this year went to. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drawing a mild blank. I apologize. Oh, Ro- Roach, of course. Roach. It was uh, Roach had the most. Yeah, it's Geralt's horse. That was the true victory one today. <laughs> That's the only one I 100% truly cared about. Yeah, fuck that horse. <laughs> Favorite moment went to... Do you guys remember? Favorite what? Favorite moment of the year was... I don't know, um, man. It's the been... favorite moment of the year is when you escape Hades. That's for the right. First time. Yeah, it's been like five hours. <laughs> just the, we just talked about that five minutes ago, but feels like a long time. Um, favorite narrative of the year went to Hades. Hades. The books were re- really cleaning up today. Um, let's see here. Oh, pretty sure there was. This can't be right. Oh, favorite boss, the stapler, of course. <laughs> Had to be the stapler. Who are we kidding? Um, Had to be the stapler, he says. Oh, my God. And, uh, oh, I see here there was uh, one award for best character that went to Abby. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Glad to see the most decorated Rightfully game of all so. time winning one measly award. Over the course of five hours. Couldn't be more proud of this podcast. Couldn't be more proud. The same amount of awards as the shark from Maneater. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, you fought for that Maneater. <laughs> I sure did. That was also your sure pick. Did. I don't really know what you're trying huh. to... <laughs> it's an odd, odd hill to die on there. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I don't huh. think there's any more categories here, unless I'm forgetting something. Uh, that should be good. Um, I'll probably post uh, some of these. Did you favorite say merits, ecosystem? Favorite character, favorite gameplay mechanic. We did favorite ecosystem. No, no, I know we That's did it, the... but did he re-announce it at the end? Yeah, he read it. All right, read sorry. It. Favorite weapon, favorite art direction, favorite boss, favorite ecosystem, creepiest moment in gaming, favorite moment, new IP. Yeah, we got them all. Yep, it's everything. So uh, congratulations to the winners. What an incredible year for video games. And that's going to do it for the show. So um, we'll be back next week. Core contractually obligated to come back one more time for one more gauntlet uh, for game of the year. Um, I did want to mention that the Instagram people, <laughs> uh, that's what they're called now, the Instagram people, because I'm so dead. Voted, and we will be down to the finals of Ghost of Tsushima vs. Last of Us Part 2 on Tuesday for the listener's follower vote of the year. And depending on how that vote goes, I may just end my life. Cool! In which case, All right. I will try to have a suitable replacement host for you in the meantime. Um, no promises, though. We'll bring in a stapler. <laughs> I hope it's purple. As no, has to be a red stapler. I'm pretty firm on that. Okay. Okay, we'll find a red stapler. No, we won't. Just like that. <laughs> you That's have to do it for the show. Before he dies. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll. just say we'll get it. How's he going to know? Yeah. yeah thank, no. thank Rich for being here for New York. Thank you, boy. Shay. For being here from Japan. Thank you, Josh, for being here from Michigan. Thank you, Morgan, for being here from Montana. 
for NPR. I'm Rich Meister. Have a good night. Good luck. Signing out. Good morning, Vietnam. Peace out. Chomp over. Oh, dear God. Chomp over.